warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 314. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk brat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Hi, I'm Trace Balloon. And I'm Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and the Mads are back, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Mmm, I love leftovers, especially pop culture ones. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. No Jake this week, but I am going to introduce one of our guests right now, Dan West. What, Dan, why am I fucking up your name every week? Dan West, like, welcome I, to the show. What is going I on? I don't know. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Like, like, your, like, like your name should not be a tongue twister. No, quite simple. I mean, it is Dan West. It's like literally just two fucking words. It's like two syllables. Dan West. <laughs> and, I, and I turn it into something like so complicated. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> I know. In the end. Right, your last, you're like, your name is like calculus to me. Like it's, it's, it's quantum <laughs> physics. I can't fucking say it. What the fuck? Dan West. Welcome, dude. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, man. How are you? I'm good. That was me uh responding after taking a swig of the old <laughs> bubbly. Um yeah, uh so yeah, it's the holiday season. PCL has no holiday breaks. We are not doing any breaks, Dan. We're just chugging right along like fucking Christmas didn't even come here. Let's say 24/7 365 or yeah. four depending on what year it is. Yeah. Breaks are for <laughs> breaks are for Kit Kats, cars, Nell Carter, <laughs> Sean Livingston's body and basketball career. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're, sports. Yeah, we're, yeah, sports stuff. Yeah, Dan, Dan, you're not the sports guy, are you? No, no. I, I think I, I enjoy one sport particularly, which is rugby. Yeah. And I quite like ice hockey, but only because people get to smash people in the face. Oh, tr- oh, dude, I love going to actual hockey games. I just can't – I can't follow it on TV because the goddamn puck's so small. <laughs> I can't yeah, you can't visible. see shit. <laughs> I just see guys – I just see a bunch of guys, you know, like swinging sticks the whole time, you know? And if I want to see yeah. that, I'll just watch porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're gonna keep this one pretty loosey goosey. 
considering uh, a lot of podcasts don't even record this time of year. So uh, consider this a Christmas fucking miracle that you're getting an episode. How about that? Woo. Yeah. All right. We've got other guests, Dan. It's not just you and me this week. We're also joined by my favorite guest, my number one. I have a number two and a number three now. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't said those over the air, but my number one guest, Neil Tholander. Welcome back, man. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Uh, thrilled to have you. So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't, not a lot of news this week. I think it, it's just, it's, you know, it's like one of those times of year where a lot of news doesn't come out. It's, it's, you know what I mean? We're not getting like those big announcements. Ah, it's the Christmas time. Yeah. You only get a couple of announcements. Oh, man. Wouldn't it be crazy if, like, Santa was involved in a scandal? (laughs) 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 You know, they fucking got Santa on video, like, blowing guys in the fucking alley or something. (laughs) Santa's a foot tapper. Like, where we're going. Oh, my God. Fucking, like, interviews with his wife, Mrs. Claus, is crying at home, you know? Well, I was baking cookies, and then, you know, oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, hey, we're still not alone. We've got one more guest uh, rounding off our, uh, I'm, I'm not, I mean, this, is, this ain't Christmas spectacular. This is, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like calling it a Christmas spectacular there for a moment. I don't know, what, I don't know what got over me. But we got Ryan Dross from Star Joe's. Welcome back, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be here. I just have one one little bone to pick at the very beginning, right? I don't mean to do this right off the bat, but a few episodes you were talking about participation awards that you send out and everything else. I, I've looked in my email box. I've yeah. checked my mailbox. I have not found mine. Oh, the old participation award. Ryan right. didn't get now, now, now what? Maybe you wrote down your zip code wrong. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I was, I yelled at the wife. I was like, did you hide it from me? Because oh, you know, we, we've, we've heard about you yelling at the wife. Those, <laughs> we've, those are legendary, man. We've heard, we've heard. Neighbors I, are calling the police again. I know. I've read the cryptic tweets and I've read the cryptic Facebook posts from her. Every, every, everything okay in the Drost household? No. Oh, Ryan, <laughs> oh, shit. Ryan, Ryan's, no, I, Ryan's no, getting I, another cold. Everything was, everything's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Glad have, uh, looking forward to having some fun during the, like you said, the holiday yeah. break. So. Absolutely. No, it is, I want to make this kind of like a yearly tradition where we can tr- try to get you on, you yeah. know, cause I know like this time of year you're, you're freed up and everything. You got a lot going on. So it's, I'm, yeah. happy, I'm happy to have you. So Ryan Joe's from the Star Joe's podcast, everybody. So yeah, Jake's not here. Um, he's got some things going on, but Jake hopefully will be back next week. Guys, we're going to save all, I know there's probably some hot takes and some opinions on the last Star Wars movie. We're going to save all those Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker opinions and all that talk for the end of the show in Star Wars news. I'm sure there's few, uh, a few stragglers out there that haven't moseyed their way on into the theater to watch uh, The Rise of Skywalker. But, uh, yeah, and I, I kind of feel like when I'm doing this, saving it towards the end, I feel like, uh, I feel like a, an, an actor or, or at a press junket and, and, uh, my latest film, I'm talking about it, but I want to save all the, all the stuff about, you know, um, the bad press about me. Yeah, I was involved in a scandal. I want to save that all to the end, all to the end of the podcast where I talk about that. I'm not, oh god, I almost said something very inappropriate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. 
really inappropriate, guys. I might tell you on break. <laughs> wow. Wow. No iTunes reviews this week, guys. I'm not going to be reading them this week. We got them. We got a couple, and I'm not going to read them this week. I like to save those for when Jake gets back. He likes that. It's his uh, favorite part of the show. Um, but I do have an email here uh, concerning iTunes reviews, and it comes from uh, Kyle. I don't know if you want me to give out your last name there, Kyle. It's titled Tupperware. Hi, he he. My cat is rubbing his fucking head on my alcohol right now. If you hear the, <laughs> that's how the email started. Yeah, that's it. Me <laughs> <laughs> <Happy laughs> too. This, this guy's quite the wordsmith, isn't he? <laughs> it, uh, it goes on to say, uh, it's that it's uh, subject is absolute Tupperware, and it goes on to say, I'm horrible with computers, but absolutely love your guys' show. My question being, how do I give a rating off my Android device? So I think he's why like iTunes, you can't do it on your Android. But uh and I don't even do it. I don't don't even waste your time giving me a fucking review on Stitcher. Get the fuck out of here with that Stitcher review. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I didn't even know you could find reviews on Stitcher. Oh you can. We got one. We literally have one review <laughs> on Stitcher. Like it's the lone Stitcher review. It's pathetic. Yeah, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave your review on Stitcher because that's how I listen to you, oh, dude. So. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> you'll never read it. <laughs> Stitcher. I'm like, I haven't been to Stitcher in forever. Oh my gosh, Stitcher Premium. That was something that never really took off. Yeah, yeah, but you can get like iTunes. You can get if you have if you know anybody with a PC, you can get on iTunes. You can download iTunes on any PC or any Mac, and then you can leave us uh, an iTunes review there. Just uh, set up your own uh, iTunes screen name or handle or whatever, Apple fucking thing that they do. I don't know. Apple password, their Apple login name. What the fuck do they call those? I don't know. Apple, Apple IDs. Apple IDs. Listen to this guy. Thank you. No. Uh, so, yeah, you can get on any uh, PCs. I, that's how... That's how a lot of people do it. Just get on the PC and set up, like, uh, your own uh, iTunes Apple ID and leave us a review there. Got an email here from Robert Pangburn, and the subject is, and he's talking about like how it's the end of the year, and the subject is that's rap, but it's I thought he, you think he meant that's a rap, like yeah. at, like the end of the year, but he just put that's rap. Yes, yes. <laughs> because I read the email, it has nothing to do with like sandwich rap. <laughs> Or wrapping presents or anything like that. No, nothing about wrapping presents. No Tupac references or anything? No, nothing about like uh well he spelled it W R A P. Could be a typo. Could, yeah, that's rap. And he's he wanted to just talk to me about Tupac and he just forgot and started talking about his whole fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> well that's rap, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe maybe it was like Maybe he went to, uh, maybe he went to like a, a beauty spa and he had like a nice seaweed wrap on his. <laughs> where do you, was it like one of those Christmas letters where it's like he has to tell you about everything that happened in his life this whole year? Uh, I'll read the damn thing. Find out. Yeah. Hey, leftovers. I can't believe this year is already at an end. It's been a crazy year and you guys have been there every step of the way. I've gone through so many highs and lows this year, I can't believe I made it through. But I did, and I can honestly say that in the end, it's been a great year. I came from my lowest of lows to possible the highest point of my life, and it's only getting better. And without you guys in the leftover army, I feel like Casey Kasem reading these sometimes. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Remember Casey Kasem when he would read yeah. those fucking, yeah. And I honestly think that I couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> he goes out to. <laughs> yeah, he goes on to say, you were there to pick me up when I couldn't lift myself. And you were all there to stand by and encourage me when I made some tough decisions. I laughed with you and cried with you, but mostly laughed. I'm forever grateful for this show and its amazing community. I've never been part of a group that has so much fun, love, and respect for one another. It is a truly special place you guys have created, and I can say without a doubt that I am only one of many that feel this way. I want to say thank you for the show, the community, and the respect you guys have given us. So again, thank you all for making me laugh, standing by me, and giving us all great content. 2019 is coming to a close, and the new year is here, and I can't wait to see what it brings. Many thanks, Robert. Thank you, Robert Pangburn, for the email. Fantastic fucking email. And now we'll play Phil Collins' Another Day in Paradise. I was thinking, <laughs> what is it? But You were the wind beneath my wings. Oh, there you go. Oh, man. Bette Midler. Yeah. Bette Midler. That was, my, my uncle loved that song my uh late uncle he loved that song and uh they played that at he liked that song and he liked la bamba i i they didn't play la bamba at his funeral <laughs> which i would have loved it if they would have played la bamba at his funeral oh, yeah. I la bamba. that would have been amazing but they pl- <laughs> they played wind beneath my wings by bent midler and i fucking lost it started bawling god damn so yeah but uh oh my they should have played la bamba would you have balled it if he if they played La Bamba? Oh, I would have. I would have thought about him. I would have thought about that fucking plane crash. Everything. Richie Valens. Richie was it? Richie Valens. Yes. Yeah. What is it with that? I, I don't think any body in a band should fucking fly. <laughs> I'd be taking. Okay. Well, you know, he, he, <laughs> fucking Richie Valens went down in a fucking plane, and who else? It was the uh, Big Bopper. Big yeah, and Ricky Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they uh, have a, I don't think I don't think he got a good track record in fucking uh planes there. Sorry, Dan, you're never gonna get an American artist over in the UK. They <laughs> <laughs> can take a goddamn boat. Take a Didn't fucking Apple boat. Leonard Skinner go down a plane crash too? Uh, I don't know about that. You're probably right, I just don't know. Hmm. Yeah, man. A lot of a lot of a lot of talent taken. From us well, that's the guys. song uh, American Pie is about, is about the plane going down with uh, Richie Valens and Big Bopper and all of that. Yeah. And then Madonna had to turn it into a pop dance song, and I want to smack her for it. Of course she did. <laughs> they should have turned it into like a, that, you should turn like, turn it into like a Fantasy Island episode where the fucking little guy's like, the plane, boss, the plane, and it just crashes. And it's like, sorry guys, we have no musical guests tonight. that's fucked up all right i got a michael cannon mashup guys i got one this week michael cannon is uh an artist uh that uh listens to the show he's out of hawaii and you can follow him on instagram and on twitter at art till dawn a-r-t-i-l-d-a-w-n what we do with michael cannon mashups is we take Two things in pop culture, Michael Cannon mashes them up together in an awesome artist drawing. So uh, this week, uh, the Michael Cannon mashup that I have is I'm wanting him to mash 2004's sequel to Dirty Dancing, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, with Star Wars to give us Dirty Dancing Havana Nights of Ren. 
<laughs> and I want the tagline. The movie tagline on the poster is going to be, nobody puts baby Yoda in a corner. <laughs> so that is this week's Michael Cannon mashup. Dirty Dancing Havana Nights of Ren. There you go. There you have it, people. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, at the end of the show, I'm going to play it. There's uh, the audio of the uh, video that Paul Hart sent me where everybody is wishing us a happy Thanksgiving or a happy holidays that I didn't play earlier uh, past couple episodes. But I wanted to play it for everyone, and I wanted to thank everyone who participated in the video. And if you didn't, go fuck yourself. Um, That'll be me. Yeah, you <laughs> didn't. No, it's <laughs> I was even on that episode. I didn't participate. Yeah, hey, oh my god! Um, fucking uh, Greg Alenti's taking a shit in that video. <laughs> uh, that sounds about right. It's pretty amazing. Oh, and I want to plug one podcast here. Uh, of a what, what's going on? Somebody playing? Somebody playing checkers? King me? What's going on over Sorry, there? Sorry, that's me. You, who's winning? <laughs> my microphone was going out again. Oh god. Uh, I want to plug a podcast here and I didn't have to do this, but, uh, this is, uh, one of our listeners, Stephen Redgrave. Uh, this guy's fantastic. Sent me cat treats in the past for my cats. Um, and he's got his own podcast now and I've given it uh, a couple episodes a listen. It's him and his wife and it's called dissecting this fiction. So check it out. Dissecting this fiction. They talk pop culture talk a lot of video games um and they talk a lot about like movies and trailers and things like that and uh it's uh, been an enjoyable listen so check it out it's called dissecting this fiction all right guys i fuck i got some i got some gifts here try to remind me at the end of the podcast to open these gifts i got a couple gifts from listeners okay yeah. try 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 there, <laughs> there is no try um <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to be jumping into Good Pop, Bad Pop. I'm going to pull up my bumpers here because I'm fucked up this week. Here we go. Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. To start off, good pop, bad pop here real quick. I'm going to talk about uh, just a few things real quickly. Uh, been watching... Uh, Vinland Saga. Dan, are you, do you watch any anime? Not really, not really. just the classics. So okay, not yeah. really sort of jumped onto this one. This, Dan, this might be one you want to jump on. Um, it's called Vinland Saga and, um, I've talked about it on the show before. I'm not going to really get into it too much here, but it's Vikings and it is fucking awesome. Um, I am just absolutely loving the show. It's pretty brutal. It's, it's super gory and, um, you're following, uh, this young boy, uh, Thorsfinn, whose father was one of the greatest Vikings ever. Just a, an amazing warrior. And I'm not gonna get into spoilers, but you're kinda following this boy in his journey, and, um, it's, I'm telling you, Vinland Saga, it's an absolute Tupperware. Uh, I've been watching it on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can check it out there, Vinland Saga. Uh, watch the season finale for All Mankind. Uh, season one, this is the new Apple, uh, TV plus 
show with uh, Joel Kinnaman. Um, absolute Tupperware. This show is so amazing. And the premise is based, and I've talked about it before, the premise is if the Russians landed on the moon first and the space race never ended. And uh, this is from the guy, the creator of, was it, is it the Battlestar Galactica guy? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and uh, it, it's, what's his name? Ronald D. Moore. That sounds right. Yeah, sounds right. All right. <laughs> At least Neil's chiming in. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> I can always count on you, Neil. No, yeah, it's from, uh, I believe it's from Ronald D. Moore. And, and it, this whole season was just absolutely incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. And, and when they're on the moon, it looks like every video that you've ever seen of like man on the moon. It looks so good. I would say it's like, the quality of what was that movie that uh was it first man uh with uh oh yeah yeah with uh some gosling ryan gosling it, i mean it yeah it looks like it's of that budget it's fantastic and then uh finally the uh so yeah tupperware for all mankind season one finally um rick and morty the season four finale you guys watching rick and morty uh yeah i have been i'm not caught up but yeah season yeah yeah, uh, this whole season I thought was fantastic. I loved it. I'm not going to get into it too much, but I, I thought it was great. Loved Rick and Morty season four. For, uh, the entire season was great. I gave it all a Tupperware. Um, are you guys watching Lost in Space season two? Anybody? Just started. Nope. <clears throat> nope. Yeah, I started it. I'm on uh, the second episode. Ryan, are you in the first episode or where are you? I watched the first episode. So, uh, before the show started and you were looking for headphones and stuff, uh, I, when you had mentioned to me that you might talk about it, uh, I realized I hadn't finished watching first season. So I watched five episodes to finish that. And then I watched the, uh, first episode of the second season and, uh, I'd give it like a taste it. Uh, I love the first season. And so I have high hopes that as I go along in this season, I'll like it more and more. But the first season was just our first episode was just kind of like, yeah, kind of lukewarm for me. Like I expected since it, it jumps ahead about seven months, uh, I was expecting a little bit more character growth that like trying to pick up on changes that happened the last seven months. And it seems like all the characters were still the same character mm-hmm. from where we left off. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, everything has to go wrong, right? right away so yeah. on the, the planet that they're on so like I, said, I enjoyed it but i enjoyed so far i've enjoyed the first season way more than than the first episode of the second season i'm there with you too I, i'll give the first i'm like halfway through the second episode I'll, I'll give that first episode a taste of it as well it was it's okay and oh my god like uh i really miss the robot you know what i mean like yeah i hate yeah. to say it but i i really do like that's one of the most interesting parts of that show is that that alien robot that uh yeah. that joins them and really and the mom's miserable god she drives me crazy sometimes <laughs> yeah and like, and like i was expecting almost like especially based off the first season and where things were i was almost expecting that there would be some type of relationship between don and uh was it judy is the oldest or whatever yeah yeah I was kind of expecting them. It seemed like there was a little chemistry there at the, by the end of the first season. So I was expecting it since we jumped ahead in time to kind of see them like either having a secret relationship or having a relationship. Mm. Uh, and there was like nothing there. So again, I just felt like none of the characters really progressed at all other than the boy getting a lot older looking. So. 
I think, yeah, that's the only reason they did the time jump, I think. Oh, yeah. The kid got older. I think that Don and that girl did, I think they fucked and he wasn't good, right? <laughs> that could be. Yeah, she finds out Don has, like, micro penis or some shit, you know what I mean? And she's just like, no. No, it's well, like, 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 like the first the first season, like I love the robot and I also really love what they did with the character of Dr. Smith. Yeah. yeah and even yeah. Dr. Smith in this first episode just seemed kind of lukewarm and like she was very intriguing in the first season. And this I'm just kind of like, OK, I need some more from her. I need to see how she's going to mess with their minds and everything else. I think they will. I love Parker Posey. I think she's great in this role. But I I, I think right now she just kind of like knows that she's in no position right. to really fuck with them. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see as the season progresses. I, 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 I'm going to definitely be watching this season because I loved that first season. I thought it was yeah. absolutely fantastic. Um I watched, I'll talk about one more thing and I'll pass it off. I got plenty to talk about this week though for good pop, bad pop. Uh, I watched Togo on Disney Plus. Have you guys heard about this or seen it or? Nope. No. Uh, I saw the thing while I was scrolling past it, but no, I haven't watched it. A chorus of no's. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh man, uh, Togo on Disney Plus. This is, uh, Togo is the untold true story set in the winter of 1925 that treks across the treacherous terrain of the Alaskan tundra for an exhilarating and uplifting adventure that will test the strength, courage, and determination of one man, Leonard Sapala, and his lead sled dog, Togo, instructed by Erickson Kaur. This guy directed, uh, 2006's Invincible with Mark Wahlberg about the, just a regular guy who won a spot on the Philadelphia Eagles. I love that movie. I think that movie's fantastic. Yeah. It's it's based on a true story and it's pretty much the story of Rocky Balboa. <laughs> but uh I mean this is this it's based on a true story. I love that movie. Uh this one stars uh Togo stars Willem Dafoe and um I uh I really love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. It's 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 such a such an amazing journey that they went on here. It basically, there are these children, I think about 30 children that need this medicine or they're going to die. And there's this huge storm coming in and it's up to, um, Leonard and, uh, Togo and their dog sled team to get this medicine and then bring it back to these children. Um, and, the fact is they're the only ones that can do it. There's, there's, there's really nobody else that can do it. And anybody else who tried is probably going to die. And, um, what's crazy about this story is like, you know, they accomplish all of this and the dog that gets all the credit is Balto. They did a animated film back in 1995 for Balto. And this is like, you know, Balto finished the last quarter of this and gets most of the credit. Like that dog was on like the front of the papers and stuff. This is the untold true story. And this dog was just incredible. I think they used like six different dogs for this movie, but the real life dog Togo, just an incre- just an amazing animal. They, uh, time magazine voted Togo, um, uh, back in 2011, the most heroic, heroic animal of all time. And, um, like you see some amazing stuff in this movie. And I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure Hollywood kind of, you know, 
Hollywood's this up a little bit, but just to see them like sledding on the ice as it's cracking and, and, um, and, um, just some of the amazing perils that they overcame through this journey, uh, just incredible. And you fall in love with this dog. And sometimes you think like this guy, Leonard is pushing the dog too hard, but come to find out, like if you do the research, if you look up this guy, like this is one of the first, you know, um, like, uh, guys who led dog sled teams that actually loved and cared for his animals. Um, this movie also shows you kind of like, it goes back into the past when Togo was a puppy and how rambunctious and how he would get into like, um, mischief and stuff like that. And, uh, how he thought that he tried to get the dog away like two or three times and ends up falling in love with this dog. It became a part of the family and like, he loved this dog so much. And at the end of the movie, they do show you a picture of the real Togo. I, I like, this is one of those movies where um, it'll pull at your heartstrings, especially if you're an animal lover. And, um, I highly recommend this one. So if you have Disney plus watch Togo on Disney plus, I cover where the fuck out of it. Willem Dafoe was fantastic in this one. I was going to say you had me at Willem Dafoe. So yeah, he's so good in this one. And he's, he's playing like this tough Norwegian guy. You know, he comes from Norwegian stock and he, you know, he, he's got that Norwegian look, man. He's, he's really fucking good in this. Um, Dan, what do you got? Uh, I went on a bit of a stand-up comedy dive to kind of pick myself up in this uh, dreary holiday season over here in England. I watched the first Netflix special from Ronnie Cheng, and it's called Asian Comedian Destroys America. And uh, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give this one a high taste it. It was a taste it for most of the show. I do enjoy his sort of the kind of character he plays on stage. He's very aggressive, very sarcastic, a really interesting style of comedy. But the last 15 minutes of the show just ramps up and he tells this story, which I'm not going to spoil, but he tells this story which like ties in all bits of his set, like all together. And the audience is always on his side and they are rolling by the end of it. It, it was a, a really good show and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing some more from him. He's a, a, like a writer and stuff on um, oh god the thing that Stuart used to do. The, the Daily Show, right? The, yeah, The Daily Show, yeah. yeah. He's like one of the writers on there and stuff. But yeah, this is uh, one of his, this is the first stand-up that I've seen and um, yeah, it was it was very, very good. And this so was I highly on, recommend that. This was on Netflix? Yes, all of this is on Netflix. And was he in America when he was doing this act? He was, yeah. Awesome. Okay, very yeah. cool. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's uh yeah, it's really good. And the the crowd was uh was awesome in this as well. Lots of I say lots of high energy, lots of high energy from the crowd and lots of high energy from being quite aggressive about the things that he's talking about, but it's not <laughs> like uh none of it's kind of you know, offensive or too far out there, you know, just like talk about race and being married and like, you know, being like a first generation uh, immigrant and things like that. It's all very interesting stuff coming from an interesting perspective um, and very, very funny. So I highly recommend it. Uh, the next thing I watched um, was something that was a, Actor, actor that you talked about before, Tiffany Haddish. Oh yeah, who yeah. that I don't really know much about, but I did she, see that she had. Yeah, she's um, I, and I didn't know much about her either. But I was listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, and I believe it was the Dane Cook episode, which I would highly recommend listening to because, like, I used to be a huge Dane Cook fan, and then his comedy just kind of like 
wasn't doing it for me. I actually saw him back yeah. in 2010 and it was one of the most abysmal fucking comedy shows I've ever been to. Hmm. Um, oh dear. But, um, and I loved him back in the early 2000s, man. Fucking high energy, just hilarious as shit. And, uh, then, but he was talking about, um, and listen to that fucking interview with him on Inside of You. You'll, if you, if you don't like Dane Cook anymore, I, I promise you, you might like him at the end of this one. I thought it was pretty fascinating. This guy's had an incredible life. Used to intro, used to introduce Rodney Dangerfield at comedy clubs. Hmm. And I thought that that was, I never knew he had wow. any association with Rodney Dangerfield and apparently they were pretty good friends. Um, and then he also talked about Tiffany Haddish being a young comedian and starting out doing stand up at like the age of 14. And he always thought like, if this girl can get her shit together, she's going to be something special. So I was just, I, I never knew that about her. And I knew she stood, she had a breakdown last year doing stand up. I don't know if you guys saw those videos, but she had a breakdown. It happens, no. you know. Was that, like that was that after her New Year's show? Was yeah. After that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's actually referenced in this set. Oh wow! Um, okay, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she shows the video of her promoting in inverted commas her show for that particular night, and she tells the story about how that video came about, and. uh she basically went out and had like one of the best nights like she's ever had, like going out with her friends. And she said that she basically drank all the drinks <laughs> <laughs> and people were coming up and offering her drinks. And she was just drinking it. And she was up to like seven in the morning or something like partying with all her friends. And then the video where she promoted her, her new year's show was on this hangover and you can tell that she's still drunk. Oh <laughs> and then God, yeah. she went out and she did her New Year's show and she absolutely bombed. She died on stage and she had phone calls from like, like her celebrity friends. She does a fair bit of name dropping in the show. Um, then ringing her up saying like, are you okay? <laughs> Things like that. And, uh, yeah, she sort of goes on to explain that in this set. But yeah, um, again, an- another high taste it for me. Don't know much about her at all. Uh, like you were saying about Dane Cook, so much energy, like, mm. and so much charisma. This, this lady on stage is just a marvel to watch. She's absolutely fantastic. Uh, she even leaves in like bloopers from the show, like where her mic pack starts dropping and she's like talking about it getting like wedged in her butt crack and things like that. Look, like, the texts have to, the texts have to come out and kind of like manhandle her into this like position where she, they can strap the thing back onto her back and things like that. That's, that's all left in. Um, it's, yeah, it's called, uh, Tiffany Haddish Black Mitzvah because, uh, her dad, um, is, is from, um, part of Africa, but he's uh, an African Jew and, um, she sort of goes into, you know, where she like grew up in Crenshaw and um, her family heritage and all this sort of stuff. But it's all like explaining like what her story is and the way she grew up. And, but it is, it's not like, like downtrodden and, you know, like melancholy. It is hilarious. And she, you know, was basically like brought up on the streets. She was homeless for quite a long time and she goes into all this sort of stuff. And uh, it was just like a redemption story about like, getting her shit together just like you were saying brian and um and being on top and mm. uh and she has a uh, kevin hart to thank for like giving her quite a few shots and yeah it was uh it's just a really like high energy very very funny show and again like another very original act very original like comedian um something that i haven't seen before not talking about 
all the normal things that either a male or for me, a female comedian is talking about. Uh, lots of interesting stuff. So yeah, no, no, another high taste for me. For awesome. Yeah. There. I'll watch that. She's fucking hilarious, dude. She's really um, funny. You, uh, if you're not laughing, like with the intro, then it might not be for you, but like the beginning <laughs> is like, what is going on? <laughs> this is a, it's a really good intro. Again, won't spoil it, but like it's a, it's a big opening. And, um, yeah, she's just, uh, yeah. Just like charisma just oozes out of her. And my God, she is gorgeous in this as well. She's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, huge recommendation for me for that. And the other stand up I watched was, um, Christina Pazinski, uh, which I've spoken to you about before months ago, which was, um, her 2017 show, Mother Superior, uh, Mother, sorry, Mother Inferior, not Superior. Uh, which was, uh, yeah, 2017. And I, this was like hidden in Netflix. So I never saw it promoted or anything like that. I'm a big fan of uh, your mum's house. She does with Tom Segura, her husband. And this special was a revelation to me because I know mm. we, we haven't really gone into the Dave Chappelle special very much, but that has been touted as one of the best stand up sets in the last like 10 years. Um, mainly for the topics that he's covering uh, that a lot of people don't talk about this sort of thing especially not making jokes about it Christina P was doing this two years ago and she didn't get any like accolades or anything that I saw for this set and her and Tom they're right down my line of humour so I absolutely Tupperware the show and she just had me rolling like almost every damn joke that she told and just her her stage presence the voices the sound effects she uses like you know she does like it all like through the mic and like with her mouth and things like that and it is absolutely hilarious and it's about her sort of becoming a mother and um all the sort of trials and tribulations that goes into that but then she also goes into you know much more sort of like um philosophical points about what it is to be you know, human and, uh, and, uh, you know, treating other people with respect and then like immediately afterwards, like slagging people off, but explaining that it's all a joke. It's, it's a very brave and a brutal set, but it is absolutely top draw. Some of the best comedy I've seen in years. Tupperware. Tupperware. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I will have, to, I'll have to add that to my list. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Oh, do you have anything else? Uh, there is one more thing before we go into the stuff that we've both seen, which yeah. was um, Kevin Hart, Don't Fuck This Up, which is a series which dropped on Netflix, I believe it was a few days ago. Yeah. And it's basically about Kevin. Uh, it's about his life, but it starts off with the whole Oscars um, mm. controversy. It starts mm. off with that. And then he says right in the first episode, he says, let's not talk about it yet. Let's go back. Let's let's explain some shit first. So there's the whole episode about um, his mum, the episode about his dad, his family, uh, his marriage, and then I think the last two episodes, oh, his, his crew, the uh, the Plastic Cup boys, and then it goes into sort of like, I think it's about two episodes of the whole controversy, one of it whilst it's going on, and then the other one is, you know, sort of like what he learnt, um, and how he kind of changed as a person and, and learnt a few few new things along the way. It's uh it's very personal. Um it's very honest and I I'm a big Kevin Hart fan myself. Uh and I watch loads of his YouTube content and things like that. And uh yeah, it was just um yeah, it was kind of like a look at the man and, and what 
how he grew up and uh, the kind of the, the way he was thinking at certain times in his life. And this whole documentary is actually shot over whew, probably 15 years. Oh, wow. He just, he just had oh, wow. cameras following him around. There's like, there's footage from his wedding, from his friend's wedding. There's, you know, footage of all of his kids growing up. Um, it's, it's a very, very, uh, yeah, honest look at the, the life of this, uh, particular man and, um, and the things that he's gone through. And also the, like, you know, we all know Kevin, if you're a fan of his, that, you know, he puts work above most things. You know, he's one of the most like driven people, him and the rock. Yeah. Especially, you know, they're like level yeah. pegging, Like they, they have like, you know, Twitter battles, uh, like, you know, oh yeah, I just got up. It's 5 a.m. And the rock's like, yeah, well, fuck you. I was up at 4 30 and things like that. <laughs> and you know, it's like, it's like a look at his, uh, his, his situation and that he's just, he just works so damn hard that he'll get home and he will just like, Pass the fuck out. It's, um, it's, it's really interesting. But yeah, the, the controversy side of it, that's towards the end of the documentary. Mm. But yeah, it's a, I think it's like a six parter, something like that. They're all about half an hour each. Yeah. Um, did you, have, did you, listen I mean, to- I'll be, I'll be really interested in that because, Dan, uh, Dan, did you ever read his book, uh, I can't make this up? Uh, no, no, I didn't. It's no. really good. It talks about some, a lot of stuff that you're talking about there where it's like he talks about, how you know about his dad and then about his mom and, and everything else and it's a really good read uh i got it like a year or two ago for uh for my birthday and it was like uh i had asked for it because i'm also a big fan of him uh and i it, the book is awesome uh so i'm really interested in watching uh watching that like i said it covers kind of the same material and everything else but um yeah i love seeing the little things between him and and uh dwayne johnson like i know they've done like an Instagram thing where they were both promoting the, the same movie, but they were in each other's shot and they were like mouthing off at each other. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, stuff like that. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, as well as I do, man, the guy lives funny. That's what he does. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I'm sure in the book, he's just as brutally honest in the book as he is oh, in yeah. this. Um, yeah, it, it, it there's a lot of lessons in it, which I mean, if you're sort of, if you're younger and you're a fan of Kevin, I would definitely watch it because the guy's been through some shit and he, mm-hmm. I mean, as the title goes, you know, don't fuck this up. He's fucked up a fair few times in his life and he goes through like the process of how he, how he changed what he learned from these situations. And one of his philosophies is, you know, own, he says, he always says it, own your shit. He says like, you know, if you, if you fuck up, don't, you know, put it to the side and just kind of like, you know, just leave it and be like, oh, no one's going to find out about that or I'm not going to deal with that. He has to own his shit and move on from it because he always says like the past is the past and it's, it's only what he, you know, sees in the future. That's what he's interested. He's only ever interested in moving forward. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it comes down to him learning a lot of lessons, uh, by the end of it. And yeah, it's really interesting. I would, as an entertainment value, I would give it probably a taste it. But if you're a fan of Kevin Hart or you're just sort of interested in comedy at all, or even business, running your own business, things like that, then I would give it a Tupperware for the kind of informational mm-hmm. side of it. But uh, entertainment wise, I would say taste it, but it's a very, very interesting watch nonetheless. Cool. Are they 30 minute episodes? Yeah, I think the first one's about forty, but yeah, they're around about yeah. thirty minutes each. Yeah, he's uh, he did a really good Rogan episode, I think. Oh, I yeah. listened to that. Yeah, a lot. Good too. I actually, I've probably listened to that about eight times. Wow, it's it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely it's really good. amazing. Him and oh, dude, him and Rogan, um, 
talking about Patrice O'Neill yeah. is some of the funniest shit I have ever heard. Oh, it was great. I love anytime, anytime like fucking Kevin Hart or even Bill Burr, Bill Burr bringing up old Patrice yeah. stories. I mean, cause like Bill Burr is such a huge, uh, Patrice O'Neill fan because, and he, every, every year he holds like a comedy event and all the, the money that they raise goes to, uh, Patrice O'Neill's family. That's awesome. Cause like that guy was like, so it was so early in his career and he had so much more to give. He, he would have blown up. He would have been like the next, like Tracy Morgan. He would have been huge. He yeah, was, definitely. He, yeah. Um, did you watch, did you watch the, uh, Eddie Murphy Saturday Night Live? Uh, no, oh, not yet. That's so on good. my list to so watch. Good. <laughs> Oh, it, was, it sounds like you guys watched. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh my god, he he pulled out all the old characters, and it wasn't like that cringe. It <laughs> wasn't Gumby. Gumby, fucking Velvet Jones, dude. Fucking Velvet yeah. Jones. Yes. <laughs> Mister Robinson's neighborhood. I mean, he did buckwheat, dude. It was fucking fantastic. It was great. Roasted Cosby. Oh god. Oh, the, yeah. The oh Cosby. Yeah, and then um <laughs> the fucking did you uh what did you think about the. What was, it was the family Christmas sketch that they did. I was losing my fucking shit. I was losing my shit with that family sketch that they did. It was like a pre-recorded thing that they yeah. had. Yeah. And it was the family arguing and oh my God. Like Mikey Day was the boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> there's a re, there's a reason that Saturday Night Live was so good back, back then, you know, with, Someone like him on there. Oh God. Yeah. It was like him. And I think, I mean him, I think he made Piscopo better. Like nobody, you know what I mean? Like it it is when he left and people talk about, people talk about like, you know, Oh, in, in the nineties with Farley and with uh, Sandler and, and, and David Spade and Schneider, Rob Schneider, like that was a great, those are great. Phil Hartman. Those are great years. Well, those years, that's the closest they ever got to getting canceled. Was the years they had Sandler, David Spade, Chris? Go back and read. I remember. I remember, man. I was a huge SNL fan. I was like, and those are the closest years when they were when Lauren Michaels and and them were really worried that they might get canceled. We look back on those years fondly, but for as many memorable sketches as we got, there was a lot of stinkers. There were a lot of stinkers. It's true. And it's like that every season, to be quite honest with you. But I'm glad it's still kind of like a a thing that, uh, that I can still watch on Saturday nights. I'm now it's like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's weird. I I think SNL has kind of like found this, uh, they've kind of done like the Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Fallon thing where like they have like the sketches go viral. And that's, you know, and that's what keeps them, you know, uh, They're utilizing YouTube in a really good way. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, fucking Tupperware the fuck out of Eddie Murphy. On yeah. SNL. Oh, yeah. It was his first time back, too, wasn't it? In 35 years, yeah. Fucking nuts. Yeah. Left in 84. Here's the thing. Coming to America, too, I really... Have you guys seen Dolomite? Dan, I know you saw Dolomite. I saw Dolomite, yeah. <laughs> what an amazing movie. Dolomite is my name. Amazing movie. Tupperware the fuck out of it. So good. But here's the thing. They've got the same director for Dolomite Is My Name doing Coming to America 2, huh. but they changed the it's the rating is not – like the original movie was rated R. This is going to be PG-13. I'm really worried about that. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It should be R. I agree. I agree. Like, fuck If it. he ever does a, a stand-up tour again, which I, I know he's talked about doing it, he is. Uh, I have to go see that. I absolutely have to go see it. He's doing, anywhere close to me at all. He's gonna. He's doing it. He's doing it. I yeah. think he's gonna start doing it. I mean, it's because I, 
I got to see Robin Williams live. Oh, wow. Uh, I've gotten to see, before all the controversy, I've gotten to see Billy, uh, well, I got to see, uh, Bill Cosby live. So did I. Yeah. Um, I've gotten to see Billy Crystal do, uh, it was like an evening with Billy Crystal where, oh, wow. uh, he got interviewed and he did like a three, this three hour show of being interviewed, but it was basically a stand up routine. Like he would start talking about his career and everything else. That was amazing. I've seen Seinfeld on stage. So I like, too, yeah. I gotta see Eddie Murphy on stage. It's just. It would be amazing. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's gonna be. It's 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 one of those things where, like, if you listen to enough comics on Rogan, and the way mm-hmm. they talk about doing stand up comedy, it's like, it's like, not doing stand up comedy is like not going to the gym for you know a decade. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the longer yeah. you're out, the harder it is to get back. You got to get into that mindset, and like yeah. he's in the mindset of an actor, and like that's why. Yeah. That's why a lot of stand-up comedians don't respect actors. Like, I'm talking, like, true stand-up comics. Yeah. Like, you know, David Tell. You know what I mean? Like, those guys. Like, those guys, they're stand-up all the way. Did you ever watch that fucking David Tell show he had on Showtime where he would have another comedian and they would watch porn together? No. <laughs> that show was – I don't know if you could still watch it on Showtime. But dude, That's I am not even make, I am not even making this shit up. There was a show, David Tell was the host and he would have another comedian on and they would sit there and watch like old porno together and just crack jokes. Like I watched the Amy Schumer one where like, I think they were watching like, you know, Debbie does Dallas or some shit. I can't remember. Hmm. Well, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Sorry. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, I'll give you an example of what you're talking about as far as someone returning to stand up and just not having the, the chops anymore was the uh, Ellen stand up that was done for Netflix. Like I used to love Ellen back when she just did stand up. Mm-hmm. I thought she, yeah, I thought she was very funny. And then she does her show and I think her show is great, you know, uh, but she came back to do stand up and I just thought it was like lukewarm. I was like, there was a few parts where I laughed, but overall I thought it was kind of a weak, weak yeah. show. Yeah. I was, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. That was not, uh, wasn't exactly a return to form. Was it? That's uh no. Yeah, but what I was going to say was, um, uh, did you see the Burt Kreischer video for his tour? Did you see that, his hip-hop dance? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, him, Tom Segura, Joe Rogan, um, and a couple other guys, they, they sort of do this this thing every year where they do, like, Sober October. and they, Oh, yeah. Uh, at the end of Sober October, they... <laughs> Bert and Tom had had tours coming out, and so like Bert was basically saying, "Oh, we should do like a hip hop like dance video, like we're like a dance off thing, and we'll like all do videos each, and we'll see whose is the best, and then whoever you know whoever wins that gets like the accolade or whatever." And everyone was like, "No, no, no, I'm not going to do that. That sounds like Joe Rogan was like, oh, it sounds dumb as shit. I'm not doing that." And uh, and so Bert went off and did his anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like him dancing obviously with his shirt off and then halfway through the video like he like rips off his pants his like velcro pants he's just dancing around in speedo and it's about like a minute long and then on um uh the uh two bears one cave which is tom segura and uh bert kreischer tom surprised Bert with tom's video and <laughs> he got like like this really good like 
fucking director and a whole dance troupe and did this like crazy <laughs> dance. He was dressed as Steven Seagal with like oh the God. fucking like black ponytail and shit <laughs> and the big fucking chain and everything. And he did all this like really cool dancing. And he even got like this really fat guy <laughs> to sit down in the background and they superimposed Bert's face onto him. And at the end of the video, <laughs> he goes up to Bert and he fucking stabs him and kills him <laughs> like it's the most ridiculous shit i have ever seen and if, if you want to laugh like really hard at someone just like one not knowing what the fuck is going on but also their reaction to this video just watch it when tom drops the video on Bert for the first time he is like dying laughing he's like just going he just can't he can't laugh he's like just making this weird screaming noise because he finds it so funny but yeah those guys they crack me up and like their battles of uh you know like they're doing the weight loss and all that sort of stuff man those guys are they also two comedians you know how to use uh viral marketing very very well mm. so check those dance videos out they're awesome um and what do you think about jazzleneck you like jazzleneck dan uh, i haven't watched much of his stuff but uh, from what I've seen, he's okay. But again, yeah. you know, as we always say, man, like it's, it's comedy, especially, is incredibly subjective. Yeah. So um, I've watched like trailers, and I started watching one of his specials before, and um, I, you know, I think I turned it off for about fifteen minutes. Did you? Did you? Have you listened? Have you listened to the Eric Clapton son joke? Uh, I might have actually heard that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my! Oh my god! Oh my god! I, I exactly. I, I yeah. I I don't know. That's that instantly made me a fan. I'm sorry. I, 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 I guess that says something about my dark sense of humor. Yeah. I saw uh, uh, Ryan. I saw Seinfeld too. I I saw him and he uh, he had Tom Papa open up for him. Oh, nice. And I love Tom Papa. He's so funny. Oh yeah. Anytime he's on Rogan too, I enjoy that. Um, Dan, let's talk about something that me and you both watched. I don't know if the other guys have watched it or started it, but, uh, The Witcher. Oh yeah. Yes. Very interesting. Set in a medieval world on a landmass known as the continent, The Witcher follows the story of solitary monster hunter Geralt of Rivia, uh, powerful sorceress Yennefer Vengerberg, and young princess Ciri. The first season is based on The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny, a collection of short stories that precede the main Witcher saga. The first season explores formative events that shaped the three lead characters prior to their first encounters with each other. This one stars Henry Cavill, Anya Shalatra, Freya Allen, Joey Beatty, Mayanna Buring, Royce Pearson, Iman Farron, Mimi Nidweni, Wilson Raju Palache. I don't know if I said that right. I, I, Man, you are doing a way better job than I would be. I, 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 I feel a lot like of consonants in those names. That last one, I felt like I read off a French dessert. Um, <laughs> Anna Schaefer and Mahesh Jadu. Um, I want to get you guys thoughts on this one. This is uh, this has been highly pumped up for like the last i'd say year and a half maybe even two years um i mean like this was a big deal when we got those first pictures of uh henry cavill as geralt uh geralt excuse me um and um and and it's based on the on the books and and i, I realize it's also a video game as well but um this is a, a big netflix production dan i want to get your thoughts on the on the witcher 
Well, I'm a big fan of the games. Um, I've probably, uh, The Witcher 3 is probably the game that I've played the second most in my entire life, like hundreds of hours in that game. Um, I'm not, I haven't read any of the books, but I do have kind of like a rudimentary knowledge of them. Uh, but I do have a, a very good knowledge of mythology and monster lore and things like that. And not knowing the books, it was, it was nice to jump into this and see fairy tales and mythology, especially like, um, like Slavic mythology brought into, into a show for like, as far as I can remember, the first time since like the storyteller, John Hurt, the storyteller. And I don't know if you ever had, yeah, you've seen that show, right? Oh yeah. Love it. Yeah, precisely. I mean, there was even an episode in this where a, um, a German fairy tale, I think it's called, uh, Hans, my boy, which is, uh, it's about uh, a boy that is born, is essentially half hedgehog. And um, to see something well, like didn't that. They, didn't they, didn't they fix that in the Sonic trailer? Yeah. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> the power of the internet. <laughs> yeah, like seeing seeing something like that like played out um on a, on a live action show was was really cool and the way it was all tied in I really enjoyed it. Um but yeah, I've, uh, I I man, it's really tough for me because this show is uh, strange mm. the way mm. that it goes about telling the story because as far as I understand the continuity is kind of off or the timing is mm. off of the books like mm. they're not they're not done in the right um time periods and things like that but the way this show goes you skip between at least three different timelines mm-hmm. without any um like you know, font like type or like words appearing on screen saying like 10 years later or one year later or this happened 10 years ago. And it just jumps through all these different time periods. And if you're a casual fan of The Witcher or if you don't know anything about it and you do want to check the show out, pay attention because mm. if you miss one line and it's oh, an yeah. important line, they seem like throwaway lines, but they're really not. They tell you where things are set and what's happened since, you know, something else like a big moment in history has happened. If you miss one of those lines, you're going to be lost. You're not going to know what the hell is going on. So you really have to pay attention. Uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. If I let you guys crack on. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll jump in here and then I'll get Neil's thoughts. Ryan, have you started the Witcher? Yeah, I started it. Okay. I, I, uh, I wasn't, I mean, there were parts of this show that I liked, but I wasn't really enjoying the series until I got to about episode five. And, um, it was, that's, it's kind of like once those separate stories started to converge, I started to like it a little bit more. And, and, and I also felt like Dan, like what you were saying with the, with the time, the timelines and stuff like that. I also felt like this show had like these time jumps that I didn't know what was happening right away as well as things I thought were like flashbacks, but later find out that they weren't, I, that I was just watching three different timelines happening with three different characters. So it, it was kind of like this weird Westworld approach in that way where you mess with the timeline. But I think like knowing now what I didn't know when I first started watching this, it might actually enhance my second viewing of the season. And I started to kind of like once it clicked, like what was going on, I was like, this is, this is really cool. And I like the fantasy stuff. There's enough fantasy stuff in this that I, that I was enjoying it anyway. 
You know, I loved, I thought the sword fighting was absolutely fantastic. It was choreographed really well. Um, Henry Cavill just swings that sword with fucking authority and he does it with such like flair. It's awesome. Um, there was a lot of fun fantasy. I love dragons. Like, you know, they had different monsters here and there, but like, not too much, but not too little is like the perfect balance of, of different creatures that are showing up within the episodes. And it like, I'm not going to say like, this is as good as, you know, game of Thrones or like, um, as fantastical as Lord of the Rings, but it's still a fun watch. And it has elements of both of those shows. I'm not saying it's a complete ripoff of either, or it has elements. I felt like that were like, okay, now we're on this adventure. Now we we've got a party going on this adventure to go after this dragon. Yeah. I'm going to compare it to Lord of the fucking rings. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to compare it to the Hobbit, you know, give me a fucking break. I mean, um, but, uh, um, I, 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 I started to realize that at, at first, like the first four episodes, I'm like, this is okay, but this isn't like, this isn't reinventing the fucking wheel here. But I started to realize once I got to episode five, that I'm really liking this show. I'm really, I'm really getting into this world. Like, yeah, it, it takes a while, but man, uh, this show's really heating up and I'm really starting to like it. And I think it is worthy of a second watch, to be quite honest with you. Now having the knowledge of, of what's going on this entire time, I think, I think, you know, I, just like I watched Westworld like three or four times, I think I watched Westworld the first season three times. And, um, each time I got something new out of it. And I think like that would be my experience here with this one. I'll give the first half a taste it and I'll give the second half it's kind of a mixed bag of uh high taste it and Tupperwares, but overall, I'll give it a high taste it um with uh with the Witcher. Neil, what did you think? Yeah, um I came into this I, I've never read any of the books, I've never played the games. Uh, I was aware they existed, but I uh I had never personally experienced them myself. So I was really goddamn confused for the first few episodes. <laughs> uh, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. His names were all basically elvish in my ears. And um, it, I, it was like the third episode, I think, where you they kind of really tell you that it's three different timelines. Um, so up until that point, I was really confused as to what the fuck was happening when. Uh, but once that kind of clicked, like, oh, this is, this is three, this is three different times all revolving around these major players and they're kind of going towards this end game. And I, I started to really enjoy it at that point. Um, I, I, obviously from the very beginning with the sword fighting, that shit was amazing. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and the magic that they use in it is is really well done. I, I think the the CGI overall is really really good. I, and it, it when I was watching it, it, it felt like I was like like I was playing a video game. Um, you know, you're going on, you have this character, and you're going on this quest. Uh, obviously, the different timelines kind of screw with that, but it, it feels like you have this ultimate goal and and. In, in, in mind, but you're doing the side quests as you get towards that goal. And that's kind of what the whole series felt like was, um, did it like feel like a video, ga- a video game? Did it feel like a video game when we were watching hunchback sex? <laughs> like I don't, I don't ever remember playing that. I never, I don't remember playing Maybe that. Not that part. <laughs> I don't remember that level in final fantasy, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> that oh, hunchback sex. Never thought I'd see it. Never thought I would ever see hunchback sex. It's not like when I was watching the hunchback of Notre Dame that I thought that I would ever see this fucking like swinging bell tower guy ever fucking get down and dirty and do the nasty. We totally got some hunchback sex in this one. Yeah, with Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh well, man, if you, if you would have said arch your back a little bit more, I would have just lost my <laughs> shit. <laughs> She's like, I'm arching it as much as humanly possible. Especially in front of that crowd. Like, let's give them a show. Arch your back a little more. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'd give the, the series overall a high tasted. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it's a definitely a rich world that I, I know not, I knew nothing about. And I, I liked it a lot. I, one thing, the one, the one big nitpick I have is Henry Cavill's Batman voice is really grating to me. When he's got that low guttural thing where he only says a couple of words, it just really bothered me because when he actually had lines, he didn't sound like that. And that was the only thing that really, really bothered me. But overall, I give it, a, I definitely give it a high taste it. Oh man, he was rocking that, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, last of them with Heakin's hair, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Ryan, uh, are you through the series, or how, how far? No, okay. I'm, I'm three episodes in uh, right now, and uh, kind of a lot of a lot of it for me of what even made me want to be interested is a lot of what Dan talked about for himself, where it's like I, I love fantasy stuff. I love, you know, monster hunting, creature hunting type stuff. Like, and the problem for me going into it was I was burnt out. I think it was like a lot of people were burnt out and let down with the ending of game of Thrones. I was like, do I want to get into another fantasy type thing? Um, I knew nothing really about the Witcher. I knew of the games, but I never played any of them. I didn't even really know that there was a book series out there. All I knew was that there was these video games out there about it. Knew nothing really of what the games were even about. And I saw it. Henry Cavill was in it. I was like, okay, Superman's in this. I like, what is this? <laughs> um, but I was like, I heard from a couple of people that were like, dude, you, you want to check this out? That new stuff that I liked. So, um, so I went and checked it. The time jump thing, I think didn't throw me off once I started paying attention to exactly what Dan was talking about. I was like, this isn't one that you can like be playing on your cell phone while you're watching the show. You, you have to be paying attention. Um, once I was realizing like, crap, I'm rewinding and having to see what, wait, what, what happened? Um, then I was fine because like, there's a lot of stuff that I've read and, and watched before where there's a lot of time jumps. Like the one that pops in my head is, uh, Jason Aaron's run on uh, Thor. Oh, where yeah. he jumps to the future and the past and everything else in between. And he doesn't really say anything other than you see the characters are very different and stuff like that. So I kind of started picking up on that pretty early. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right on, uh, you know, on it being like the third episode where they kind of clue you in a little bit more to that. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. Uh, it's, I love the fantasy elements that are brought into it. The, like you said, the production quality is amazing. Uh, the fights are awesome. It's, I, I think it's great. So, uh, I would actually Tupperware it because I think because for me it was a surprise. Like I was, I went into it with very low expectations, even though people were telling me that I would probably like it just because of not knowing anything about it and the cast and stuff like that. I was like, I don't really feel this cast, but man, they, they do an awesome job. So. Man, I'm this. You know, like I think Netflix. I hope. And, and here's the thing: I've been reading. 
uh, I've been reading like this has uh, been huge for them. Like even though the critics' reception is not that high on this series, fans are fans are, are watching this. It's getting huge numbers for Netflix, and I, I'm wondering if Netflix, if they're looking at like um, this stuff, they're looking at I, you know Netflix is looking at data all the time. They're oh, yeah. always looking at data. Why do you think we have so much stand-up comedy coming out on Netflix? Because they know people are watching stand-up comedy on Netflix. Why do you think like like uh, that's why do you think they're they're um, adding more uh, foreign programming? Because they know that they know that that's a big market. They know that there's people that want to get you know uh, foreign programming, uh, foreign movies, foreign shows on Netflix. Um, and uh, and here's the thing, a show like this. Doing well on Netflix could be huge for oh, yeah. us guys. Think about this. I know we're supposed to be getting a Red Sonia movie, but what if Netflix is like, let's do a Red Sonia TV show. Let's do a Conan show. Let's do a Conan the Barbarian show now. This Witcher thing is doing great. Let's get fucking a, let's get a Conan show. Let's get a Red Sonia show. Let's get some more of these, this type of stuff. People. I would love that. I would love it too, man. And I think like, I think like Conan, Red Sonia, that type, and I'm, I'm just using those two as examples. There's other examples out there. Um, you know, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a great example right now too. That's something I'm looking forward to. And that's in my wheelhouse of, of my show is the She-Ra cartoon has done so well that they're coming out with the Masters of the Universe He-Man one. They're coming out with two different. Yeah. 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 Two different. And they're supposed to be coming out with the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's a the live action movie. This is, a, it's a huge thing. So hopefully, like, uh, this will do, cause I think like Conan, Red Sonia, stuff like that, it's better, in my opinion, like, I love those Schwarzenegger movies. I do, I do. <laughs> I, I, it's a guilty pleasure. Like, they're not great movies. Like, when you, like, they're not. But they are great movies, cause I grew up on them. So, right. um, but like, I think that those stories could be better told long form, like on a TV yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these really epic mytholo- mythological shows, really benefit from a long form version of storytelling, like a 10 episode season. Right. Rather than an hour and a half or two hour long movie. Right. Yeah. Well, to, to that point, like I, I love the old Conan movies too, for nostalgia reasons and stuff like that. Like you said, they're not good movies, but they're fun. Yes. Um, but I had never read like anything else, Conan or never watched anything else with Conan, but the long form of the new Marvel yeah, run yeah, of Conan, yeah. I, I think it's been awesome. And it's because it's that long format. You get to really flesh out the characters and the world mm-hmm. that they're in and stuff like that. That's so. right. Marvel does have Conan back again. I, I read, um, I read a comic recently and it was, um, um, did you see the Conan interacting with Dr. Doom? Yes. <laughs> That was amazing. Yes. I was like, nobody can talk to Dr. Doom like that except for Conan. So I was like, that is so cool. But, um, I was reading, I was reading Conan comics back when it was with Dark Horse and Brian Wood was on the series and I loved it. And then they, and then I started reading Red Sonia when, you know, Gail Simone was writing the character and then Marguerite Bennett took over. But like, then they did this whole crossover with Red Sonia and Conan. I love, like, you know, uh, sword and sandal type stories. I think they're yeah. fantastic. So I want to see, I want to, I want to see the Witcher blow up. I want to see more like 
fucking like magic mages and and uh, mm-hmm. you know, knights yeah. and sword fighting. I would love to see more of that type of content be on Netflix because it seems like Netflix right now is just they're doing everything. They're giving everybody a little taste of everything that we want as opposed to like. I think like if you're going to Disney Plus right now, you're going for a specific thing. You're either going there to dip your toes back into your childhood or you're going there to watch The Mandalorian or you're watching Jeff Goldblum be confused by regular day things. <laughs> so, I, you know, like, you know, oh, I'm going to do an episode on shoes. Shoes are so weird. You put your feet in there. Oh, come on, dude. You're, you're, so, you're so eccentric, man. Anyway, I, I love Jeff Goldblum. I'm just fucking around. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree, man. It, it will, if it, if it does well, which it seems the fans are really, really enjoying this, yeah. which is, which is awesome. Uh, critics, not so much. Yeah, um, I've em. read some of the reviews from the critics, and yeah. uh, they're just, yeah, just complaining about but all the usual shit about like boobs and toxic masculinity and incels and all the rest of it. And it's like, do you know who fucking runs this show? <laughs> do, you, do you know? Do you know the backlash from the fans of the books and the games because of all the <laughs> casting and stuff? This, this is not. This is not some sort of fucking crazy, I don't know, like political show. This is, this is very forward thinking. But what I was going to say was, um, um, for me, uh, I'm the opposite to you guys actually. I, I loved the first four or five episodes of this and I actually really, not, I didn't really dislike, but I started to fall off towards the end. Mm -hmm. Um, which is weird, man. It was just, I thought Henry Cavill crushed it as Garol. I thought, um, Mimi, uh, 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 Dwayne was amazing as Fringella. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I think that, um, uh, Istrid, uh, he's played by a guy called, uh, Royce Pearson. He was fucking fantastic. He was the guy that was banging the hunchback. I thought he was great. I want to see more of him. Oh, the, man. He it, sold me in that scene. Yeah, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He was in love. He was blatantly in love with that character. Oh, but, man. And I, 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 I would love to, I would love, to see a scene where they just take her to a chiropractor and we could just look at the chiropractor's face. I just want to, I know, I know, but like before, before I, I just want to say, I just would love to take her in to see a chiropractor and look at the look on their face. Like, Oh, fuck. This is what we, this is what we trained for. <laughs> I mean, like, like uh, Allen. The chosen uh, one. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Fred Allen, Fred Allen, Allen as Siri was was really good for what she what she had. She didn't have that much to do throughout the, the series. That's a little girl, right? Yeah, Siri, well, yeah. wasn't a huge fan. Wasn't a huge fan of the little girl, Dan. Yeah, well, she was, it didn't have a lot to do. Did she, I know, really? so I know. I think yeah. she's going to get a lot more to do. She has a lot more to do in the books and the game and stuff. Okay. But the character that I really didn't like was Yennefer. It was like, and she's incredibly likable in the games. Um, she comes off as very, uh, she's very kind of like dismissive of other characters and things like that. And yeah. very, very kind of, what's the word, like standoffish. Um, mm. And it's it's difficult to get oh, that God. across without coming off like a complete she's the, she's the She's the hunchback that, right? Yes. Dude, yeah. when, she, and, when she goes through a transformation, doesn't she look like one of the like a like, like a really snobby lady that works at a perfume counter? 
sure. Why not? <laughs> but it, it's just. I and mean, like you're trying to buy, you're trying to buy a perfume for your wife, and she's being condescending. She's, you're trying to pick it. You know what I mean? You're just, you don't know. Yeah, you don't. Actually, oh, there's a few things yeah, that she, she said in the show that um that were like uh, against her character, mm-hmm. and were, were were flat out lies as well. And it was it was weird because um. It just, it didn't make sense as to what had happened previously. Uh, so that, that's the only character that I, I wasn't a fan of. Um, there was a few other things in it which were kind of pointless, like the whole Forest of the Dryads. She looks is- like the Kardashian that they didn't feed. <laughs> right? Okay. She looks like the Kardashian that didn't, get, that got the least amount of food. So yeah, there's these scenes which Kim and Chloe are eating well at that table. (laughs) Kim and Chloe are not they're you know what I mean? They're eating all the legumes. (laughs) Anyway. Sorry, dude. That's okay, man. Look, the forest of the dryad there was it was kind of pointless. It was like they turned up. They did a thing, it didn't work, and then they left. And it was like, why, why was that in there? It's like a whole two episodes where they're in that woods, and it's like, oh, I don't understand why they're there. So, I mean, there was a few inconsistencies and things like that. But like you guys were saying, mm. the sword play, the choreography was fantastic, mainly with Geralt, which obviously it should be. Yeah. Um, it, if anyone knows anything about them, they're the children who are changed into witches. They actually learn dance um, at Kaer Morhan, where they're from, before they learn sword fighting. And that is why the style is so fluid. And, oh, man, it was it was beautiful to watch. And that that first episode, that is how you start a fucking series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That first episode yeah. was full of intrigue and interesting characters and, a, and brilliant like plot development and character moments and incredible action it was so damn good and then like the banquet scene with the with the hands mm-hmm. what he's called um what's he called in this one dunny the the knight uh that whole the hedgehog guy uh i that was one of my favorite episodes mm-hmm. as well i thought that was really well done and but then after that that there's there's a lot of exposition to do with the politics, which is very, very important in the story, and I am glad that they get it out of the way now, and especially because they've got a second season coming and everything. Did they get renewed so maybe, for a third season too? No, about a third season. The second def- season got. Um, they said that second season is it got it got announced on November thirteenth of this year, and then it's going to be released in twenty twenty one. But I haven't heard anything about a third season. I thought I read somewhere that they already oh, greenlit a third season. Wow! You know what? Well, kept, that was for something else. else. You know what kept confusing me is when when they were talking about the Nilfgaard. I kept thinking they were saying Nilfgaard, and I was like, <laughs> "Why is why are you guys talking about a certain subgroup on Pornhub? Like, what's yeah, that, that, that's that's another problem? I'm, uh, the the Nilfgaard armor looked like scrotums. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. Well, they're a bunch of dicks. So makes <laughs> sense. This is why here, I don't know why they chose that. They, they released the, the, the footage of that, like, you know, months and months ago. And obviously all these battle scenes and stuff had already been filmed because that's where the shots were from. And everyone on the internet, any of the fans were like, that looks dumb as shit. You have to change that, please. Just like they did with, you know, Sonic, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. 
Um, and they did, and everyone just looks like they're wearing like um, like black scrotal armor. It that looks dumb as shit, and it's kind of laughable. It doesn't make uh, any of the bad guys very imposing. You just look at that armor, going, "Oh, that looks so fucking terrible." <laughs> but, so there's Neil, definitely problems. <laughs> yeah, and Neil, you're you're right. That like a couple days ago, it's not confirmed, but it's basically confirmed that Netflix has agreed to a, a third season. So, wow. Yeah, we got this covered. Has now revealed that season three has uh, no. now been officially. Oh, we confirmed. got this covered. Has yeah. nothing. No, they have nothing covered, Ryan. They, they have they, nothing covered. I know they are literally the worst. <laughs> I just realized who it was that was yeah. saying that. <laughs> 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 well, because I, I found a diff. I found the Inquisitor, which then referred to we got this covered. Oh, so. Yeah, people are quoting we got this covered. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, geez. oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> what does the world come to? <laughs> <laughs> just so you know yeah i want our listeners to be educated on this we got this covered is basically all just like they just make shit up guys like onion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the clicks just yeah except onion is funny so <laughs> yeah I, I thought that um uh, tris was um kind of a, a letdown as a character unfortunately um i, I want to see more tris because she's a very kind of mainstay character in in the games. Uh, but I really did like um, Queen Kalanth, the, uh, yeah. the the lioness. Wow. <laughs> that is she a hell of a fucking... Oh, dude, that was a hell of a character and incredibly well played as well uh, by Jodie May. Fucking wow. That was awesome. But what you were talking about earlier with the, with the time jumps and stuff, the... They needed, especially with Jodie, they needed to make her look older, like a a fair bit older, because we're talking like a gap of about 30 years, Mm. and they (laughs) didn't age her at all, you know, at the beginning of the show. So when, when we go back in time, like halfway through the series, you have no idea what the hell's going on. You just go, uh, you know, what's going on? Because... I don't want to spoil anything, but certain things happen to certain characters and you go, but she was just fighting them. And now, <laughs> now they're having a ball. And who's, who's that girl? It's like, she looks just like Siri, but different and older. Have we gone forward in time? Yeah. But no, we've actually gone back in time. And it, I mean, it's, it's, like I said, man, you have to pay attention to it. I was, con- I, the place. I was confused by that. And then I figured it out. I, I feel like listening to you guys, like you guys got it all down. I feel like I'm just like the fucking moron that was just like, <laughs> story's confusing, you know? Like, I- <laughs> oh, I thought, I thought, uh, Joey, uh, Beatty as Jaskier the Bard was fucking. Oh, he was amazing. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. not, he's not called Jaskier in the yeah. books. All the game. We need Dandelion a- in the game and he's called Buttercup in the book. It's the, the same character, though. It was a good balance, like, with what you were saying. Like, who who made the Christian Bale Batman complaint? That was me. Neil. Like, yeah, it was a good balance to that bullshit, right? Like, we needed yeah. that. Yeah. We, we needed that com- I, and comedy And that song relief. was really good, too. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that voice that he's done. It's uh, it's like an homage to Doug Cockle, the guy that does him in the game. Dan, I'll talk to you like that for the rest of the episode. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, go for it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm just gonna yeah, exactly just gonna awesome. wh- whisper sweet Henry Cavill nothings into your ear throughout the entire. <laughs> to try that transatlantic I, I, accent though. <laughs> I read somewhere that the critics were only given the first and fifth episodes in order to review it, though. 
Really? And that's uh, yeah. That's not true. I heard that they were given the <laughs> no. first six. No, it's not. I actually was that from we got it covered. I read where they got third season. Well, it, yeah, was that from we got it covered as well? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It's <laughs> possible. I read a review which was uh, I think it was I think it was from the Guardian. Oh, okay, hey guy, hold on, hold on. Breaking news: We got this covered. Just reported that they're they've announced season seven of The Witcher is going <laughs> to it's going to it's going to come out it's going to come out before seasons four, five, six. It, <laughs> These wow. guys, wow, that's so weird. They're, they're doing that's kind of like, like a fire. They're doing a they're doing a Bill Cosby <laughs> Leonard Part Six kind of deal where the other movies don't exist. <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, I, I read a review which was I'm pretty sure it was the Guardian in the UK. The guy that reviewed it <laughs> fucking watched from episode five to the end and then said it was a big pile of shit. What the fuck? And it's like I know. <laughs> Who the hell does that? that? You literally said, like, I skipped the first four episodes. It's like, so you skipped half the first series where you find you out that? everything's going. I oh, know. Yeah, but they have a fucking clue, man. They don't know what they're doing anymore. They're just doing it for clicks and the fucking ads. Uh, yeah. Reviewers online are shit nowadays. Absolutely yeah, terrible. I agree. But yeah, it, no, I, 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 all in all, I will taste it. Um, I'm really looking forward to season two because the, the good stuff was great. And the, the bad stuff wasn't quite so great. And I, I want Yennefer to be a much more in, like endearing character. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really, for me. Yennefer. Why not? Why not just Jennifer? Stupid. Why not just Jennifer? Right? Because Polish mythology. Oh, <laughs> <That's> okay. <why. laughs> don't don't try to don't try to give logical answers to my stupid shit, Dan. <laughs> Don't <laughs> stupid question. Next question. Uh, let's hey, let's take let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with more good pop, bad pop. How's that sound? Woo! Uh, it do- really doesn't matter how it sounds. It's going to happen. Like I don't care. What you- <laughs> like even even if you object, that's it's still that's still what's going down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Danon yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient. Just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Alright, hey, we are back. I think, I think The Witcher has opened up a whole new kind of like fetish for me, this hunchback sex thing. I have been. <laughs> Diving down that rabbit hole. I honestly, the next time I have sex, I'm just gonna ask, uh, I'm gonna ask her to like throw a pillow up behind her shirt 
and we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were doing during the break? Was looking up hunchback uh, porn and stuff? Oh, dude! As soon as that scene started, as soon as it started and ended, I was I turned off the show. That's why I was getting confused about timelines and shit because I was watching hunchback sex. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! That's that's some hot shit. I was like, I didn't, I was like, ah, this ain't gonna, oh, wow! Holy shit, this is, this is, is, something's going on downstairs, Brian. I'm like, I'm I'm really enjoying this. This is pretty hot. This is pretty, like if, like if you tipped her over, you could like spin her on her back like a top and, 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 yeah, like a turtle. And you could jump in on that action too. It's like, it's like a ride. And <laughs> as you're riding said partner, it's like, wee. That's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hot. That is hot. Man. Um, I saw, uh, I went to the, I went to the theater and I saw, uh, Ip Man 4. I'm a huge fan of the Ip Man series. This is Ip Man 4, the finale. Um, have you guys, any of you guys watched Ip Man movies with Donnie? Danny no, I've got them. I saw three queued up on my Netflix. Yeah, I, I saw the first three. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the first three. Um, I love the first two. I did not like the third one. The third one was yeah. The third one was not good. The first, like the second one, is a complete ripoff of Rocky Four, but I still love it for that. Mm-hmm. Like I love well, it for that. Donnie Yen is amazing. Donnie Yen is just fucking incredible. Donnie Yen reprises his role as the legendary Wing Chun master in the grand finale of the Revolutionary Martial Arts series. Following the death of his wife, Ip Man travels to San Francisco to ease tensions between the local kung fu masters and his star student Bruce Lee while searching for a better future for his son. From the action visionary behind Kill Bill and The Matrix, witness the heroic send-off to the saga that inspired a new wave of martial arts movie fans. Uh, yeah, this one, uh, it's directed by Wilson Yip. He directed all of the Ip Man films. Um, his next film, check this out. His next film sounds amazing just from the title. The next film is titled Dragon Gate Zombie Inn. Fuck yes. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. The only thing that's missing that's is like amazing. hunchback sex. So like, I, like I, <laughs> I want that movie Dragon Gate Zombie in. Um, the movie cast here for this one is Donnie Yen, of course, is it, man. Scott Atkins is in this fucking movie. I reviewed, uh, yeah, Scott Atkins. I, I reviewed Avengement. Uh, it's an action movie I reviewed earlier in the year. He was in that movie, but Scott Atkins is in this movie. Uh, Danny Chan Kwok Khan, uh, Kwan, uh, he plays Bruce Lee in this one. Uh, Wu Yu, Van Ness, and Chris Collins. Um, yeah, so this one takes place in 1964, so they do a time jump in this one. I think it's a, about an eight year time jump from the last one. So we've got an older Bruce Lee in this film. This movie, it's, it's playing everywhere in China, but I could only find, um, on the web, 36 theaters in the United States that are playing this one. And not even all of those were playing them on the release day of the film. And so I had, to, I literally being a huge Ip Man fan, I drove two hours to watch this movie. Um, and, um, all I could say is that it was worth it. I think that this was a fantastic send off, uh, for Ip Man. Um, you basically got, uh, Ip Man, his wife dies. He, he, he finds out that he has cancer, um, due to smoking and his son is, uh, older now and 
He's being bullied at school, gets in a fight, gets expelled. So Ip Man then flies to San Francisco to look for a school for his son to go to. And while he's there, he finds out his student, Bruce Lee. Um, and this is like some of this is true. And some of this is, of course, like complete fiction about Ip Man. But like this is one of the true parts of the story. Bruce Lee upset the local martial arts community in San Francisco by opening a Wing Chun school. He was teaching Americans martial arts. And um, a lot of people in China were not a fan of him teaching Americans martial arts. And that was like yep. a and that, that and that's a big part of this movie. Uh, another part of this movie is that it man needs a letter uh, of approval, a recommendation to get his son into this school. He has to go to the president of the Chinese Consolidated Benevolent Association uh, to get this letter. And the leader there, Juan uh realizes that you know this is this is it man he is um um bruce lee's you know sensei and this is you know and he doesn't agree with what bruce lee is doing and so he doesn't give him the letter and all these things kind of like collide in this movie as well as like this whole other story about uh the mil- like the military and 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 them introducing you know, Kung Fu into the military and, uh, and things like that. Um, I, I thought that this movie was masterful. I really loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great send off. Scott Adkins plays this army sergeant. That's like a full on racist and he hates anyone who's not like white America. So they pretty much give you a villain that you're going to despise in this movie. And Scott Adkins is so good at it. And he's a fucking badass in this movie. And I, I've really, been enjoying Scott Atkins as an actor and as a martial artist lately. Um, we get a great scene of Bruce Lee doing this fight with an oversized opponent in an alley and just kicking ass. And he uses nunchucks in the fight, which is really cool. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's dope. It's fucking dope. Jackie. I was going to say, dude, uh, uh, Kwan Chan is the guy that he's in Shaolin Soccer and Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, thing. yeah. He's the goalkeeper who was like, he was, he was in the, the game of death, uh, goalie outfit in, uh, Shaolin Soccer. And he oh. looks so much like Bruce Lee. It's crazy. Shaolin he's Soccer. Got, like, it's, All the mannerisms down and everything. Shaolin Soccer is so good. I part of me wanted Mike Moe to do the Bruce Lee, but I was happy when I found out that it was this dude. So, because like Mike Moe did such a great job, in my opinion, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I thought he was really good. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen Mike Moe in that Street Fighter Assassin's Fist movie? No. Yeah, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. It's based off the video game. And this is my favorite video game movie of all time. It was actually just a bunch of shorts that they did, and then they put them all together in a movie. And I think you can watch it on Funimation, if you have Funimation. But Street Fighter Assassin's Fist is fucking dope. And Mike Moe plays Ryu from Street Fighter. Okay. The only one I saw was the one where Ryu and Ken were training. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I have seen that one. Oh, wow, that's him. Yeah, that's Mike Moe, dude. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, that was a great fucking movie, dude. That was it good. was, it was great. It's really good. It's really good. Um, Jackie Chan is not in the movie. He, he, he showed up on set. And so everybody was like, Oh, Jackie Chan's in the final it man. And like that, unfortunately, Jackie Chan is not in this movie. Um, I will say one more thing about this movie. I loved it. I thought it was great. That's, I think it's a great send off the final it man movie. 
there's a karate kid Easter egg in the movie. <laughs> I could not fucking believe it. They're at a military base. They're getting ready to have like a big match. And there's a character called Freighter and he calls one of his students, Mr. Crease. Oh, wow. That's cool. And so it's, it's, it's a hint that it's the bad guy Crease from the karate kid series back when he was nice. in the military. And I was just like, that's fucking dope. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that, that's awesome to hear that they, it kind of like fell off in like the third installment, but now it's back to form again. That's really good news. Yeah, dude. Cause like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think, I think it all hinged on the villain too. Cause like, um, well, there were two villains in this one, but like, I, I don't want to give away too much, but I think Scott Adkins really brought a lot to this one, whereas opposed to like the third one, the villain was Mike Tyson, and I think Neil would agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I watched it. Yeah. It happened. Yeah, it in happened. My eyes. Right. In have my you, brain. have you seen It Man? Um, uh, it was, uh, It Man Legacy. I can't remember. It Man, it was no. the, it's a good, it's another good one. It, Batista's in it, and Batista's pretty huh. fucking brutal in it. So. Yeah. By the way, Brian, that, uh, that Street Fighter Assassin's Fist is also available on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked it up to see where it might be available. You'll love so. it, dude. I would highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It really goes through kind of like the relationship between Ken and Ryu, their training. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it puts a lot into, it puts as much, uh, um, um, into like the mythology of like this, uh, of them like using, like using these mystical arts while they're fighting, you know, like how they throw the fireball and all that oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. It puts as much focus onto that as like, I would say like anything that we've ever watched, like Star Wars and the Force, like it's all there. Like there's, that's cool. They put a lot into it. So, um, yeah, I would Tupperware It Man 4. Um, the finale, I, I really enjoyed it. I, there, it, it is cheesy in parts. And I think like a lot, they got a lot of American actors to be in this one besides Scott Adkins and some of their, some of the acting from the American actors is pretty abysmal, but like on the flip side, <laughs> it, yeah, it like, there's this one like, like high ranking officer and it's like, you can tell this guy's just like reading lines. Like <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad, but. Like, like any good martial arts movie, you're going to have some bad acting. There <laughs> right, some right, That's right. one of the reasons why we love them so much. Very true. Very <laughs> true. Oh my God. But yeah, fuck it. I just, I just love Donnie Yen. I just, I think he's just an amazing martial artist and, um, it's so, man, fucking Kanja Club, fucking Kanja Club in, <laughs> in The Force Awakens. What a letdown Kanja Club was. Like we, you get the raid actors in there and they do nothing. I was, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I want more, I want a Kanja Club Disney Plus series. <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch that. I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. One of the best lines to come out of that movie. Tell it to Kanja Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I uh, fucking, I would Tupperware that. Um, Neil, what do you got, man? Well, uh, before I get to what I got, I just wanted to mention that The Expanse Season 4 oh. is on Amazon Prime, yeah. finally, and it's a Tupperware just like the first three seasons, which are also on Amazon Prime. Neil, I'm telling you, this is one I'm going to start. This is one I'm... People, Do it. People are getting on me about The Expanse. Listen, listen, I've been on Amazon Prime. You know what I've been watching on Amazon Prime? I watched what? the first season of Fleabag. 
Oh yeah, yeah, That's good stuff. It's, yeah, so I'm going to start the second season of Fleabag, get that knocked out, and then my next mission is to start the Expanse. Everybody's talking about the Expanse. So good. Yeah, the first season is still my favorite uh-huh. out of all of them, um, just because it, it, it's it blew my mind when I first saw it. Um, I, I had no idea that it existed until I just randomly stumbled on it, and I, I fucking love it. Um, what is it with sci-fi yeah. canceling everything? I know. And like, I actually watched it, I think on Netflix first uh-huh. was where I first saw it. Yeah. Uh, before it switched over. And, uh, then I tried watching it on sci-fi, but they, they edit it on sci-fi cause it's, it's chock full of, of swearing and all. Yeah. It's, it's a brutal show and I, I really love it. It's very political, not dealing with our nowadays politics, but just, like future politics, which I really, really enjoy. Right. The theoretical, uh, explorations of what, what politics could be in the future. I really like that kind of stuff. Um, and, and it continues that throughout the entire series. It's very interesting. Um, and the, the CGI is really, really good in it for a, like a sci-fi show. Mm. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. I'm show. curious. I'm so did, glad. did the, are you through season four? Have you finished it? Oh yeah. Now, oh yeah. Did I the, binged it like in a couple days. <laughs> did this, did the special effects improve in season four? Because like you gotta imagine, I, I, and maybe they didn't, but like you gotta imagine like now with Jeff Bezos being the guy behind it, like he would have put more money into the expanse. He was a fan. The show got canceled on sci-fi. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, a fan of the show, didn't want to see it go away, knew that there was an audience for it on the flip side. He's also a businessman. And then he's the one that resurrected the show. Now it's on Amazon. Did it look like they put more into the budget in this fourth season? Um, I think that may have been a reason why they canceled it in the first place because it looked really good to start off with. Uh, uh, I, it didn't look any different to me hmm. uh, because it was already really, really good. Like the, the CGI was, was great from the very beginning. Can you imagine um, being I, so rich? That, <laughs> hold on. Like, listen, like, can you imagine being so rich that your Amazon wish list is to bring a show back <laughs> and you can, you can do it. That is fucking crazy. Can you imagine like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going I'm to put a fucking baseball team on my Amazon wish list. I want to buy a team. This is, it's insane. Jesus Christ. Bezos. Yeah, it is insane. Yeah. It is insane. But yeah, so season four is another type of where I, I still think seasons one, season one is the strongest. It's got the most Tom Jane in it out of all the seasons. Oh, I love, and, Tom. I love Tom Jane. Yeah. So do I. So do I. He, he's, he is fucking phenomenal yeah. in this show. Yeah. He's um, really good. So yeah, so they, it's a tough Uh, but, but I did go see in the theater cats. Oh my God! You did it! You did it! <laughs> if you oh tell me you liked it, I will be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a musical fan. I don't like musicals in general. It's not my bag. They're you know I appreciate them for their artistry and and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and I read the reviews of this show and how weird and and, and bad it was of this of this movie. And it is weird, and it's very horny, and it's very off-putting. It's got terrible CGI for the, throughout most of it. Hey, hold on, you said it's, story, it's, 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 you say it's very horny. You said it's very horny. Yeah, you can't just <laughs> very horny. You can't g- gloss over that <laughs> statement. 
I was like, did he <laughs> did he mean corny or did he say horny? No, horny. It, it, it's got the actors are rubbing up against against each other constantly, okay. like they're cats, but they're people and they have human faces, and it looks very sexual and it's really weird and off putting. Gotcha. Okay. This movie is is terrible. Right now, and... Neil's wearing like a cat suit. Like, like, like... <laughs> I'm looking. I'm licking myself now. He's got a saucer of milk next to him. It, 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 you're, you're joining a furry community as we speak. <laughs> it feels like a furry movie. It's fucking weird looking. It is so strange. You see these people's faces that you recognize and that they're covered in fur. Hold on. It's not good fur. Idris Elba's in this fucking movie, right? Yes, oh, it is. It's so is for this film. So is Ian McKellen. So is Judy Dench. Oh, Ian McKellen is in this one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this movie's got a great fucking to the, in the In the Judy credits is his Dench. name, is his name Ian Meow Kellen? <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be. This movie is fucking insane. Um, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. But Jennifer Hudson mm. is phenomenal. In, in her limited screen time. And for her performance alone, I'm going to give this movie a fucking Tupperware. What? Great <laughs> What? No. I had an absolutely wonderful time watching this movie because I knew it was going to be bad going at watching it, like going into it. I knew it was going to suck. Yeah. And I don't like but her performance, plus just the weirdness of it all, I had a great fucking time. <laughs> And she, she is phenomenal in her when she does that song Memories. Like yeah. I, I don't care about that song, but she made me fucking cry while I was watching Cats. And that alone is is worth it for me. Like that was her performance is phenomenal. The rest of the movie is shit. Wow. Neil is confirmed as a fairy. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> I will say it it uh, it is, I just looked it up, it's appropriately bombing at the theater right now. It's at oh, seven, it's, 17 million right now. <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. But I fucking loved watching it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I had a great fucking time. And Jennifer Hudson was absolutely great. Um, so I'm going to top of it because I had a great fucking time. How many times did you jack off? <laughs> well, considering I was ne- I was in a theater full of old people, zero. <laughs> oh, even more reason, even more reason. He went right to an animal shelter right after the movie. You guys have any cats here? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Well, yeah, I I, I actually really had a great time because I knew it was going to be terrible going into it. I knew I wasn't going to enjoy the musical aspect aspect of it, except I did. This is the this is the weirdest fucking rating I've ever heard in my life. I know. It's a perversion of the Tupperware rating. I know that. It is. It's a perversion of. You're making a mockery of the whole system. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta. I don't. I don't know how else to feel about this. I had a great fucking time. I might go see it again. Oh shit. How how is uh, and I hate musicals. Do do any of the do it do they do any do like do they cough up hairballs like does that happen like I these are things I got to do do they fucking Kinda. huh Kinda. like Kinda. They, it seems like they were 
coughing up hairballs a couple of times. It seems like it. I don't remember exactly because you get it's weird. Kind of a fog. Do you get the weird shots of their buttholes? Their cat buttholes. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, no. What's that? Have actually improved. CGI. Were you on? Were you on any heavy drugs when you saw it? Good question. <laughs> and, so, and, no. Now you're sober. <laughs> Completely no, so. but it wasn't any heavy drugs. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh! So, no, man. No, it, it, so weird. Not a good movie. It deserves to lose all the money in the world. But I, I loved it. <laughs> and I don't know. He's gonna buy it when it comes out. <laughs> I might. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, so this is this is your Sharknado. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jennifer Hudson is phenomenal yeah, in we her role. Jennifer Hudson, oh my god, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> I can't go on enough about her because she's so good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bad movie. <laughs> it's a bad movie that you gave a Tupperware and you won't shut the yeah. fuck up about Jennifer Hudson in it. Could, couldn't you just like Tupperware Jennifer Hudson's performance yes. in the movie? Yes, it's a toss a, it. Toss it, right. Good. That's weak. So no. <laughs> no. No, I Tupperware the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I Tupperware the fact that it uh, exists. I honestly, I'm going to Tupperware your fucking review and your bravado. <laughs> In coming here and and giving me the most ridiculous fucking review I've ever heard, <laughs> like, like the br- the bravado that you fucking showed throughout that review, just not even caring. You just stuck to your guns. You, oh my god, yeah. Neil, you've got all the balls in the world. My cats, both both my cats are neutered, but you've got all the balls in the world. I tell you. What's it weird like about all the cats in that movie were neutered too. What's weird about cats is like once they get neutered, they, you could still see their big old furry ball sacks hanging out <laughs> from the back. It's so weird. It's so weird. Oh man, Dan, me yeah. and you both. <laughs> <laughs> we both saw a movie called Uncut Gems. <laughs> we did. Yes. Did anybody else get a chance to see Uncut Gems? No. Oh. Uh, no. I've heard good things about it, though. Yeah, this is the new A24. It's no cats. It's definitely no cats. <laughs> this is the uh, new A24 film with Adam Sandler. It's uh, from uh, filmmakers Josh and Benny Safdie. And um, this is about Howard Ratner, a charismatic New York City jeweler, uh, always on the lookout for the next big score when he makes a series of high-stake bets that he could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Howard must perform a precarious high-wire act, balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. Um, the Safdie brothers, Neil, you would know this. The Safdie brothers directed Good Time with Robert Pattinson. That's a movie that you hmm. saw, and you really enjoyed that yeah. movie. I haven't, I dude, did, I, did. I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna, now that I've seen this, I'm gonna definitely have to check out Good Time. This one stars Adam Sandler, yeah. Kevin Garnett, uh, Adina Menzel, Lakeith Stanfield, Julia Fox, The Weeknd, and Eric Bogosian. Um, this wait, is, wait. Kevin Garnett, the basketball player? Yes, Kevin fucking Garnett from Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> into the fucking Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. Yeah, that Kevin Garnett, dude. 
Um, it, it's mm. his feature film debut as well as the weekend's, um, feature film debut. Um, Dan, I, I want to know your thoughts. I'm going to start off with you. What did you think about Uncut Gems? Uh, I'm gonna just come out with the right thing. I'm gonna high taste this. Uh, it is a very brutal watch. It's, it's very well done. It's sort of, uh, it's, it's not obviously one shot, but we're just, we're following Adam Sandler's character around like the whole time. We never, I don't think we ever get away from him apart from towards the end. There's some intercut stuff, mm-hmm. but most of the time we're with him and it is, Ooh, this is film made me anxious. It mm-hmm. is, God, I mean, the synopsis that tells you a lot, but it doesn't tell you the feeling that you get from seeing this guy literally put everything he owns on the line. You know, his, his, his house, his car, his family, like everything is just, is almost just like a game to this character. He's just looking for that big score, that big win that's gonna supposedly like make everything right. And, um, it's a, an amazing performance from Adam Sandler. I didn't know he could act this well. I didn't know he could stay in character this well. Uh, it is, man, it's brutal. And I thought Kevin Garnett did a really good job as well. <laughs> <for his film. laughs> Which was weird because obviously I'm, I'm not a basketball guy, and but I couldn't help but think, I was like, that's got to be a real basketball player. Like all the way through. <laughs> that man looks like he can dribble a ball. <laughs> did he cough up any hairballs? He did not. No. no okay. <laughs> he, uh, he was, I mean, it, it, again, he he was he was fine for his role, but um, you know, when you see like someone acting that doesn't act very often or at all, you can tell that they're you know they're probably actually just like a basketball player or like someone that's just kind of been put into the film. So he he did fine, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, oof, it's a rough watch. Dan, I love this fucking movie. I yeah. fucking, I thought it was incredible. Like, this was a nail biter. And, and, and for me, I thought Kevin Garnett was a standout. I thought Kevin, I thought Kevin Garnett was great in this movie. I really thought he was fantastic. You know, like, of course I, I followed his basketball career. Like, this guy came out of Chicago, fucking high school kid coming out of Chicago, gets drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves, has a fucking phenomenal career with them, and then goes on to win a championship with the Boston Celtics. This fucking movie though. Oh my God. So you got, you got Adam Sandler playing this guy who basically he's a, he's a jeweler and he's got a store in New York and, uh, he is, he, he, he gets, he gets a, like a lead or something about this, this gem. Where's the gem? Is it, it's in Africa. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I can't remember if it was Nigeria or Ethiopia, but yeah. it's, it's a rough cut opal. Yeah. He finds out about. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's this opal and, and, and he believes it's going to be, you know, valued at over a million dollars. And, um, so, you know, it takes him, uh, what do you say, like 17 months or something like that for it to get, he finally yeah. paid enough money, uh, for them to bring it over to him and like Kevin Garnett, 
he becomes obsessed with this, this rock, this opal. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like his good luck charm that he's taking into games and things like that. And that becomes a big part of the story. And you've got, and Lakeith Stanfield's character, I thought Lakeith Stanfield was fantastic in this. I think that guy's a great actor. I love him in Atlanta. But anyway, he like, he's the guy who kind of like introduces, uh, Adam Sandler's character to like, you know, different, uh, music, uh, musical entertainers like The Weeknd and then, and then basketball players like Kevin Garnett. And like this whole thing becomes like it, it all climaxes where it's like this, it's, he's put all his money into like this one basketball game. And for me, I'm a huge NBA basketball fan. So like the climax of this movie having to revolve around like the perform, like, the performance of Kevin Garnett during like the Eastern semi-conference finals back in 2012. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm so into this fucking movie. Like I loved it. Like, and it keeps ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. And, um, you know, he's got a family, but he's also got his own place because him and his wife are separated. And then he's got a mistress on the side. And like, I felt like the way they portrayed the mistress in this was like something I'd never seen in any other movie. And, um, this, I, I thought this movie was incredible. His performance was incredible. I did not think that you could get a performance like this out of Adam Sandler. And yeah, I, I'm thinking Oscar nod, at I'm least a to- nomination for this. Totally, 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 yeah. totally, it, totally. It, it, it is, it is crazy, man. Like yeah. you're saying, like the, like the end game, um, like where we're cutting back and forth between the game, between the jewelry store mm. and between Julia doing her thing. Obviously no spoilers. It is so fucking tense. Yeah. It is so damn tense what is happening. And, but I mean, that is, that's like the culmination of the whole film because when we start this film, um, Howard's already in trouble. You know, he already owes money to like what two, three different groups of people. Yeah. And it's like thousands and thousands of dollars. And he's just like selling watches that he shouldn't be selling that people have told him to keep. Like, uh, you know, that like you say like, um, the Keith, he's, uh, He's like sort of kept stuff in the safe in the shop and then you find out later on he's already been like pawning them off the people as collateral for bets and shit like that. I mean, this character is a fucking mess. Um, I would say he's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for him, you know, to win, but. He's not yeah. a likable person. <laughs> He's not likable, but you're sitting there, you're fucking rooting for him. Dude, the scene at the, at his, uh, uh, daughter's fucking play, like, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Are you, I'm not gonna spoil it, but oh my fucking god. Yeah, that is, uh, that's definitely interesting. And then yeah. when you find out how, um, he is, uh, what the, his relationship is with a certain group of people that he owes money to as well. Mm. It's like played off as a reveal. It's kind of hinted at. And then the guy's like, stop using my fucking name. This is like near the beginning. And then you find out how he knows this guy. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like these people are so fucked up. It's, uh, is, it, I mean, I, I, I don't know what it is, dude. I think I have to watch it again to get like a, a real good grasp on it because I, I do high taste it. It's very, very close to a Tupperware. I think I might need to go back and watch it for like maybe some more like, you know, nuanced scenes or something. But uh, yeah, it, 
it's it's amazingly written it's brilliantly shot like the score's great the acting's really good from basically everybody it is and and i mean these people are not likable people most of them you know you, you sort of sit through it and you just wow that person's a scumbag i mean like even his mistress you know like you think oh oh god you fucking arsehole howard you've got a mistress on the side and then then you see the way that like she manipulates him through all these different situations it's just oh man it is it's a roller coaster but then like you're like one minute kevin garnett's in the fucking jewelry store and they have a whole talk and the next minute you're watching him play in a game and it's like but the game has a lot to do with this story so it's like you you like you as the viewer you know like what transpired between these two characters and what this game means to him and it i was just i was caught up in this i was so caught up in this fucking movie i thought kevin garnett was fantastic i thought he did a great job and i like adam sandler was just amazing i tupper it's no cats but i tupper the fuck out of it <laughs> yeah i mean when when he like first, first puts on like uh one of his big bets if you know anything about like uh betting just in general the shit that like Kevin Garnett has to do for him to get his money, like in the first game, is like you just think that's never gonna fucking happen. Yeah. And like you seeing it all like rack up and the points rack up and you know getting getting dunks off the rebound and and all these different things. Like they're all the stuff that Howard has been nutting down and giving to his bookie. And first of all, you just think. That's never gonna work. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And this is K, and, this is KG at the end of his career, towards the end of his career. Like this is not like, yeah. you know, KG had been in the league for a long time by this point, so. Yeah. The bit, I mean, I'm sort of bit, probably being a bit harsh on, um, Kevin Garnett, but uh, there was one bit which I, he really fucking sold me, which was when he looked into the Opal for the first time and they did all these like crazy fast cuts with, like cuts from like footage from history and things like that. And he kind of pulls away from it and he just turns to him and says, I need this. And like, he just, his reaction mm-hmm. to it. I was like, fuck it. Okay. Right. Okay. This guy's definitely got some sort of a link with this, this gem. And it was, it was weird. Cause it was this almost like a, almost like a supernatural sort of, um, thing going on that like the rest of us and even the people in the film didn't understand that like that kevin garnett like just he saw something in this gem and then he comes back later with like a huge bag of cash and he just wants <laughs> to get it like immediately it's um yeah it's a, it's a weird film it's it, but it again man it's some original cinema that's come out it's brilliantly made it's brilliantly yeah. acted and um it's yeah okay. it's uh definitely watch it because it, it's Oof, it's it's like, a hell of a ride. It's like a 93% for the critics, dude. But what's fucked up is like, this is another one where the audience is giving it a 55%. It's rotten from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, that's so weird. And I was reading like what people were saying and they were just like, oh, this movie's abysmal, the blah, 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 blah. And it's, and I, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't wrap my head around that rating because I thought that this movie was absolutely fantastic. Like it was, I was, I was just enthralled with this. I, I was on the ride the entire time. And, you know, I, I think like, I think if you don't connect with the character at all, then that, yeah, yeah then that, like, I kind of like, it's not like I've never been anything like this guy, but on the flip side, it's like, 
He's kind of like he's kind of like that fucking loser you want to see win, you know? Yeah, exactly. And also, yeah. I mean, looking at it just from like I know, like you know, the the rating system that we use, most of the time we do it through enjoyment. So that's like when we did yeah, Star Wars, yeah. I said like from a critical eye, I'll give it this, but from a fan perspective, I'll give it that. From a critical eye, this movie is expertly made. It's yeah. gorgeous and just from just from like a critic's point of view it's you know it's a really good example of like modern cinema telling an original story so i think that that might have something to do with the rating that maybe some people don't you know maybe they're just kind of film fans but they're not like you know so they're movie fans they're not film fans and they they were going in there expected they were going in just expected to see Grown Ups Five or whatever the fuck yeah. they're on, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. uh, I mean, why isn't he? Do, why isn't he doing any Happy Gilmore shit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, but even from the trailer, like, that was one of the reasons why yeah. I jumped on the film because I saw the trailer yeah. and I just, I just looked at his portrayal and what was happening in the trailer, and I was like, wow, this looks, this is something completely different from what I've seen him do before mm-hmm. and I was really really interested just from the trailer so I mean if anyone's even thinking about watching this I would definitely say watch the trailer it doesn't give anything away it just sort of like sets out the character and the basic storyline and um, if it seems like something that you might enjoy then I would say go watch it but if you watch the trailer and you think, oh, this guy's a piece of shit, or or it doesn't look like anything that you'd enjoy, then I would say don't go and watch it. Because maybe that's what it is. It's just the whole subject matter, and he's a, like I said, he's an unlikable character, but he is a loser, and you do want to see him win at the end. What's beyond me, and I gotta ask this question, is, Neil, when you went to the theater, were they also <laughs> playing Uncut Gems at this theater <laughs> when you went to go see Cats? Uh, not at the time that I was going to go see Cats. Were they playing any other movie? <laughs> was yeah? Was this a Cats exclusive theater? <laughs> yes, it was. It was one screen theater. There was no other movies playing. No. <laughs> um, no, I wanted to go see Cats because of the reviews, which were so bad. <laughs> I, I, and I, the trailer I res- freaked me the fuck out. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that honest answer. I do. <laughs> I do. I can't argue with that. You, you, the, the, I get it. Like that's the only reason that I want to see it is because like I've heard like all the horrible reviews, and so it makes me kind of like yeah. I want to. I want to watch the train wreck. It's weird. It's a train wreck. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's up away. <laughs> exactly. It's. <laughs> <laughs> the most messed up thing I've seen in my life, but Tupperware. I can I can imagine like Neil just kinda like on his knees in the parking lot, like I I oh my like confused like about <laughs> a little bit. I, I I couldn't drive right after yeah. I had to sit in my truck for a little bit, just like Neil's just got happened? his head resting on the car horn and it's yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> People coming up to him, knocking on the window, going, "Are you okay?" And he just goes, "I just saw cat." No, no explanation needed. <laughs> the fire department shows up at the jaws of life. <laughs> like, like... <laughs> oh man, you guys saw cats. Um, yeah, hey, Ryan, what do you got for good pop, bad pop? All right, I got it. Couple of, uh, Netflix comedies, uh, or comedy, uh, stand-up comics, uh, and then I have a few, uh, comic books themselves I wanted to bring up too. Um, so the first thing, I'm gonna get the, 
the worst one out of the way, which is uh, I watched uh, Jeff Garland's special. Oh, I I enjoyed it. I love Jeff Garland. Get out of here. I do too. Yeah. I love the Goldbergs. I yeah. love him. Yeah, you know, I love I love him immensely. There, yeah. I stopped watching it midway through. Aww. I was not laughing at all. I love him. Did not enjoy it. Like I loved his his uh, the roller skating story that he told, mm-hmm. uh, and I liked how he repeated what was happening and everything else. But then when all of his other jokes were just kind of repeating the same shit over and over again, I just I had to turn it off. Did you get like, to the, Did you get to the parts where he was interacting with the audience and joking yeah. around? See, yeah. yeah, that's some of the best stuff in that special yeah. is where he was interacting with the audience, and then and then another thing I appreciated it is he did bring up the fact of the story about how he got arrested, and like that was one of those things where. I always wanted well, to hear that. It's story. still in my queue, so maybe I'll go back and finish it. Uh, just and maybe it was I was off that night. That can happen with yeah. The com- like comedy's I, subjective, man. It's like yeah. not everybody's. You know what I mean? Not everybody's into the same shit, right? Yeah. Um, the other uh, comedian that I watched was uh, the new Mike Birbiglia one, which is called just called the new one. Uh, I'm a big fan of him as a comedian. I will say I'll give this one a taste it to a low taste it. Mm. Um, I still, he still has his, uh, his thing where he starts talking about something and by the end of the show, he circled back to that first thing that he was talking about and he does it in such a masterful way that it's, it's very impressive. You're like, holy crap, he, he came all the way back around, uh, to what he started the whole show with. And I loved that aspect of it, but the comedy kind of felt flat in a few areas for me with him. And I love I've loved everything he's done before that. Uh, he is a comedian that, uh, my wife and I will actually quote things in the house. They become running jokes in our home and everything else. So big fan of his, but this one was a, a little bit flat for, for both of us. So, hmm. uh, and really, really wanted to like it. Um, like I said, the way he crafts the show is still on point. I still loved it. And there was definitely still points where I was cracking up, but, uh, just didn't have the same punch and everything else. And, my fear is that, uh, so part of his show was him talking about how he is now a dad. And my fear is that now that he's a dad, maybe his, he's lost a step with his comedy. Cause I've seen that happen with comedians. Like also now they're the family guy. So yeah. they're, they're not this, they just don't have the same kind of punch that they had before. So well, hopefully that kid will get an illness or something, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it'll come from a cat <laughs> but uh so then uh some comics because uh as you know brian i'm a huge comic book fan have been for decades now. oh yeah absolutely um, and uh so there's a few i wanted to mention one that just came out this week which was from marvel was called incoming and uh this was toted as like preparing for the next thing for Marvel as far as the new direction for this coming year. And, uh, the, one of the covers, which is the cover I got was, was done by Dustin Weaver. Who's a great artist. Um, had, it had that feel of countdown did for DC that kind of started infinite crisis. And the, and I loved infinite crisis. I thought that was great. And everything that led up to it was great. Um, so even the cover that was done by Dustin Weaver kind of had this, look, uh, a character dies and you don't know who it is and all the other heroes are standing around, uh, try, you know, puzzled and everything else. I got to tell you, this thing was the biggest train wreck in the world. Mm. Uh, 
the they build it up like, hey, you don't know who this character is. Well, guess what? By the end of the issue, I still don't know who the hell character was that was killed. Uh, it was this offshoot Cree character uh, that evidently appeared in some issue somewhere and was tied to the scrolls or the scroll character that he was partnered with. Um, they did the typical thing that they do for these kind of anthology stories uh, where it's just like they're really just trying to promote other series. And so you'll hear them mention Daredevil, and then also you see four or five pages of Daredevil being done by the Daredevil creative team. Mm. Um, and then they'll mention Nova. And there reaches a point in this story where they stop focusing on the murder that they were, that the story was about and just start going off on these weird tangents into whatever the other series were that they wanted to mention. And honestly, at the end of it, the only thing you even needed to know about it was that Hulkling, uh, the character Hulkling from, uh, Young Avengers and everything else is now the ruler of uh, the Kree and Skrull empires that have come together now. And it's going to launch into this story called Empire with a Y for instead of an I for Empire. That's going to start in April. Um, absolutely hated this Empire, issue. That would be my rap name, dude, if I was like a fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I was a rapper, I'd have like a gold chain that like had my name Empire with a Y and shit. Um. <laughs> I actually absolutely hated this. Dude, I would be spitting mad lyrics right now, fucking Ryan. <laughs> and you you would be Ryan with an I because it would be like different, right? right? And you, you would be my hype man. Right. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. No, but this thing took me three sittings to like get through it just because I kept putting it down going, I am not liking any part I of this hate, right now. I hate that. And honestly, Ryan, like there's, there's times, isn't it weird with comics when there's a time where it's like you have to read, there's times with comics where you have to read a book twice because you loved it so much. But then there's yeah. also those comics you have to read it twice because the first time around you didn't understand what the fuck was going on. Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It, yeah. And, and it's very rare that you read a comic the first time you don't know what's going on and you go back to, to it the second time and you're like, oh, I, I enjoyed it more. Um, sometimes but it, it happens, happen. but it's rare. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, now, a couple things that I, I absolutely loved and one was an absolute surprise for me was I've been reading the Tales from the Dark Multiverse from DC, uh, which were these... They're almost like what if, if you enjoyed the what if stuff from Marvel in the past. Uh, but these are like dark takes on these stories. So we have, uh, the three that I've read so far are Nightfall, Death of Superman, and Blackest Night. Hmm. And these take place in the dark multiverse, which is like the, it's almost like the upside down world of, of the DC universe. And, uh, these stories don't have happy endings. They're, they're not, uh, and I don't mean the cats kind of happy endings that we were talking about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, we have in Nightfall, you have Azrael, uh, d does not give up the Batman mantle. In fact, what he d ends up doing is he keeps Bruce Wayne, uh, prisoner and has removed his limbs from him. And he's just kind of like a head and a torso right now. Um, Ugh. yeah, cause he's trying to get him, he's trying to, yeah, he's trying to get like information from him and everything else. And, uh, he's taken over Gotham and he's just like, it's dark and twisted and it does not end in like, certain things happen to kind of uh, by some of the heroes that are still there in the, in Gotham, they're trying to take him down Azrael down. And they, you know, it, like I said, it just doesn't, 
end well. You think it's going to end with these heroes winning in the end, and they kind of do, but they also kind of lose in the end. So uh, Death of Superman is Lois gets combined with the Eradicator, uh, and she gets so she gets all the powers of Superman, basically, and she's so distraught and heartbroken over everything that happens that she kind of is like, why did Superman never do these things to kind of make the world a better place? And like in one of the scenes, she grabs, goes and grabs Luther out of LexCorp and just takes him up in the atmosphere and watches him burn in her hand. Oh, that's awesome. That's, this yeah. is like, that's like injustice shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, Blackest Night is like Sinestro doesn't give up part of the, uh, White Lantern ring, like he does in the actual Blackest Night storyline, keeps it for himself. And because of this, he gets kind of overrun and he's half dead and half, half alive. So he has a black, black, uh, core ring and a white ring. Um, and he has to use the source wall to try to bring everyone back. And he gets help from, uh, Mr. Miracle and, um, Lobo who can't die and, uh, uh, Dove who is like the, the spirit of order and everything else. So, and like I said, all of these stories, I thought this was going to be like a money grab type thing of like, mm-hmm. hey, I like these stories, but they're just kind of playing off that nostalgia of those stories. Yeah, I read these and I was, I read the first one of Nightfall. And I was like, I got to get the rest of these. Uh, they've also done Infinite Crisis and they've done uh, Judas Contract. And I haven't read those two yet, but I will be. I absolutely Tupperware these things because if you want a dark story from DC, which they don't do very often... And these are all one shots too, so you can pick up just one of them that you're interested in and check it out. So. They had they had a whole line called DC Dark, and they showed us Batman's penis. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should mention that, because <laughs> the last thing I wanted to mention is from that Black Label line, uh, which I think the Black Label line is is I have yet to be disappointed with anything that's come out of the Black Label. Oh, you loved it. You raved about that penis episode. Issue. Right. Absolutely. Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We, for weeks on end, I just kept getting – I kept getting dick pics of Batman's penis from Ryan. <laughs> I was like – finally, I was like, enough, dude. <laughs> I can't get enough, man. Um, so, so the one I wanted to talk about was uh, Harleen, uh, which is it's basically a, a retelling of the Harley Quinn storyline, uh, like how she she meets the Joker and falls in love with him, and why that happens. But it is in the Black Label line, so they don't have to pull any punches at all. And it, this is truly like I'm not a, the biggest Harley Quinn fan, but I do really like it when they examine like who she was as like a psychiatrist and everything. And that's what this three issue arc is all about is her. Like you get to see her in her thoughts, what she's going through, why she's doing some of the things that she's doing. Why is the Joker getting in her head? Um, and it's a very mental type series. Like it's very thought provoking. Uh, the art is all done. It's written and drawn by, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's uh Stepan uh, Sedgik. Oh, Stefan Sebjic. Or, yeah, I know, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. His art, it's like this painted type art style. It's freaking beautiful. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it, it, it really explores like the psyche of, of Harley Quinn and everything else. And like I said, I'm not the biggest Harley Quinn fan, but this one, I, I picked up the first issue, read it, and it, 
every time the next issue came out, it was like it moved to the top of my list. I had to read the next issue. And it's only a three-issue series, uh, and the last just came out recently. Okay, so it was a miniseries. Yeah, it was a miniseries. Yeah. So, Are you watching? um, Are are you you a DC Universe subscriber? I am. I have not started watching the Harley Quinn one yet. Uh Uh, I've I've heard mixed things with it, so I definitely want to check it out. Uh, But uh, I'm interested in, in, in seeing how that is and everything else. I am not looking forward to... Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, or just they should have just called it Harley Quinn. Uh, it just nothing in the trailer seems appealing to me with they, that one. They, I th- they blew it with the trailers. They really blew it with those trailers. Like, yeah. the, 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 I, I'm still gonna reserve judgment for when the movie comes out. Yeah, because I've they've done some screeners, and I've heard the screeners have gone over quite well, and it, and it, it's gonna get the R rating. Yeah, well, well like that's what good. happened with Suicide Squad, where the trailers were fucking fantastic. Yeah, fantastic, that's and the movie was shit. Were you yeah. gonna say fantabulous like the fucking? I, I thought I thought about <laughs> it. I know you did. I, 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 I if this motherfucker says fantabulous, I'm kicking him off the show. <laughs> I seriously considered it, but I stopped myself. I know. I heard it. I heard it. I'm watching. But, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so just to finish that off, so I would, uh, this is my favorite version that's ever been done of Harley Quinn and my favorite origin story of her that's ever been done. So I would highly recommend, uh, Tupperware the hell out of it every single day of the week. So very cool. Yeah. Um, DC Universe, I, uh, I've watched the first three episodes of the new Harley Quinn, um, animated series. And honestly, like the, the, the first one's funny, and the second one I, I wasn't a huge fan of. The third one I was like, "This is it's getting better." Like I'm 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 starting to to enjoy. It. I, there's five episodes out now. I haven't watched the last two, but the most disappointing thing about DC Universe is like the lack of new content and the fact that the fact that I get a fucking email from DC Universe yesterday that tells me stuff that's leaving the service by the end of the year. Are you oh, fucking wow. kidding me? Get the fuck. It's called DC Universe. And Keep yet, on there. yeah. And yet you have fucking movies leaving the service that are de- Superman two will not be available to watch on January 1st, 2020. What? That's honestly been my, that's honestly been my biggest disappointment with it. Also, like I love the new content that they've been making, and uh, I've enjoyed most of the most of the stuff that's come out through that. Um, but yeah, like comic wise, the digital comics that they have available, and like you said, the movies and stuff like that, they make everything like temporarily available. It's available yeah. for a few months, and then oh, it's going to go away. It's like. Just keep adding stuff. Leave it all there and just keep adding to it. Well, and then we get, we, we get one episode of Swamp Thing and yeah. then literally days later, they announced the cancellation of Swamp Thing. Yeah. I saw so, that I show was my DC Universe account and that show is amazing. I, I didn't, it, Ryan, I watched the first episode and once they announced the cancellation, I jumped off. Like what's, I, I didn't see any reason yeah. for me to go back. I, I watched it all the way through. Uh-huh. I loved it. I understood what happened as far as like budget <laughs> and all that type of stuff, but they needed to continue that show because that show was the best thing that they put out there. Well, you think with the budget, they might be able to con- afford it now that they're fucking not now that these, sh- that now that these movies they're saving space by getting rid of other stuff. <laughs> well, and they're licensing that shit out to other fucking services. Apparently it's not yeah, like yeah. Superman two is not going to be playing anywhere. They're, right. they're going to license it out somewhere else where you can watch it. I mean, 
Jesus, what the, the DC fuck? Universe thing was not well thought out. I felt like no. it was a rush thing to get out there before Disney Plus came out. Yeah. And the the other thing that I find very annoying with it is I can only watch it. I, I now have a, a Roku, but I didn't have a Roku there for a while. The only way I was able to watch it was on my phone because I have a Samsung Smart TV. They didn't make the app available for the Samsung Smart TV. Uh, my tablet was too outdated for me to be able to play it on there. Um, dude, and you just know, Ryan, you just got some janky ass electronics, dude. I know. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm fucking with you. Well, my Samsung t- TV was from last year. That's fucked <laughs> like, up. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, yeah, I hate that shit. I got, I, dude, Roku, am I right? Gotta love the Roku. Yeah. I'm oh, telling yeah. you. Dude, uh, Roku, you know, you know, you know what's great about Roku is all the free shit you get to watch on Roku. I, like, yeah. last night I was like, no cats. No cats on Roku. I watched, I watched on Roku last night. You remember that, you remember that it was back in the day when we were kids, they had like Tales from the Dark Side that would come on late oh, yeah. night. Do you remember Monsters? Yeah. All the, the, I don't know if it's all the seasons, but the first three seasons of Monsters are on fucking Roku channel for free. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. They're all on there. Fucking. Fucking, uh, I think like the first two seasons of Facts of Life were on there. I was watching Joe and Natalie and Tootie do all their bullshit <laughs> for free. <laughs> I was <laughs> Mrs. Get girls, girls. Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Remember Tootie with the fucking um, roller skates, roller skating all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God, Joe. Was Joe was a les- Joe fan? Was yeah. Joe was Joe a lesbian? Is it, or is that just? You know what I mean? No, she hooked up with the dude later on in the series. That was the whole relationship for a long time. Oh, oh, was she, was she with? Oh, hold on. I think they should have made her a lesbian, but they probably should have. They today probably, they would have. Today they would have. Today they would have. Um, was she was she dating um, George Clooney? Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Have you ever seen Return of the Killer Tomatoes or what, the sequel to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? No, I have not seen the sequel. I've seen the original, but it's. I think it's on uh, Tubi TV. Is it on Tubi? No, it might be on Crackle. George Clooney. George Clooney. Oh, wow. George Clooney stars in that one. <laughs> and it's. And you know who else stars in that one? John Aston. Yes, the adopted father oh, yeah. of Sean Aston, who was. The original Gomez from the Adams Family. Nah, 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 Raw Julia from the 1990s live action shit, people. And not that animated bullshit that just came out recently. Do you remember the game Fester's Quest and how shitty it was? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I remember playing Fester's Quest. It should have been called, should have been called Frustrator's Quest because I was frustrated as shit playing that game. <laughs> It was hard. None of, none of those games were any good. None of the Adams Family games were good. No, no. they were not. Do you remember playing the Three Stooges game? Did you ever play the Three Stooges game? Yes, I did play that game. <laughs> it was fun for like ten minutes, right? You know, what game was really good, uh, surprisingly good, was the Ducktales game. Ooh, it was. It was <laughs> Ducktales and the Ch- <laughs> and the Chippendales Rescue Rangers game was fantastic. Yes, yes. 
Oh my god, those are fucking great games. I would play the shit out of those. They should put, they should add video games to Disney Plus and you could play all those old games. Oh my, Ryan, you're blowing my goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you're blowing my goddamn mind. They can add that in those impossible Super NES Star Wars games. What was it with Monterey? Yeah, those are difficult. Oh god, the Star Wars, <laughs> the, 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 the Super Nintendo Star Wars games? Yeah, those were impossible. Tough as fuck. Oh, I finished him. Oh, Dan, you're a master Jedi, dude. I never doubted you, though. <laughs> Guys, I saw Little Women. And not the new a, one. The new one, not the. Yeah, not the. I, <laughs> nah, yeah, I know. We could we could go down a whole porn rabbit hole with Little Women, couldn't we, guys? I mean, really, we we really. I have never seen any iteration of Little Women. I've never read the book. I've never watched any of the movies. I had but no. You never watched the Winona Ryder one. Never, never. Wow. Little, I, like seriously, going into this thing, I thought it had to do with like pin particles and or Rick Moranis. <laughs> Like, I had no idea what Little Women was about. It follows the lives of four sisters, Amy, Joe, Beth, and Meg, as they come of age in America in the aftermath of the Civil War. Though all very different from each other, the March sisters stand by each other through difficult and changing times. Little Women is uh written and directed by Greta Gerwig. I'm a huge fan of Greta Gerwig. I think she's fantastic. I loved Lady Bird. Um, this is the eighth film adaptation of the 1868 novel of the same name by Louisa May Alcott. Uh, the film stars Saoirse Ronan. Yes, that's how you pronounce her name, everybody. Saoirse. <laughs> I know it's spelled S-A-O-I-R-S-E, and everybody's wanting to say Say or see, sour shirt. No, it's, uh, horseradish. No, it's fucking Sersha. <laughs> Her name's uh, fucking Sersha. Irish people and their weird consonants and all that other shit going on. Sersha Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eli- is it Pooh or Pugh? I don't want to, <laughs> both are shitty. <laughs> yeah, it's, is it Florence Pooh? Or is it? Yeah. It's poo. <laughs> it's poo. It's totally poo. Yeah, let's go with poo. All right, Florence Poo. <laughs> so, Eliza Scanlon. Eliza Scanlon. She was in. Um, she was in uh, the uh, Amy Adams uh, HBO uh, Sharp Objects. She was really good. Laura Dern. Timothy Chalamet. He's got one of those fucking little. Things floating above that E in his last name. He's, he's, you ever notice that? Yeah, he's got one of those accents floating above his name. It's not Timothy, like we would spell it here, like T I M O T H Y. It's T I M O T H E E. And then he's got like one of those little fucking floaty accents above one of the E's. He all fancy with his shit. <laughs> Timothy. Right. Timothy. How do you, do you say it differently? Neil? Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Whoa! Racist. (laughs) 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 Tracy Letts, Bob Odenkirk, James Norton, Lewis Garrell, Chris Cooper, and Meryl Streep. Yeah, so this is Greta Gerwig. 
She's teaming back up with Sir Ronan and Timothy Chalamet, both from Lady Bird. I saw this one in 3D. I'm kidding. Like, like, why? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> why, why would they show little women in 3D? Special effects were amazing. Oh my god! When that, when that, oh my god! When that carriage came into town, I thought it was going to land in my lap. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could I could smell Florence's poo from my seat. <laughs> I was I was sitting in C six. <laughs> I honestly guys, I I don't I did I didn't know nothing about this. I didn't know nothing about little women. Never seen the Winota Rider movie. I knew nothing about little women. Had no idea about I just, it was one of those things growing up, I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't have to watch it. And so I didn't, it was called Little Women. And I was, I, I mean, I was, I was one of those, I was a boy. I was a, I was a boy and I was, but I never watched. And, and, and you know what? I, so I watched this movie and I'm like, I don't know. I, I didn't know what I was going to think about it. And then I'm like, and then I'm like thinking to myself, like, okay. So Lori, Lori likes Joe. But Beth has always loved Lori, but Joe doesn't like Lori. Sounds great. Sounds great. Keep going. That's the best review ever. <laughs> what's that? What's that? What's, what's that one song? Um, what's that I one? Song? By, I think it's by Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> the, the, the great Jennifer. No, like, 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 um, she likes somebody else, but you just can't win. You know what I'm talking about? That one song. Yeah, the one in the uh, love stinks. <laughs> yeah, love stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's this movie. Um, it stinks. <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. Like, I. I loved this movie. I, 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 I did. I loved it. Like I, the time period's interesting. Like it's the, like, yeah, the aftermath of the civil war. So, but it's all, it's all like, it's all like not the civil war stuff that like, that like bothers us white people. You know what I mean? Like the whole slavery thing. You know what I mean? Like this, it's all, it's all, it's all the, it's all this, it's all like the drama about the civil war. That's like not, Dealing with like the whole enslavement of an entire race, right? You know, it's just, it's about, yeah, it's about pretty girls and dresses and white people problems. So like, that's the movie that I watched here, but I, I honestly, like, I, I really loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I was, I was kind of like wrapped up. I thought Sir Sharona did a great job. The only part of this movie that was really weird for me is when the dad showed up and it was Bob Odenkirk. I was like, this is, I was like, couldn't like, I love, I love Bob Odenkirk, but could you not cast somebody else? You know what I mean? That's less alarming. Cause like, cause like, he kind of takes you out of the movie. Cause like you're, you're getting ready for him to do something silly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah it was just like, you know, kind of like, like back when, uh, when, uh, what, Dan Aykroyd was in, uh, Driving Miss Daisy, right? It's like, oh, that's yeah. it. Well. We, we, oh, why him? <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did a great job in that movie. I'm not going to lie, 
But it was like, at the time, it was like, why him? Can you just, you know what I mean? I don't know. And so they had Bob Odenkirk show up in this fucking movie. I, I liked it, man. There was like a lot of this whole like, oh my God, is, who's going to end up with who? <laughs> and I was, I, you know, it was a lot of that. And, you know, it, and, um, and then you got the sick sister. She's sick. You know, you got a sick sister. She's dying. Like, what's going to happen with her? You know, she gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) There's two ways that, there's two ways that story can go. There's two ways that story can go. She can get better or she can die, right? Right. And so there's that TV or something. Oh, what's that? Did she have TB? Like, did she have tuberculosis or something like that? One of those sort of. They never really parents. narrowed it down. They talked about scarlet fever for a while. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, they talked she about. She cared sc- about little kids and went and got scarlet fever from the little kids she was caring about. I uh, see. That never even happened in the movie. She just. Got I guess sc- that was Claire Danes in the Renault Ryder version. Claire Danes was in that shit. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm gonna she have to watch that. Sick. You know what show I that that fucking what was that what was that teenage show she was in? Oh, uh, my, my so called life. life. Yeah, my so called life. I like I was dating a girl at the time, and and she was like, I love I love this show, and she was going on and on about it, and Jared Leto was just going on and on about it, and I, I was like, I fuck that show, fuck it, I'm never gonna watch it. Ah. <laughs> And then here I am. I'm, I'm saying like it's like my mid twenties, and it like it's on something. They're showing it on some bullshit network. I don't know, fucking ABC Family, or I don't know what the fuck it was on. Something. So I start watching it from episode one, and I was like, "Holy fuck! I really like this show." <laughs> <laughs> and I started to watch my so-called life, and then and then I remembered. This is one of those shows that got canceled after season one. No. Yeah. It was a Freaks and Geeks thing, Dan, where they canceled one of the greatest shows of all time after season one. (laughs) My so-called life was one of the greatest shows ever. Dan, Dan, it was one of the greatest fucking 90s, 90s teen dramas. 90s teen dramas. It was, it was, it was canceled way before its time. Like this, it should have gone on much longer. It should have gone on much longer. I'm not saying it's one of the greatest TV shows of all time, but as far as putting it in a '90s fucking like capsule, time capsule. Mm-hmm. Yes, sirree, Bob. You bet your fucking ass. <laughs> well, they just go and watch Reality Bites, which is kind oh. of a continuation of that. Yeah, Reality Bites. Who who was in uh, is, uh, Reality Bites? Was that was that an Ethan Hawke? Thing. Yeah, and Ben Stiller. Yeah, what what, what one was uh, Matt Dillon in? Oh, was Matt Dillon in the? He, I feel like Matt. What happened to Matt Dillon? <laughs> I feel like that needs to be like like that. That needs to be like a fucking. That needs to be a podcast. What happened to Matt Dillon? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the most amazing tangent. Stream of consciousness I ever witnessed. Matt, Matt, he was he was huge. Remember, well, there's something about yeah. Mary. Oh, well, there's something about Matt Dillon that nobody cares about anymore. Apparently, because like he's not in anything anymore. Well, he's still doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, like like straight to video, right? Yeah, it looks like it. Like Proxima Nimic. Oh, 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 Nimic. those classics. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I remember. Well, it doesn't like, look like he's done anything good in a while. Oh, Wild Things. Oh that my God, movie. I I I fucking jerked it to that movie for two straight <laughs> months. Jesus Christ, Denise Richards. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Wild Things. Ah. Uh, so, what do you rate Little Women then? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna bring it all the way back around. Nice job, man. <laughs> I uh I'm gonna give this a Tupperware. I, I loved it. I thought it, I thought Greta Gerwig did a great job directing this movie. I thought Saoirse Ronan's performance was amazing. Chris Cooper was fucking great in this movie. Uh Timothy Chalamet. I, I love him as an actor, but I his character just drove me nuts throughout this entire movie. Did not like his character. Just a very story? Huh? He played Laurie? Yeah, he played Laurie. Yeah, that's a shit character. Yeah, he's a dickhead. Wasn't it? Yeah. Was not a fan of Laurie in this one. Fuck Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Dillon. Wow. What happened to Matt Dillon? <laughs> Last thing Matt Dillon did was Wayward Pines. Did you watch that? I did. My dad was obsessed with Wayward Pines, and I was like, I, I. I, they turned me down when I tried to, I tried to rent an apartment there and they turned me down and, oh, he's like, no, it's a series, Brian. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it doesn't, Wayward Pines. I'm staying at Wayward Pines. I'm in apartment 3C. Um, no. But- <laughs> Sounds like an old folks home. It does. Come to Wayward Pines. That's like, and you hear like this soft music behind it and it's like, where do you want to drop your parents off at when you don't want to take care of them anymore? You know, like drop them off at Wayward Pines. We'll take care of them. And then you got Ben Stiller there. That was another, Matt, there's something about Mary where he played the old guy. <laughs> but no, that was the happy, that was an Adam Sandler movie, right? No. <laughs> It was uh, Ben Stiller. He played um, the private detective from Something About Mary. Yeah, he was in yeah. Something About Mary, but he also played like the guy that ran like the old folks home. And he's like, arts and crafts time has been extended by yeah, three hours today. That was did, ben you know Stiller. That, did you know he was with Cameron Diaz for like three years after that? Ben Stiller? No, uh, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon was dating Cameron Diaz? Those are the yeah. teeth. For like three years. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Did you ever watch the Ben Stiller show when it was on Fox? No. <gasps> Some of it. Oh, my, it's one of the best sketch comedy shows of all time. It was Ben Stiller. This is before. Hold on. This is Ben Stiller, Andy Dick, Janine Garofalo, and Bob Odenkirk. Like, this is before Mr. Show. Like, this show. Just the best sketch show, comedy show ever. Yeah, Mr. Show is amazing. But, like, this is before Mr. Show. This was, like, yeah. 92, 93 is, like, when this came out. I have, like, the whole season on DVD, and it is fucking amazing. He does um some amazing impressions. He does... uh He does uh, a John McClane, a Bruce Willis <laughs> impression that is fucking dead on and then his bono is amazing he sings like that song one but he sings it like he's doing a lucky charms commercial <laughs> and he's like he's, he's bono and he's like one bowl one box 
and he calls it Lucky Clovers. It's amazing. You got to watch it. It's so good. It's amazing sketch comedy. He does. Oh my God. Bob Odenkirk is in a, in a fucking sketch where they do it like it's Lassie. Like you've got Timmy the boy and he's got like, you know, like Lassie who's like leading, you know, uh, him to the well so they can find Mr. Petrie and shit who's fallen down that thing or that thing for, oh yeah, Timmy's fallen down the well and Lassie's got to go find Mr. Petrie and get Timmy rescued from the well for the fifth time this week. Like that, they do that whole kind of like setup, but instead of Timmy owning a dog named Lassie, he's got his own pet, Charles Manson. <laughs> and you know how Charles Manson would talk like weird and say weird shit. So like, yeah. Tra- yeah. So it's Bob Odenkirk as Charles Manson. He's like, I'm in your head. I'm getting all witchy and shit. And he'd, he'd, he'd say all this weird shit, and Timmy would be like, Oh, you're trying to tell you know, like you're trying to tell me that you know somebody's hurt down by the creek. You know, like it was amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's fucking great. Yeah, Ben Stiller show. Oh my god, check it out, people. I saw Spies in Disguise today, guys. How was that? (laughs) You know when we talk about stuff and we're, and, and, and we give it like that, like, uh, that, like, when we, before we rated it and we talk about something and we say it was just fine. Oh yeah. This is the literal fucking like this this is the <laughs> this is the definition of just fine. Like it this is the new animated movie. It's super spy Lance Sterling and scientist Walter Beckett are almost exact opposites. Lance is smooth, suave, and debonair. Walter is not. Hey, oh my god. You know what word I've never been called? Debonair. Have you guys ever been has anyone ever referred to you guys as debonair? Fuck no. No, I usually get uh, just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, after you die, people showing up to your funeral and talking about how debonair you were? I'm going to pay somebody, like, before I die (laughs) to show up to my funeral and talk about how debonair I was. I'll, I'll take that money. I'll dude, that. I, dude, I'm, I'm fucking, I'll, I'll Venmo you now, you son of a bitch. Like, like <laughs> what do you take? Cat, you take Sezzle or the Cash App? I'm, I'm sending you my, I want people to talk about how debonair I was, you know, at the post, post hummus. Is that? <laughs> How do you say, how do you say that? How do you say, posthumous, posthumous is like when, what we dip you in. Yeah. Like that's when you shouldn't eat it. Like you're going to get sick. That's not hummus. That's posthumous. Yeah. Don't eat that. It's going to, you're going to get sick. Guys, I am seriously like a half a 12 pack in right now. So honestly, I don't think I, I don't even think it's the 12 pack. I just don't think I know how to say that word on. So post it's posthumous. 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 Yeah. Oh my shit. I should have asked you about Matt Dillon. I think you would have known. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, this is a, this is about, it's, uh, it's fucking, it's Will Smith. He's a spy. He turns into a goddamn pigeon. And, uh. <laughs> you don't really need to say more than that. <laughs> wow. That's the next thing you saw. <laughs> Tom Holland's in the movie. Uh, 
Oh yeah. Rashida Jones, Ben Mendelssohn's the villain. Reba McIntyre's <laughs> in this one. Rachel Brosnahan, Karen Gillan. Yeah. I don't know. This movie was just fine. I, I, I you know, like when you go to a Pixar movie, you know, you know what Disney Pixar does to adults and children? It makes us feel something. It makes us feel something. Like it makes us like, you know, you go to a Toy Story movie, you go to a fuck, you go to Moana, you go to fucking Wally, go to these <laughs> movies, you feel something. You know, you feel sad. Something makes it feel sad. Pokes it. This is just, hey, a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pigeon spy, right? I mean, what are you getting out of this? What are you getting out of this? Man? It was fun. It was fine. It, like, I, I left this kind of just like, yeah. I was, I saw this in 3D because I, I love seeing animated movies in 3D. I just think it, I think it's a blast. And I was like, ah, I'm going to go see this. It's got like a 70% something on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics are, uh, for the most part, enjoying it. It's a fine movie. And the, and the kids in my theater were enjoying it. Um, kids in my theater, trailers, they were laughing at the Sonic trailer, loving the Sonic trailer. Couldn't Did it look better? Eh, it looked, yeah, the, it looked, I mean, the, Sonic, the representation of the character looks better. The movie doesn't look better, but like, <laughs> like they were, they were loving the, you know what I mean? They were laughing. They were laughing at all the stuff and, 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 and that's what the movie's made for. And I, I, it, you know, sometimes we, as adults, we got to get to the point where we're just like, this is not made for us. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's made for the kids. Like with the new Thundercats cartoon, I mean, it looks like nothing that I would ever watch. But on the flip side, it's like, when's the last Thundercats thing that we ever got? It was like back in 2011, 2012, and that show only lasted two seasons, got canceled. I'm going to raise my hand and say that I loved it. I absolutely. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I think in many ways it was, it was superior to the original for me, um, watching it. I think, yeah. um, but, but it only lasted two seasons. And I felt like if we don't get something else, Thundercats, people are going to forget about it. So you got to get like, I think like right now, like, you know, you got to get the, the younger kids to love that shit. It's not for us. It's not for me. It's for the right. younger kids. But, um, this Spies in Disguise was fine. There, there, you, I don't know. It, it was okay. I, there's, um, you've got Tom Holland's character who plays like this, um, young inventor at this, uh, you know, um, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, he, he, Will Smith's playing like a James Bond type character. And, um, you've got, uh, Tom Holland's character who's like inventing the gadgets that the, that the Will Smith spy is going to be using. And he wants to invent gadgets that are friendly as opposed to like, they'll still stop the villain, but they're not going to kill the villain. It's not like bombs that will kill the villains and things like that. It's like, you know, he's got this one bomb that goes off. It's a glitter bomb, but the glitter forms, you know, the, a cat. You see like a kittens because people love kittens and it's supposed to put people in a good mood and get our serotonin levels up. And you get that kind of stuff. He, he, he invents this one. <laughs> he invents this one like bomb that's called 50 shades of yay. And I, I, that was funny. That was funny. It's like this rainbow bomb that goes off. I, I, I thought it was a fine movie. This is not Disney Pixar. This is not Disney Pixar. Um, I'll, I'll give it a taste. It. It's nothing that I will 
ever watch again. If a sequel came out, I would not watch it. I was hoping by the end of the movie that they would reveal that Will Smith's character, which looks very much like Will Smith, I was hoping that they would reveal at the end of this movie that they have given him a new job and he's going to be joining the Men in Black and then (laughs) they would have done like a whole like, you know what what I mean, like a crossover with Tom Holland's character in this movie and do like a whole Men in Black sequel in an animated form. That did not happen. But um, (laughs) yeah, uh, taste it on this one. He's a there's a little bit of an adult humor in this one. Like, they, oh my God, there's a part where he's talking about like the anatomy of a pigeon and how they poop and pee out of the same place. <laughs> okay. I, I was like, well, All Dan, right. Dan, I didn't know that. I didn't, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, you know, Dan, like if you ever are on a game show, you, you can, that'll, and they ask that, Random question. <laughs> the more you know. You know what I'm saying? Okay, sure. <laughs> this film sounds great. Dan, I'm telling you, I watch the movie so you don't have to. I, I appreciate that very much. I wanted to throw out there to everybody that 2019... I went back and I looked at all the movies that I watched on my AMC app, and then I went through my Fandango app, and just those two apps combined, I went to the theater 127 times. Whoa! Shit! And I would also like to point out that that does not include the times that I went to the art theater. So I have seen over 130 films this year, and I do it all because of you. (laughs) You save us. I do it all for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the fucking Neil's over here giving cats a Tupperware, telling people to go watch that shit. <laughs> you should. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Oh, I fucking love it, Neil. I fucking love it. Um, let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna get to the pop culture. We are. Di- this this episode is loosey goosey as fuck, isn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it's looser than Lindsay Lohan in the late 90s, you know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. Break time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. How old was she in the late 90s? I feel bad now. She was in her teens, man. 12. (laughs) Okay, that sounds about right. All right, guys, let's take a break. (laughs) We'll We'll be right back. back uh we're gonna be jumping into the news but uh ryan you gotta take off man yeah yeah uh, i have been having a blast i uh don't um don't want to leave but yeah i gotta get going uh but man this has been an absolute great time i have laughed my ass off i have had a lot of fun with you guys uh i'm looking forward to 
coming out again next year, hopefully maybe even before that at some point. So it was um, it w- it was the Lindsay Lohan comment. He's like, how? <laughs> it was really cats. It, I just like I couldn't stick around for that. It destroyed your brain, didn't how, it? It just blew my mind. How yeah. dare you enjoy cats and besmirch the name of Lindsay Lohan on the same episode? I I, I can't do it. I got to get out of here. He's like, and I think the Matt Dillon thing's bothering you too. You got to figure out what that guy's been up to. Research, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. do some research. I'll come back and I'll let you know what's going on with with him and his life i'll reach out to him so please do please do uh, hey ryan where can people find you so uh i have uh the star joe's podcast uh you just go to starjoes.com and uh you can find the podcast we are actually as of january 5th uh we have been doing the show for 10 years wow congratulations wow. man congratulations dude and uh, what I'm actually planning on doing this year, I, I thought about trying to do a special episode for it or something like that. And instead, I was like, you know, 10 years of doing a show, I don't want to just condense it down to one episode. So the plan is that this year we're going to be kind of uh, doing a lot of our uh, greatest hits types of shows. So we're going to do uh, we do the animated G.I. Joe episodes where we go back and rewatch old G.I. Joe cartoons through adult eyes, which is always fun. Uh, we're going to do some movie episodes. We're going to do some comic book reviews and things like that. But throughout the year, whenever possible, I'm going to have uh, listeners come on with us and uh, do those episodes with us. So because, uh, as you know, Brian, from doing podcasts, uh, if it wasn't for the listeners, uh, a lot of times you wouldn't still be doing the show. That's true. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I want to kind of get the listeners involved throughout this whole year as much as possible. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to just get the bring the listeners on they can talk about the show and they can, we can do an episode together and everything else. I think it's going to be a, it should be a very interesting, fun year. We're also stop talking about doing uh, a meetup to watch Top Gun two. Oh shit. Um, Top Gun Maverick. Oh my, that fucking, that second trailer that came out gave me goddamn okay. chills, gave yes. me chills. So the plan is that if everyone's, if every, if, some people are talking about coming into town into the Cleveland area, which is uh, where I'm at, uh, and that we will watch the first movie together. We'll go see the second movie, and then we will do an episode, a uh, reaction episode afterwards. So so that should be a good time. I'm going to do nice. a whole fucking – I'm going to do a video of me and some of the listeners shirtless, and we're going to be hanging with the boys. We're going to be playing <laughs> – <laughs> Me, Dan West, Neil, we're all just going to be shirtless and, and fucking hanging with the boys playing some volleyball. And we're going to do a whole, a whole music video hanging with the boys. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Neil off to the side fucking watching cats. <laughs> I'm definitely going to need a bikini for that one. Oh, man. A, a furry bikini. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but, uh, but yeah, Brian, we'll definitely have you on. Uh, I know there's some movie episodes I'd love to have you on. And, uh, as well as I know we, we talked about also doing some, uh, cartoon episodes. Like, uh, I, I totally stealing this from comic geek speak. I heard them do it and I was like, Oh, this would be perfect for our show. Uh, where we're going to do your top five favorite cartoons that you, uh, watched as, or discovered as a child and mm-hmm. your top five that you discovered as an adult. Um, I think that could be a lot of fun. So we're going to do things like that through the years. Uh, another thing is, uh, what movies from the 1980s should have had a sequel. So I know there's a lot of movies that did have sequels, but which ones should have <laughs> had sequels. And then what movies from the eighties 
should have a remake. Uh, I know there's a lot of times we go, oh, that should never be remade. This should never be remade. But I do think there's some movies out there that could actually benefit from having a remake done today. So, right. What do uh, you, what do you think of the Ghostbusters, uh, afterlife trailer? I'm curious. I am very excited. So I am a huge Ghostbusters fan. Yeah. Um, uh, it is probably my third favorite movie property behind Star Wars and Indiana Jones. So, uh, I am pumped about it. I am okay with the fact that we did not see the uh, original cast yet. Um, I, I heard a lot of people complaining saying, Oh, I didn't really feel a whole lot of humor in it. And I was like, I am not concerned about that at all. Cause that will be there. And I like the fact that it has a creepy vibe to it because the original Ghostbusters has some creepy moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I could not be more excited. I actually found out one thing too in that's in the trailer uh, that I was like, wow, I didn't even notice that, but I love how it ties to the original movie is that the arch that's over the, uh, driveway to the mine, it says, uh, Shandor mine, uh, or mining, which Shandor was Evo Shandor who built the building that Dana lived in. Huh. Uh, so, and in the prison scene, when they're going over the architecture and everything else in the original Ghostbusters, he, uh, Egon talks about the, I can't remember the name of, I think it's pure selenium or something like that, some type of metal that the building was made out of. So the thought is that that mine is where they were getting the metal to build the building. Hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's like, and they talked about in the original movie how there was bizarre rituals that were done. So I just have a feeling like all oh, this is going to wrap back to the original movie. Uh, I love the people that are talking about how it's, it looks like it's just Stranger Things with the Ghostbusters name attached to it. And I'm like, that's because it's got the Stranger Things actor in it. And I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but the Stranger, but Stranger Things took things from Ghostbusters. So yeah. is it, so I'm like, it's to say, well, it's just Stranger Things with Ghostbusters. I'm like, well, then Stranger Things is just Ghostbusters with a different name on it. So I mean, like, I don't know. I, I don't have that problem with it. I am, it is my most anticipated movie of 2020 right now. So, wow. Yeah. I, 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 I thought the trailer was, I, I think I like the trailer more as I keep watching it, to be quite honest yeah, with you. Like, for sure. The more that I keep watching it, the more that I enjoy it. Like the whole Paul Rudd being like a Ghostbusters kind of fanboy is yeah. kind of fun. And like Carrie Coons in the movie. I love her. I think she's fantastic. I loved her in Fargo. I loved her in fucking the leftovers. And I just think she's amazing. So, yeah. I wonder if there'll be a twist with Paul Rudd's character too. Like if he'll be somehow tied to Shandor. Um, and that that's why he's in that town. Huh? So I don't know. It's just a theory that thrown out there. Yeah. That was a twist. So, yeah, fucking uh, ghost, but I hope it's good, man. I hope it's yeah, good. I, hope I do it, too. I hope it's fantastic because I, you know, it's one of those things where, like, after you know the the last film, I was, oh yeah, you know, I <laughs> I uh, I was looking forward. I, I honestly, I was looking forward to it because I, I think the they're talented comedians, and I was let down by the movie. Um, I was the same way. I I was very excited about. It, I had no problem with it being all female cast. Yeah, I was actually yeah. kind of excited by the casting and everything else. Uh, but, and there's elements in it that are very Ghostbusters to me. Uh, but they're few and far between. Uh, I've said it on my show. My biggest problem with that movie is, uh, the fact that, uh, in order to have these quote unquote strong female characters, you had to make every male in the movie an idiot. 
Um, I was totally fine with Chris Hemsworth character being a moron. I thought he yeah. was actually kind of funny like that. But then when you start looking at all the male characters are all idiots, I'm like, it's the whole, your hero is only as good as their villains. So if you actually want to have r- this really strong Ghostbusters team, you need to make all the other characters in it, um, viable threats or viable people that are trying to solve the problem and everything else. And then when they can't do it and this team of this new team of Ghostbusters can solve the problem, it makes them that much better. But when you make everyone around them complete morons, it doesn't elevate them at all. So, yeah, so, so and I love Paul Feig, but I don't like him taking over an I, you know, like a a, a big IP like this. Yeah, it, yeah. you know, I, I like him doing just like his original stuff. So, but yeah. R- Ryan, thank you so much for joining us this episode. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. You have a great night, man. You do the same. All right. Peace. Take care, man. All right. Let's see here. Pop, pop culture leftovers. <laughs> News. Uh, did you want to get into Bombshell or Aeronauts first? Oh my god, I totally, I didn't even, I didn't even, yeah, I saw Bombshell. I, I didn't watch Aeronauts. Did you watch it? Unfortunately, yeah. Oh my god, so Aeronauts, this is the, uh, it's the Felicity Jones and then the, it's Felicity, yeah, yeah it's Felicity Jones and the, the weird guy from the Harry Potter, the, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the I, I didn't watch it. Did you, so I, yeah, I still haven't watched it. It's, it's a hot air balloon fucking movie. Yeah, it's, it's a very melodramatic retelling of events that happened with the hot air balloon. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's high drama. It is, oh god. Uh, I, I couldn't help but, the, it was a boring movie. I tossed it. It was, it was not good. Uh, the one thing I couldn't stop noticing was how similar Felicity Jones and what's his name's mouths looked the same. Like they have the <laughs> same weird, like protruding British mouth that Dan, I know you don't have, but oh, thanks. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, Dan, you, you, your Dan, you, you dodged that <laughs> bullet. What do you mean, your people? You people. <laughs> you have the weird mouths sometimes. And they both have it, and it's, it's, it's weird looking when they're together. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> what, what a strange fucking thing to think about. <laughs> I couldn't, like, like, first time they're in screen. Oh, wait, hey, like, what's wow. gonna, what's, Dan, what's really gonna fuck you up is when he Tupperware's this movie. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just wait for it, man. <laughs> you know, if they've been dressed like cats, I might, but they were not, and so I don't. Fucking <laughs> 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 weird mouths. <laughs> they have that, they both, you know who I'm talking about, they have those weird protruding mouths. <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Oh my God. weird protruding ass mouth of his. Yeah, so it's a possible for me. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie, for making me watch it. Not even watching it yourself. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I threw that in the list that I was. I never watched it. <laughs> Don't. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, I did see. I did see Bombshell. What do you think? It's uh, this is the new uh, Jay Roach movie. Uh, star Charlize Theron, uh, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, uh, John Lithgow. It's, uh, based on the true story about the women that take on Fox News head Roger Ailes in the, uh, toxic atmosphere. 
he presided over at the network, uh, over there at, uh, Fox's. I, dude, I, 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 I thought that there were some great performances in this. I thought Charlize yeah. Theron was fantastic. I, I actually enjoyed the movie quite a bit, to be quite honest right. with you. I, I liked it a lot. I'll, I'll actually give it, um, I would watch this again. I'll give it a fucking Tupperware. I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was very similar to Vice. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as it being like the annual, you know, catering to my type of people. Um, and, and I thought the performances were great. Um, and I, th- I thought Kate McKinnon was really, really good in it, as well as all the other names you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really fun movie. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll high taste it. It was, it was really enjoyable for me. Uh, I can see where people who maybe don't think as similarly to me as others might not enjoy it as much, but I, I, I really had a good time with it. Yeah, I liked it too. You dropped the bomb on me. <laughs> Baby. I love that song, dude. That song, you know what I mean? That song's dope as shit, isn't it? Like, how can you be in, like, you're in a bad mood and somebody plays that song? You dropped the bomb on me. Baby. Like, uh, you, you're totally like, like, it don't, it don't matter what's going on in your life. If somebody starts playing that shit, you're just like, oh my, yeah, let's do this. And you're, you're just, you're just like, you're busting a move, aren't you, Neil? Mm-hmm. In that moment. Multiple moves. Yeah, multiple moves. Yeah. Like a fucking, like a combo, like, like Street Fighter, <laughs> like a Street Fighter combo. <laughs> I will bust out a Street Fighter combo to that. I know. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. You know what I'm talking about then? Oh. You have no, you never, hold on, you never heard that song? I don't think so. Shut the fuck up. Hold on. I gotta play this shit. I gotta, uh, I gotta fuck it. Band. Uh, what? Gap band. It says, <laughs> you dropped the bomb on me. What's it? I gotta look this up. You, you dropped the bomb on me. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I gotta play this shit. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, the gap band. No, video player after this ad. We gotta go through this ad. <laughs> Make a wish foundation. These kids are dying. Get a new Subaru. And make a wish can receive two hundred and fifty. There you go. A Buy a Subaru, save a kid's life. There you go. They're gonna die anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Dan, listen to this. Listen to this. Oh Dan! Are you feeling it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, Dan. Are you getting funky, motherfucker? I actually am. I am dancing in my chair. <laughs> yeah, they brought some funk on that. That was good. But I've never heard it in my entire life. Dan, I just dropped a bomb on your fucking ass. You, I can't believe you've never heard that song. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my god, Dan, get into it, man. Get into the funk. Uh, you know what I mean? Jesus Christ. Oh my god, Dan, I have opened up a whole new world for you. <laughs> I'm surprised I've never heard that you're, before. No shit. You're, you're like fucking Aladdin and that fucking Jasmine chick on that fucking flying carpet and I opened up a whole goddamn new world. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being so happy you gotta sing a song? You know what I mean? <laughs> Can you imagine being so happy about something you start singing a song? Like a song, like you just, like a song just comes to you. Like you're, so, like you're on a picnic with somebody and you really like them. And then you just start singing a song about how happy you are with them. <laughs> <laughs> do you, like I, like it turns out really great in the movies. Do you think like in real life it would turn out that good, or do you think like no? Do you think it would be like a scene from Elf where he starts trying to sing to his dad? Oh, Dan, I can't believe nobody's ever dropped a bomb on Dan. Neil, no. <laughs> Dan is bombless. Oh my god, <laughs> that is a Dan. I'm, seriously, as soon as we end the episode, you gotta. I just want you to listen to that on a loop for like ten hours. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Listen to it while you fall asleep at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what? Isn't that? Isn't that what the U.S. does to like terrorists? <laughs> they just play like the same song over and over again. Yeah, no, uh, Eminem, I think, was the thing that they used to use oh, wow. on a regular basis. Damn, that's a that's a funky ass song that you got to inject into your goddamn life, sir. Oh, I will. Mm-hmm. I dropped a bomb on Dan, baby. <laughs> I dropped a bomb on Dan. Woo, yeah. That's what I, that's what I did. <laughs> fuck, you know, I don't, fuck this episode. I mean, like, <laughs> does it really matter anymore? You know what I mean? That's yeah, I think it has just become three guys boozing on Skype. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's the end of the year. Uh, we'll get back to the regular bullshit, you know what I mean. Hey, uh, Marvel News, fuck the regular news. There's some news that came out this week, but it's stupid. We're getting a Jackass 4. I'm happy about it. Woo! I'm happy yeah. about it. Do you, how many of them do you think will die whilst filming it? Because they're not as young as they used to be. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my I, I, I think... I I would not be surprised to see some broken hips happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, I think right. <laughs> Steve-O will die before they even film the thing. <laughs> it's like, I'm 37 now, and I can't take a bump like I used to. I know that for oh, a fact. Yeah. So these guys are what? In getting into their 50s? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. early 50s? Late, yeah, Oof. I think at least, like, mid-40s, like, creeping up on 50. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> not going to end well. Oh my god. I, Jack, I, I don't know, man. I fucking, I love Jackass 3. I went into the theater and I saw it in 3D. I went, yeah. I heard the 3D was great for that. It was actually really good, dude. It was good. I, I, that, did you see like the dildo flying through the air towards you in 3D, that one? No, that was actually like when I got home. That was actually in my bedroom. That was a completely <laughs> separate thing. Hold on. True story. Um, had an ex-girlfriend. Totally kinky, loved all that kind of shit. So like she wanted me to buy a dildo and it was going to be part of the whole like bedroom routine. But like, here's the thing. When you're buying a dildo, it's like a weird <laughs> thing for a guy. And I don't know, like, 
for me at the time, it was like, I didn't want to buy one that was bigger than me. <laughs> like the rabbit or something. So it was, it was like, it was a weird thing as I'm there. And it's like, I always, I bought one, I bought one that had like the, the balls attached to it, which I, I always like, what is it? I, I never understood the point of like, the balls being actually attached to the dildo, like, like what, what purpose does that serve? Like, and you know what I mean? It's not like, I don't know. <laughs> Cushioning for when you sit on it, maybe. I don't know. I, I guess, I guess if like, if like they're like, we, we're going to do this for the authenticity, you know what I mean? Like that's, I get it as far as like, we're not going to compromise the authenticity of the sexual acts that are going on in the uh, bedrooms of uh, the people that buy our products. Then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to attach some balls to the shaft. But like, I, I, I never got that. Like, I just, like, you just need a dick. Like, you know what I mean? You just need a fucking cock. But that was one of those things where it was like, when I went to the store, the adult store to buy it, I was like, I am not buying one that's bigger than me. That is no, I am not. Cause you know what I mean? Cause the, 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 I was kind of like, what if she really likes the bigger one? And I can't do that. You know what I mean? And so it was like, it was like, is our whole relationship going to be me using this thing? <laughs> You're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Exactly. Like, you know, like fucking I've been banging her with fucking, you know, uh, Frodo's little sting blade. And then all of a sudden, like, here comes Excalibur, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jackass 4. Oh, yeah, Jackass 4. That's a, I heard Matt Dillon's gonna be in that one. Uh, you guys ever been to an adult store? You ever bought, ever had to buy anything at the adult store? Ever done that? Ever bought? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Old. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day when it wasn't free on the internet, sure. Exactly. Yeah, now you can do everything on the internet. It's all on the internet. Yeah. And obviously, you know, when you were kids, you had to like find it in the woods or some shit. <laughs> oh, I know. It's so true. It's so true. Oh, oh kids don't know how good they've got it these days. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, man. Deadpool 3 news, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> are, 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 we, are we still doing the show? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I really don't know anymore. Uh, Ryan Reynolds confirms Deadpool 3 at Marvel Studios. This news comes from comicbook.com. On Christmas Eve, Reynolds appeared on live with Kelly and Ryan. Are you guys watching live with Kelly and Ryan? Is this part of no. your, what the, who the no. fuck? Who is, who's Kelly and Ryan? I have no idea who these people are. Yeah, you got me. Kelly and Ryan. I bet they're white. When they, when I first met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Such disdain in your voice. <laughs> there, there's, there's your diversity, America. Kelly and Ryan. <laughs> Give me a fucking Kelly and Ryan. <laughs> oh, God. Kelly oh. and Ryan. Um, 
and uh, <laughs> and Ryan, Killing Ryan. Not not Ryan Reynolds though. It's not like Ryan Reynolds is the host of this show. It's a different Ryan. This is confusing. There's two Ryans. Ryan Reynolds was appearing on Live with Kelly and Ryan. It's not as bad as Chris's, but yeah. Well, what's going on with Chris's man? Like Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Chris <gasps> Chris Ryan, Pratt, Pratt. Yeah, Chris Kringle. <laughs> Bringing it back to Christmas. Uh, We're done with. Yeah. Oh, Christmas. I, did you guys avoid the Christmas songs this year? Were you guys yeah. able to avoid all that shit? Tried to. You know what? You know what Dan avoided all of his life. <laughs> somebody, somebody dropping a bomb on him. Jesus Christ, Dan! How, how did you? How did you get through thirty-seven years with nobody dropping a bomb? You dropped a bomb on Dan. Finally, I mean, like seriously, like how did that happen? I don't know. It just wasn't a big hit over here. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Damn. I don't think it was a big hit over here either. Oh, <laughs> so how the fuck do you guys know it then? Dude, that song, no, that song, that was, that's what we played during Christmas. <laughs> Mom would make like, you know, the gingerbread, we'd start building the gingerbread house and then we'd, you drop a bomb on me. You know, we drop a gingerbread bomb on the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Ryan, yeah, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is confirming that people are going to hate this episode, aren't they? This is, this is going to go down as a bad one, isn't it? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, wait. I tried to listen, but they they kept getting sidetracked and uh, talking about Matt Dillon and and uh, and and, uh, and uh, bombs and and um, uh, dildos and dildos and <laughs> you know, the, the recent dildo purchases. I was just not just <laughs> one star. Yeah, fuck you. I think it started off well. <laughs> soon as soon as Ryan left, Ryan left like, yeah. yeah. Soon as no, so it's like it all went to shit after Ryan left. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like some really good points about Ghostbusters and you guys talked about the trailer and yeah. then the bomb came in and the dildos and <laughs> I think I honestly I think it's this alcohol. Here's the thing, I've been like I honestly I think it's like I've been on a lot of supplements lately. I've been like taking a lot of supplements. Like I'm worried about like you know, you ever like like uh, as we get older, like I'm so, I'm like starting to worry about like my body deteriorate deteriorating. That's a weird word to say when you're drunk. Deteriorating. <laughs> um, I'm worried about my body deteriorating. I've I've actually um I I've been having like uh, tendonitis in my joints and stuff like that from overusing them. So I started to take all like all these supplements, and then like I started to read about more supplements, and I'm just I'm just like like supplementing the fuck out of myself. Like right now, I'm taking like. I, I swear, like seventy-two supplements. I don't. I think I'm Jesus. just. I think I'm destroying my liver. Like my, <laughs> like, 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 it's fucked up. Like I, like I literally today bought four more supplements. I'm like, oh, I need, I need that. <laughs> I, bu- I, I bought. I think you only need one, possibly, which is like a multivit. I have no. I take that in the morning. I got. I got the whole fucking multivitamin. But I'm also taking like a vitamin C. I'm taking glucosamine chondroitin. I'm taking fish oil. I'm taking turmeric. I'm taking biotin. I'm taking fucking Jesus. this. I know, dude. No, like I. I'm like not even a six through like all the fucking supplements that I'm taking. It's ridiculous. Seriously. Like my fucking, 
like my, it looks like a pharmacy around here. Like seriously, <laughs> there's a guy right now who's fucking like wearing like a white coat and he's like separating pills right now and putting them into like a white bag and stapling a receipt on top of them. Oh my God. My fucking living room is a Walgreens. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I am taking, I am taking so many supplements right now. It's Deadpool three. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is on Ryan and Kelly. He was on Ryan and Kelly. He said, um, he was like, uh, talking about, and he told the two hosts that the whole team was working on Deadpool 3. Not only that, but the film was being brought to life over at Marvel. Uh, quote, yeah, we're working on it right now with the whole team. Uh, we're over at Marvel now, which is like the big leagues all of a sudden. It's kind of crazy. So yeah, we're working on it. Uh, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that Disney would find some way to work more Deadpool movies, regardless of how they fit or didn't fit with the MCU. Until Joker arrived this year, Deadpool and Deadpool 2 were the highest grossing R-rated movies in box office history, each making more than $780 million around the globe. There's no way Disney would ever pass up on that kind of mass appeal. Uh, Rob Liefeld, the comic writer and artist credited with creating Deadpool, recently said that Disney making more movies with the character was inevitable, no matter what plans the company has for Marvel. Quote, you know, I just hope they can get it together. Liefeld told Variety, fans want it. Fans want to see it. The whole thing about Deadpool is that culture moved so fast now, and two years ago it feels like 20 there were two R-rated movies and they were rated, they were rated R movies that made, uh, 1.2 billion. And yes, I looked at those and counted them up. He's real proud of himself for doing some homework I there. I wish he would just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Liefeld, he, yeah, he created the character and all, but he needs to just go away. Stop talking and learn yeah. to draw feet. <laughs> and stop drawing pouches. Pouches. Less pouches. I like the fact that he's actually leaned into that joke. He created a character. Yes. He created yes. a character called the pouch, and it was a character yeah. made 100% of pouches. And I like that. Yeah. But he, he's not talking when he does that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lot better, you know, not talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool three, uh, Neil. This has got to be. Is this is this good news to you? That it's, oh yeah. What do you think? Are do you think that they're going to keep with Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick? Bring those guys in to do this movie? I don't see why they wouldn't. What about David? Uh, is it David Leitch, the director of I the last film? I could see him coming back, but I could also see them wanting to have three completely different tones for each movie mm-hmm. or as many movies as they make, make bring in a different director every time. I know David Leitch has, has come out and said he wants to do Deadpool three. Um, but I, I would not be opposed to them bringing in somebody just to give it a completely, completely different tone. Uh, that would be really in keeping with the character and what Ryan Reynolds has shepherded, this character into being on the big screen. Oh my God. What do you, what do you, what do you, what are the chances it'll never happen? But I just thought, of uh, Taika, zero Taika Waititi. Taika. Oh my God. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking of as well. Taika Waititi. That would be wonderful. Thor Ragnarok director doing my favorite Marvel movie is Thor Ragnarok. There you go. Like what, what are the chances of them just saying, ah, Taika, here you go. Here's, yeah. here's the keys to Deadpool. 
I would love that. Uh, I, I did like Deadpool 2. I like David Leitch's, uh, uh, direction, but I, I would, I would actually really like them to change to Taika Waititi just to bump up the humor even more. Mm-hmm. Because that is, that is the kind of the core of the character is the humor. You know, it's the juxtaposition of this super violent character who's absolutely hilarious. All right. Let me throw, hey, let me throw this out to you. Taika Waititi. James Gunn doing Deadpool. What TD? What TD? Oh my god! I thought you guys were Jawas. What TD? I, I didn't know what was going. What <laughs> <laughs> TD? I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, no, I I agree. I would go with my TD if 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 like if you could choose, and that makes sense to me. That would be fantastic to see yeah. Ryan Reynolds working with uh, Taika. That would be fantastic. I think that they could do a a crazy CGI character too. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Have Taika in there as like a a CG character himself. Like, you know, like, like a Korg or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. That he's done. Right. I mean, Ryan Reynolds did Juggernaut in Deadpool too. Mm hmm. But like, so I, (laughs) I just thought of this. Maybe like have two CGI characters. That's Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds. Just battling their their mouths off against each other. I think that'd be hilarious. Can I blow your mind one more time? I would like. Uh, why did I say like Sammy Davis Jr. Now? I don't. <laughs> Can I blow your mind? One? I have a glass eyeball. Um, hold on. Like, <laughs> sorry. Can I blow your mind one more time? Um, Tycho. What was that? Oh, that was my phone. Taika Waititi played Ryan Reynolds' best friend mm. in Green Lantern. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 It would make <laughs> sense. Like, those, they have a working relationship already. You know what I mean? I like, think they've actually come out on Twitter and said that they want to work together again. That would be, and this would be, this would be great. This would be great. Taika Waititi being the director of Deadpool 3. What happened? What happened to Ricky at the end of Deadpool Two? I've forgotten. Uh, Julian Dennison's character walked off with them. Okay, so he's still in it. Yeah, yeah, he, he was part of the team. And yeah, then Taika would Taika Waititi fucking directed uh, Hunt for the Wilder yeah. People. Yeah. yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, get a you know familiar director in and familiar cast and. Ryan Reynolds and Taika as friends. That'd be fucking amazing. Taking nothing away from David Leitch's job. No, no. Ah, fuck you. Fuck you. Ah, go make another John Wick, David. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I, yeah, David Leitch does great action, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if they centered it more on the comedy and less on the action, I think that could make a really good, different Deadpool story that could be really entertaining to watch. Yeah. Speaking of Deadpools, who's going to die first, Betty White or mm, Kirk Douglas? Hopefully, Kirk Douglas. <laughs> who's going to like Kirk Douglas? He's a hundred and fucking three. Can you believe it? Hundred and fucking three, and this motherfucker's still around. Oh my God, I mean, hundred fucking three years old. What made you think of that? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm just How curious. do you know he's 103? I do. I can't, I keep track of it every fucking year, Dan. I'm not even fucking kidding you. <laughs> I can't believe that fucking Spartacus is still fucking alive, dude. Fucking, he is still 103 fucking years old. I think his birthday's like December 16th or some shit. And, uh, uh what was it? December 16th, 1916. He was born in 1916. Wow. December 9th. December 9th? Yeah. December 9th of 19... He's a hundred and fucking three. It's insane. That is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Oof. Oh. I don't think Michael Douglas is going to make it to 103. Hell no. Hell no. Oh, my God. 103. Can you imagine living a hundred and... Oh my god. I wonder what supplements he takes. Maybe oh. you could help him. <laughs> Probably not fishing. Dude, I'm taking, dude, I'm taking, dude, I'm taking all those fucking Michael Douglas, those Kirk Douglas supplements. All those Kirk Douglas supplements. Oh my god. He's gotta be taking, the only thing he's fucking taking at 103 is Viagra. I swear, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my, I, I, that thing. Oh my, can you imagine what that thing looks like now at 103? Stop, seriously. God damn it. What does that thing look like at 103? Uh, looks like I don't know. Fucking looks like, you know, I, I want to think like it looks like, it's probably got the consistency of like a marshmallow. <laughs> and you can like grab it and it'll like, and like it'll like you'll have your handprint on it for a while. Like it'll, you know what I mean? But then it'll yeah, eventually yeah, like, expand. Like a, like a memory, like a memory foam. Memory foam. <laughs> He's got like a memory foam Kirk Douglas dick. And like you do that and like it, it'll stay there for a while, but it'll eventually come back to the, its original shape. Yeah. Well, like, like that, them, them pin machines that we used to have when we were kids that like Judge Reinhold used in a uh, vice versa. Like you push, you push your face into it. Yeah. And you like leave an impression of your face right yeah oh, i know exactly what you're talking about dude yeah i used to go to the fu- we all did that shit and how many people fucking like you'd go to the fucking radio shack or whatever the fuck are the what was it the spencer's gifts and they had those fucking things and you'd put your face in there how many motherfuckers put their face in there before you did yeah and what the fuck were they for uh, yeah, who's because? right exactly like who's always existed just because back in the day Oh my god. Yeah, so much stupid shit that people bought back in the day. Spencer's Gifts is just full of stupid shit. Do you, you don't probably have Spencer's Gifts over there in England, do ya? No, never heard of it. Is it not one of those stores that's been shut down? Is it not a chain that's when been you shut walk, down? No, of course. When you walk into Spencer's Gifts, all you hear is, You dropped the bomb on me. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's the only song they play, so of course you don't have it over there. It's Dan never heard the goddamn song. But like... <laughs> <laughs> Spencer's Gifts is like one of those shows they just sell like stupid novelty shit and then they also have like those those fucking like what were those fucking balls that you touched and you saw like the electricity oh the Tesla balls is that what they're called Tesla balls yeah I wish dude can you imagine if your fucking real balls did that shit (laughs) (laughs) I can but I'm not going to Dude, a lot more people probably would have touched them. 
<laughs> you know what like, I mean? You could imagine like like the dildo with the balls, but each ball would be a little test of ball. There you go. <laughs> You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like the people that work there don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck that you're there, but you're like so self-conscious about like fucking being there. Ooh. Oh, you mean like in an adult store? Yeah, when you're in an adult fucking store. I don't know how it is over there in England. I know like you guys are supposed to be like all fucking more like free with your sexuality and shit. I don't know. Wait, people... England? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I thought repression was like the English thing. Is well, that, in Victorian times, yeah, historically, most definitely. But, but we've been part of, we were part of Europe for a very, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different you know. conversation, Dan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, European influence is in obviously the 60s and stuff. It definitely loosened some people up, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know more about that, listen to the fucking Startcast I did. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a pretty picture. Yeah, everybody, uh, listen to Startcast with Joe Start. I gotta have Joe back on. I love Joe. Joe's a good guy. Yeah. Good people. I like Joe. Yeah. Oh, it would have been fucked up if you would have said, fuck Joe. I would have, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right in the ear. I was nearly there. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing. News. <laughs> Doing Marvel news, but oh, you know. I got this. I got this from uprocks.com, and it's about a plot hole from Avengers Endgame. And yeah. whoa, what was that? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Hold on. Let me let me throw this out there. It's from one of the writers of the film. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a plot hole that was brought up by one of the writers from the film. So it's not like one of those fucking articles from Up Rocks where they're like, a huge plot hole from a good <laughs> game has never been explained. We're here to tell you about it. This is a fucking plot hole that was brought up by one of the fucking writers of the film. So, so it's not from We Got This Covered. It's not from We Got This Covered. They, you know what okay. I mean? This is completely, this is from one of the writers of the film. And so it's not like we can sit here and argue like, is this really a plot hole or and this is fucking it's a plot hole that's being recognized by one of the film's writer uh, in a uh, interview with Slash Film Endgame co-writer Christopher Marcus confessed to a plot hole during one of the movie's most action packed scenes. Quote, there was certainly a debate at one point. Because particularly in Ragnarok, it, estab- it establishes that Thor can summon the lightning without the hammer. I think Odin even says it was never the hammer. And yet Cap summons the lightning with the hammer, he said. Uh, you get to those things and you're like, it's too awesome not to do it. We'll talk about it later. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, Cap was able to summon the lightning, but it does, that's not a power that's, that's uh that that comes with uh Mjolnir. Yes it is. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking right, it doesn't know shit. He <laughs> says it on the hammer. Whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. It says it on the fucking it's in the terms and conditions yeah. of the hammer. Thor has the power of Thor. The hammer also can let you have the power of Thor. Fucking right, it doesn't know shit. Fire that guy. What a cunt. 
Oh my god! <laughs> you, you hold on, like I'd never even thought about it that way. But you guys are right. This fucking guy's an idiot. Yeah, he is. Yeah, what that guy. We dropped a bomb on him, <laughs> baby. We dropped a bomb on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've given up being professional. I'm done. I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm not meeting myself anymore. What? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna. We'll wrap this up real quick. I don't. I, I can't I, say that now. I don't. I. I don't know how much longer I can go. This is. I, I, this is probably the worst episode I've ever recorded. It's. It's. It, it, no, seriously. It's the end of the year. I'm just being. I'm being loosey goosey. I don't care. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it. It's like, yeah, it feels like it's like the last day of class and shit. You know what I mean? The teachers know that you don't give a fuck anymore. You know, it's the last day of class and it's, it's like summer vacation's about to start and I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> DC news. Uh, but it, Wonder Woman 1984 is the most anticipated film for 2020, according to a poll. This comes from Dark Horizons. A new Fandango poll of its users has revealed that Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 uh, has emerged as the most anticipated film coming in 2019. So a Fandango poll. A lot of people mm -hmm. on Fandango buying the movies. They see this poll. They vote in the poll. 19, Wonder Woman 1984 is the most anticipated film coming in 20, uh, uh, coming in 2020. Why did they put 2019? I copied and pasted. 2020. They're looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984. Never saw that poll. Yeah, I didn't either. No. They obviously haven't read the uh, screeners or seen the trailer because it's fucking terrible. Dan, have you read the spoilers yet? Uh, I listened to you guys talk about them. <laughs> it sounds really bad. Oh, man. I'm really super worried about this movie. Um, yeah, super worried. Um, it's uh, – let's see here. It's Wonder Woman 1984 is right above Black Widow in second. Eternals in third. Um, and then we've got Mulan, No Time to Die, A Quiet Place 2, Birds of Prey, In the Heights, Soul, and Fast and Furious 9. Um, the poll from IMDb two weeks ago had Birds of Prey at the top spot. Fuck, this, this is fucked up. This, this, this doesn't make sense. The Birds of Prey is in the top spot for IMDb, followed by Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I could bullshit on that. What? And then Top Gun Maverick, No Time to Die, Black Widow, uh, Black Widow, Milan, Wonder Woman 1984, Dune, The King's Man, and then Fast and Furious 9. Like, kind of, I don't know, so weird that you would get, uh, first off, like, in the Fantango poll, nothing for Top Gun Maverick. Um... 
I understand Wonder Woman 1984 coming in first, but like in the IMDb one, fucking Sonic the Hedgehog? Are you fucking kidding me? Number two? Yeah. Rap. And then Birds of, <laughs> and then Birds of Prey over Wonder Woman 1984, which Dan, I know you're not a fan of Wonder Woman 1984, but even you would have to understand with the reception of that movie that I would happen to think that people would be more excited for the sequel of that movie than fucking Birds of Prey. Oh yeah, definitely, man. I was, you know, I didn't like it. A couple of other people didn't like it, but most people, especially in the army, they fucking love that film. And most people did. We are definitely the outliers on that. So yeah, it makes total sense that this film is number one, 100%, but not not Birds of Prey and definitely not fucking (laughs) Sonic the Hedgehog. What the fuck? Sonic the fucking Hedgehog is number two in the IMDb poll? It makes no sense (laughs) to me. Above, above, above fucking No Time to Die. Which is a Bond movie above Black Widow. Dune! Above Dune, above Top Gun Maverick. Have you seen the cast list for Dune? Yeah, it's insane. It's an insane cast. Oscar Isaac is in that one? Yeah. Oh, Dune. (laughs) You sound excited. (laughs) I am very excited. Well, it's, it's, it's fucking, it's, 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 uh, Denis Villeneuve and, uh, fucking, uh, Roger Deakins. As yeah. a cinematographer, like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, those are two fucking hard hitting fucking I mean, creators. Dune is up there with my favorite book series of, of all time. Yeah. Are they, are they, do you know if they're looking to do like a, like a trilogy or a series or something? You know, they're the doing fucking massive. They're doing this movie, but they're also doing a TV show, which is, Neil, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe the TV show that they're doing is also going to be a part of this movie. I believe they're doing the movie as like the, the as the book like Dune, and then they're going to the t- do the TV show as all the subsequent books. Mm. Uh, because there, I think there's six that Frank Herbert wrote, and then there's about twenty others that his son co-wrote with uh, Brian A. Anderson, I believe his name is the who did a bunch of Star Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. That they're going to focus on the original novel as the movie, and then they're going to expound upon that with the series. The writer of that book, Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. Okay, first off, the name Herbert. I want to like throw. <laughs> hold on, I want to throw out major props to any woman that has ever lived throughout history and has had to fuck a Herbert and say, oh, my God, oh, God, oh, Herbert, oh, you're... That's his last name. No, but, like, guys that have the first name of Herbert. (laughs) I want to throw... Seriously, serious props to any woman that has fucking gotten an orgasm from a guy named Herbert and then during sex said, oh, Herbert, oh, Herbert. Serious props. very drying to me. No, he was fucking <laughs> wetting the shit out of the. He was. The, those vaginas were very wet in those moments, Neil. I think we killed Dan. <laughs> Seriously, that's not a that's not a fucking name to be saying out loud during sex, right? Oh Herbert, right? Oh Herbert, oh Gilbert, thank you, Gilbert, for this <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> Oh, Gilbert, you're so good. Oh, Herbert. 
Oh, thank you, Sheldon. Oh, <laughs> thank you for this amazing orgasm. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, apologies to anyone named Herbert out there. Oh, Oh, Herbert, I've never come so hard. Herbert. (laughs) (laughs) Herbert. Wonder Woman, 1984. Are you seriously fucking worried about guys named Herbert getting upset about this show? Oh, no. I'm really worried about that one-star review from fucking Herbert. No, I don't. Don't care. worry about Herbert. He's given five star orgasms. Jesus Christ. You guys, he's doing it. <laughs> fucking nine inch dick Herbert over there. Fucking just <laughs> laying pipe like a motherfucker every night. <laughs> Herbert and his huge fucking dick. Anyway. <laughs> What'd you guys think about the Mandalorian season finale? Did you, what? What'd you, what'd you guys say? Hey, hey, Neil, you watching The Mandalorian? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, I, I, I love the fact that Taika Waititi directed that last episode and we got to see some really fun banter between stormtroopers. Yeah. The scout troopers in the beginning and the, the, the joke of them not being able to hit the can or whatever the fuck <laughs> they yeah. shoot at. <laughs> brilliant. Like they're both shooting the, this thing, and they neither one of them can hit it. <laughs> it's amazing. And it was Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally. And like, I, yeah. if you're a fan of SNL, of course you know Jason Sudeikis. If you if you love horrible bosses, you know Jason Sudeikis. Adam Pally might be the guy that you don't know. And like, I I on the flip side, I'm a huge fan of Adam Pally. I loved him in the series Happy Endings, which is one of the best shows of all time, in my opinion. It's a great sitcom. It was. Canceled way too soon, in my opinion, after three seasons. Uh, but he also played uh, the cameraman in Iron Man 3. And then even in the most recent season of uh, Crank Yankers that came back, the revival for Crank Yankers, he did an episode in Crank Yankers. But I love Adam Powell. The, uh, did you, did go you ahead. see him on Conan where he dressed up as Daredevil? <laughs> no. <laughs> he wore the Daredevil, like, Netflix costume. <laughs> On to, I, I think it was Conan. It yeah. was fucking hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I fucking love Adam Pally. He's so fucking so funny. funny. Yeah. Um, Dan, what'd you think about, dude, get into the Mando. Get into the Mando. Uh, it was f- fucking fantastic from the beginning to the end. Episode one all through to episode eight. It was fucking fantastic. Yeah. It was, it was Star Wars. Mm, and yeah. after the uh, big disappointment that I personally had with uh, The Rise of Skywalker, this show was just, it's kept my love of Star Wars alive. Yeah, and yeah. Perfect. it gave me hope and that I know that there are people out there that can do their fucking job and do something. John Favreau. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, Deborah Chow. Mm-hmm. Just, just fucking, they all just killed it. Taika Waititi killed it. It's, uh, it, it's a joy to joy to watch, and I loved every goddamn second of it, every fucking second, especially those last two episodes. Neil, what Neil, what did you think? About, did you see um, the Rise of Skywalker? Yes. What'd you think? Uh, Dan and I had a brief conversation about this a while ago, mm-hmm. um, but 
for me, it committed the worst sin of any movie, and that's that it made me feel indifferent towards mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was fine in mm. a lot of parts. Yeah. And I yeah. thought it was not fine in a lot of parts, but overall I just didn't care. Yeah. And that is really disappointing to me. Um, I, I was never invested in, uh, those characters in that movie. I, I love them in force awakens. And I thought the last Jedi did some really brave and bold things with them. And right. then, I think I've said this before, but I, I don't trust J.J. Abrams to continue or end anything, yeah. and he proved me right, I think. It's yeah. just my personal opinion, obviously, but yeah. I, I, I don't think he was the right person to close it out. Um, I thought he was. Gr- I thought he did a great job with Force Awakens sure. and getting us all back into Star Wars, but... I, I don't think he's a closer. He He's an ideas guy uh, to start something, but not to finish it. Yeah, I agree. I, like One of my biggest problems with The Rise of Skywalker was the fact that, like, and, and, and this is something The Mandalorian has done so well. Like, The Mandalorian has, like, what original Star Wars did is, like, George Lucas was such a fan of, of like the things that he grew up on. Mm-hmm. He was a fan of Buck Rogers. He was a They're fan all of serials. Yeah. Yeah. He was a fan of, um, uh, Sergio Leone's once upon a time in the West. Um, he was a fan of the Akira Kurosawa films and he pulled from all of those stories and he incorporated that into his movies. And, mm-hmm. um, that's what John Favreau has done in The Mandalorian. He's pulled from yes. some of those spaghetti westerns. He's pulled from, you know, um, Lone Wolf and Cub and the samurai stories. And what J.J. Abrams pulled from in The Rise of Skywalker was more Star Wars. Right. He just pulled from Star Wars. And like, I, which, which I think at the end of the day pleased a lot of fans. And at the end yeah. of the day, which is, it's, it gave me the taste it rating. And cause I liked mm-hmm. it. Cause it, yeah, he pulled from Star Wars. There were Star Wars things going on. But on the flip side, it's like Lucas pulled from like real, real stuff here, you know? Like, right. yeah, like, and as John Favreau's doing the same thing. It's like a love letter to like the old samurai movies, the old samurai manga comics, like Lone Wolf and Cub. And right. Yeah. But set in the Star Wars universe. Exactly. Kind of adapting that, that, that style and that, that I- idealism of those, of those other properties rather than right. just kind of in this self-perpetuating loop that we've gotten with the new movies. Dude, it's like J.J. Yeah. Abrams gave us 10 pounds of Star Wars in the five pound bag. Like, like you right. know what I mean? Like that, that, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's expanding on stuff that we've seen throughout the films. So, you know, he's bringing in the Mandalorian culture and stuff like that, things mm-hmm. that we haven't had explained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's just making it, he's making it a richer universe, which is what I've said since the very fucking beginning, which is you can do, that's why I like The Last Jedi, because mm-hmm. you can, I just want new stories in the Star Wars universe. That's what I want. It's not fucking difficult. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why I loved playing um, Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMORPG. Yeah. Was that you get to, like, just immerse yourself in this universe and do a storyline that 
has never that you've never seen before. You just get to like go live in this world and and go do something different. That's why I love the Last Jedi because it's set in the Star Wars world, but it's different. It's it's not doing the same goddamn thing over and over again. And Rise of Skywalker just it didn't do it for me. Yeah, uh, I, I can get why people love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I don't. I, <laughs> I, I, Brian, you should really watch that video I sent you about the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score. Basically, yeah. to, to long story short, when Rise of Skywalker got to eighty six percent, it stopped moving, mm. and it went from four thousand something reviews to 60,000-something reviews, hmm. and it didn't fucking move one goddamn point up or down. How? Exactly. It's it's bullshit, man. They're fixing the score. That's what's happening. Yeah, the video that that's fucked you, up. The video I sent you was from a lady who had um, uh, someone on Fiverr or something scrape the reviews, she called it. Some sort of, I don't know, some sort of hacking term. I don't know. Uh-huh. But, um, and they found that, like, all of the, all of the reviews that are written, they're all, like, written with some sort of a, like a, like an algorithm. So all these same names turn up, like, the name, like, Greg turns up, like, a hundred and something times, and they just change the last letter of the name. And fucking Herbert. All the written reviews just have, like, great end to the saga or I love the end to the saga I love this saga just and it just real quick sh- bullshit yeah it's just like it is gross wow. what they've done it's fucking terrible man and that's one of the reasons why I will never again give a shit about Rotten Tomatoes score ever because it's all crap and the guy that is now the president of I think it's Fandango who own Rotten Tomatoes yeah. used to be an, a Disney executive Huh. So he went in there like a year ago or two years ago or something, and now there's obviously some sort of a business arrangement going on where they're not letting the score drop for fans. They're they're fixing the scores now. It's yeah, it's fucked yeah, up. That's awful. Wow. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna definitely check that out. I got to look into that because like if that's a thing, I want to know about that and see the proof. That's crazy. Yeah, I've she never does- been a big Rotten Tom- Tomatoes fan. I, I just never have paid attention to it, but no, you were going to say tomatoes then. <laughs> I, I almost did. Yeah, you, you got me. <laughs> oh my but god! Yeah, no. yeah. Neil, you've been saying tomatoes your whole life. You hang out with a Brit for five minutes, and now you're saying it tomatoes. Happens, man. I'm an actor. We do mimicky things. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> I don't know. Tomatoes just sounds more like you know what I mean. It sounds more prestigious. Like yeah, I'm, it does. It I sounds eat, more debonair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it totally sounds more debonair. Oh my god, you garage. you tomato, you tomato eating debonair son of a bitch. You. Um, but yeah, you, you'll love that video because it's it's got a like a time lapse uh-huh. of the score and how many of the reviews are coming in, uh-huh. and you see the critic score go up and down, and then you, and that fucking audience score never moves, not once. That is fucked. Up, it's fucking yep. rigged. Jesus it Christ! Rigged. Um, it's like everything, Mandalorian season two has been confirmed. Of course, it's in Woo! production now. Woo-hoo! It'll arrive on Disney uh, Plus in fall of 2020. 
Uh, Favreau made the announcement on his Twitter, uh, mere hours after the Taiki, Taika Watiti directed for a season finale hit the Disney Plus streaming service, uh, to some of the show's best reviews yet. Said tweet also included a Gamorrean guard figurine hinting the characters could return for the new season. Here's my big question about that because could it be? I mean, here's the thing. With the Gamorrean guards, I'm thinking like, is it gonna, are they, are they teasing? What are they really teasing? Are they teasing that we're gonna get, are we gonna go back to Jabba's palace? Are they teasing that we're gonna see another hut? Are they teasing, or are they teasing the fact that a Gamorrean guard character will be a big part of season two and we might actually be endeared to a Gamorrean guard. There might be a Gamorrean guard that, you know, like this season, he teams up with Cara Dune. He teams up with, uh, Grief Carta. He, he teams up with an IG droid. Could he team up with a Gamorrean guard in the next series, in the next season, excuse me, and hang out with uh, one of these fucking green pig looking motherfuckers in season two? Like, oh man. Bring it fucking on. Let's see it. Yeah, I'd rather have him team up with a Gamorrean than go back to Jabba or back to the well of any kind. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think like, I think like, I think like most people when they see that Gamorrean guard that he posted are going to think like, oh, we're going to go back to Jabba's palace. Uh, we might, there's a, there's a new hut that's in charge. That's what we're going to get. I think it would be more interesting for us to be introduced to a Gamorrean guard character that we're kind of endeared to, a character that will team yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, that will team up with me with the with the Mandalorian. Like, yeah, let's find out about where they're from. What's their yeah. history? You know, where's this character's come from? Let's mm-hmm. find out that shit, just like they did with Mando himself. Right. Exactly. You know, expand the universe. I also yeah. want to find out what the hell happened to the armorer. Because right? yes. that scene was fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, she's a badass, <laughs> dude. Tongs and beating the fuck out of everybody. Oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> Smashing the stormtroopers' faces in. It was so good. So good. Ah, oh, that was so good. Oh my yeah, god. I, also, I just, I again, just, what was it? Yeah, just like she's. I didn't realize that the Mandalorian culture. She's a matriarch, man. You know, she's mm-hmm. like this. This. this Badass woman that's in charge of all those guys, and she's incredibly revered. And she fucking kicked the crap out of about eight stormtroopers with a hammer and a pair of tongs. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's so it, because of their, you know, because of the Mandalorian culture, they're all fucking warriors. Of course, she's gonna kick the fuck out of them. It was mm-hmm. so good just sitting there, like what meditating as they surround her and then it just kicks off and did you hear did you hear the electric guitar coming in that bit of the yes, score it was yes, like, I did. like metal music coming in i was like this so is good. awesome the um uh today i wanted to i wanted to read this before i forgot i read um a passage from the star wars book star wars legends republic commando triple zero and I don't know if this is canon or not, but like this really kind of spoke to me. The quote that I read from this talking about Mandalorians says Mandalorians are surprisingly unconcerned with biological lineage. Their definition of offspring or parent is more by relationship than birth. Adoption is extremely common 
and it's not unusual for soldiers to take war orphans as their sons or daughters if they impress them with their aggression and tenacity. Hmm. And yeah, I felt that, like... That, that's foundlings. That's the well, foundlings. And I, I feel like that's what we saw in this season. So I, I think that that's a really... I don't know if it's canon or not, but like I thought that that was really interesting about the Mandalorians and about the that's relationship a- between Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian, and not only yeah. the Mandalorian, but, but not only that, but like the Mandalorian himself, uh, Darren Jin, which we find out that that was his confirmed name. That was kind of like a Pedro Pascal thing that he kind of like, um, leaked earlier in an interview weeks ago that his name was Darren Jin and it was confirmed in this episode. But like Darren Jin was like, he was a foundling. Right? Yeah, I it's mean, a very South Pacific way of looking at family too. It, it's not all about the blood relation. It, it's about the relationship that you build between people. Yeah. No matter what blood relation you are, if you care about somebody, they're your cousin. It's, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a thing. It's an olive garden way to look at fucking family. <laughs> You know what I, mean? I did like the scene a lot where uh, Pedro Pascal revealed himself to IG-11. Did you? I, thought- I Part of me was like, I, I understand that, like, it – part of me want, did not want us to see his face. But on the flip side, yeah. I understand what that scene meant. And I, I, I want to hear from you, Neil. I do. Part of me understand what that scene meant. Like, this guy has had, like, his issues with droids, of course. Super battle droids landed on that planet, killed his parents, and he's had his problems with trusting droids. And so, like, this is one of those moments where, like, you know, he takes off the helmet and, like, the droid IG-11 saves his life with, like, that Bacta liquid. Um And, and it's not just that he took off the helmet. It's that he let somebody else take off the helmet. Yeah. And the whole explanation of, well, I'm not alive. So you don't have to worry about it. Right. That really like worked for me. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me was just like, I don't want to see his face. Like it's so cool that he's so mysterious, you know, like I was thinking to myself, like, like, yeah, like we could, yeah, the cast photo. Exactly. Um, the cast photo is just like still him with the fucking helmet on. And like, here's the thing. It's like, I kept thinking to myself, like, they could have done that scene and maybe I'm pissing and moaning about something that I shouldn't be pissing and moaning about, but like they could have done that scene and then like they could have showed it from an angle where we just saw the back of his head. Yeah, that would be fine. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Brian, on that one. I wasn't, cause I don't think we ever really needed to see his face at all. Yeah. So I would have actually really enjoyed like, you know, just like seeing like a shot from over the shoulder. And yeah. just looking at IG, uh, IG 11, that'd be great. But I was very happy when IG brought him round the corner, uh, back to everybody else that he, had he helmet, had back, his on. helmet back on. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's awesome. You know, yeah. I mean, so- for me, it didn't matter that we saw his face. It's the fact that he revealed or he let his face be revealed to another being was the point, not that the audience saw his face. Dude, yeah. the only thing that would have made that episode any better is the fact when IG-11 sacrifices himself and it reveals the bomb and we would have heard the soundtrack, you dropped the bomb on me, <laughs> baby, <laughs> you dropped the bomb on me. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would have been dope. No, like, that was an awesome... That was an awesome scene. Like we, they've been, like they had teased that, the, the part that like, you know, he's always willing to self-destruct if he was ever to be captured. And here it, like, it was the only way of escape. 
It was the only way of escape is the fact that IG-11 has to sacrifice himself. And I loved, I did love the fact, like, when he's talking about, like, how, you know, it's like, uh, what was it? It, There's there's a part in it when um, IG-11 says something like, uh, you know, it'll make you, it'll make you sad or something like that. And he's like, oh, it won't, it won't make me sad. And he's like, I, I listen to your voice pattern. Like it, you are sad. You, you know, like that I would die. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, like there's something about, I think there's something about, I think there's a something about the connection between what Quill did turning IG-11 into a nursing droid and something, something there's something about that connection there. Quill, like Quill turning into, turning him into a nursing droid. And I, I, I even though he views droids as evil, he was viewing IG-11 as like an anti-hero in that. I don't know. Am I making sense? Like, I don't yeah, there was, are, yeah. Yeah, there was. There's he, a connection there, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, again, like this, this, these last two episodes, I mean, I said last time that after seeing like Quill die and, you know, Baby Yoda on the ground, you know, a couple of tears and I, I've never been so happy to see a character stay dead as when, as when he was burying Quill. Yeah, that because, was beautiful. Yeah, because we've been like, just like the shit show of fake out deaths that we've just seen. Mm, I was yeah. just so happy mm-hmm. to see, you yeah, know, someone who's, yeah. yeah, trying to tell a story and actually fucking come through with it. Cause I was, I was just like, praying he was still dead well that's the thing it's you like know, I, even if he was dead there was always the chance that baby yoda baby shows yoda. up and brings him back to life with the healing powers that we've been introduced to so but depending which day of the week it is and how the sun shines on a tuesday baby yoda would have died or, <laughs> or not depending what they felt like doing with the story yeah so. yeah Oh, yeah, no, it was Skywalker. I was really hoping that Chewie was going to stay dead because I was devastated at that moment, but I was hoping it was going to stick and it didn't. Oh, see, that's the thing. We did a, we did a whole spoiler episode, Neil. No, I know. I know. Yeah. But <laughs> I understand for the people that didn't listen, I totally understand that's your choice. Me, Dan and Jake knew that Chewie was coming right back. Like, yeah. Dan, there was no stakes in that moment, right? No, there wasn't. There wasn't any stakes in that whole fucking film. No, there's not at all. Again, that's another reason yeah. why it was such yeah. a letdown for me. It was yeah. it, it, nothing seemed to matter. No, no. I mean, it, as soon as you bring yeah. in force healing, which is in yeah. the comics and stuff like yeah, that, but it, it has happened. Sure, but it's it, not hasn't been bringing people back from the dead. Otherwise, you know, fuck. It would. It just yeah. cocks everything up. It yeah, cocks everything awful. up. It's why awful. didn't because, oh, because, ah. <laughs> hey, hey, dude, because fucking Ray was fucking dead. Oh yeah. yeah, and but but for no reason, you know, she got yeah. up, she zapped him with the lightning, and then he exploded. And uh, but she was, yeah, she yeah. should have been okay, but no, she just died. Oh, it's it's <laughs> like she had, you know what I mean? She was like a, like a, a battery, and she just spent all like she was like she was your iPhone, and you're looking at it, and one minute. <laughs> It's like, it's, it's, it's at 27%. And then for all of a sudden it just goes down to 0%. You're like, what the fuck, man? That was a 27%. How the fuck did this? Back at 50. How the fuck did it? She's a batter ray. So yeah, like that's. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, it was fucked up, man. I don't know, dude. But the Mando, Mando was awesome. And Mando, got, um, um, yeah. uh, Moff, what was his last Moff name? Moff Gideon, dude. Fucking Jean Carlo Esposito, man. So good. Fantastic. And so good. Just like, you know, him coming around, takes a few shots, and then they're just like, he missed, and he said he won't do the next time. He's basically like getting a feel for it and lining it up coming in at a better angle and then we get the amazing grappling hook bit with the fucking phoenix backpack and, mm-hmm. and he's like crashes into the ground and blows the fuck up and then like they all leave and then we get yeah, a reveal yeah. of the very first or as, as far as i understand the very first live action dark saber that we've ever seen yeah, yeah. i can wait wow yeah <laughs> beautiful I remember, God. you know, I've, I've seen, we've seen it in animated, but we've never seen it live yeah. action and it looked dope as shit. So yeah. It did. I'll tell you what, man, one of the, my favorite things about the show is just a little thing, which is when they do the credits, they show all of the, uh, oh, art. that's that yeah. some Dude. coolest shit. It's such a good idea. Well, that it reminds me of like, it reminds me of like watching like, um, like an old eighties cartoon, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at the end when they would show like really cool animated stuff, like, like the Venture Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm okay, Dan. I sent you a video that I had seen on Reddit, and I still think that this might come into play. There was a video on Reddit. A guy had done some detective work as far as like the mysterious character that ends up that shows up at the end of chapter five. Oh yeah, that was fucking crazy. Right. Okay. So this is the episode where, uh, Ming-Na Wen's character dies. And at the end, you hear a character show up. You hear these sounds. You hear kind of like a, what sounds like kind of like a, uh, a channel on a radio or something like that where you're, you hear all these sounds coming through like a, a different, like a channel on a communications, uh, broadcast or something. Um, uh, and, and then you hear spurs like ching, like ching, like, you know what I mean? Like spurs, like on a Western cowboy, right? You know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, so, I saw this this post on Reddit and this guy was like, I believe that the, you know, I believe I know who the mysterious figure is at the end of chapter five. And I, Dan, I was thinking that it was just Giancarlo, uh, John, Giancarlo Esposito's character. Because at the end of that episode, we, we see a character, you know, who's wearing, clearly wearing a cape, right? And, I, and Giancarlo Esposito's character of Moff Gideon wears a cape. And so I, I just thought it was him. Well, come to watch this video. Dan, what did we see in this video? Oh, my God. We saw, like, the, this particular shot, and we saw the sound. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Shit. Like, isolated. And we actually saw the sound waves. Yeah, it's like, it's like, 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 a, like a wave file. Like, you actually see, yeah. like, like the, the sound waves, like, how they, yeah. It, it, yeah, go ahead, Dan. And then... We see a scene, I think it's from Empire, where Boba Fett is in the room and he walks past and the exact same fucking sound of the static radio 
is playing as he goes past. Mm-hmm. And then when he walks into a room in another scene, it's the exact same sound that they use for the spurs. Mm-hmm. And they put them, they put the wave things side by side and they're the goddamn exact same sounds. It's like they took them from the films and put them into this scene. Right. Yeah, so basically, like, they're bas- this this Reddit poster was saying that the mysterious figure that we see at the end of Chapter 5 is Bubba Fett. <laughs> I've never been so excited about Bubba Fett in my life. Dude, I've never been more convinced. <laughs> dude, I, I'm so convinced by this, too. Like, it's yeah. Bubba Fett. I tell you what, I will, I have that link. I'm going to post it in our show notes. I'll post it in our show notes, and if you want to check this link out on Reddit, the it's a video, guys, and you'll see it. Yeah. And I believe, Dan, Dan, that first scene, though, of Boba Fett, I think it's actually from A New Hope. It's one of the deleted scenes that they put in to the specialized, the the new oh, the new edition. Okay. It's Remember the, that, that whole scene where Han Solo walks over Jabba's tail and then yeah Boba Fett honestly I was so blown away by mm-hmm. what I just saw I forgot what the scenes were yeah but the sounds really stuck the out sounds like I I believe that the the mysterious figure at the end of chapter five of the Mandalorian is Boba Fett and I think that John Favreau is saving that for us in season two so yeah I'm looking forward to that it, I've never been more convinced of anything after watching Neil you gotta watch this fucking video dude I, okay. I, I sent it to Matt Kirby Matt Kirby's convinced Jake is convinced um, Dan you're convinced like I'm yeah I'm I'm if it's not Boba Fett it's just somebody that found the fucking suit but like it's it's but why why do that why do that so yeah yeah well, I, I have faith in John Favreau's show running of this show. So it's got to be for a good reason if it is. John Favreau can do anything from make a grilled cheese sandwich to make the most amazing <laughs> Star Wars content. I anything this guy does, I'm there for, man. He's so fucking like, awesome. There's a meme I saw um I don't know, a couple days ago and it was like, "Oh, if you want something to work, give it to John Favreau." You know, he, it had Elf on there and Iron Man and Mandalorian. It was like, yeah, he's great at doing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Across yeah, the board, man. making people love things. Yeah, I mean, even Chef. Chef. Chef was such a good film. Chef was amazing. I love that. That's why I said grilled cheese sandwich. He made the he made the most amazing grilled cheese sandwich in that fucking movie. <laughs> like, I have never like seriously like who's fucking like I don't know. Yeah, me I don't know. Grilled cheese sandwiches are good, but like this was like the ultimate. Like this was like this was like <laughs> the ultimate grilled cheese sandwich. Like this is like. Like, this is the ultimate grilled cheese sandwiches that, like, you would offer, like, the grilled cheese sandwich god. <laughs> if there was a, you know what I mean? Like, if there was, like, yeah. a, like, seriously, if there was, like, a grilled cheese sandwich savior and he's, like, you know, and you're fucking at the altar of grilled cheese sandwich savior, like, that's the grilled cheese sandwich that you serve him, the one that fucking John Favreau made with uh, John Leguizamo on the set of Chef. Like, that's the fucking sandwich that you're going to serve. The grilled cheese sandwich savior. Yeah, definitely. Right. Now, very quickly, 
before this, well, this episode has already fallen off of a cliff, but before it hits the bottom, do you want to do your gifts? Oh, yeah, let me do the gifts. I, I had some gifts sent to me. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. We'll end the episode. Ep- hit the bottom. Yeah. I, I'm talking about a grilled cheese sandwich savior, and Dan saved me from continuing that bullshit rant. <laughs> I can scrub it from my notes now. All right, this comes. I gotta. I gotta. This comes from. Oh, this comes from June. Thank you, June. June sends hey. me. June sends me. June, what did you send? What did you? What did you send, June? It's a giant dildo with Tesla balls. Oh, thank you. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my. I'm. I'm cupping the fuck out of these balls right now, June. Thank you. Um, no, she sent me a card here. It's got BB-8 on the front, wearing a Christmas Santa Claus cap, and it says, "Hi, Brian. Just wanted to say happy holidays and to thank you for making life so much more fun with PCL. Best wishes for the new year. Looking forward to hanging out again at C2E2. That comes from June, and she sends me what is this? What is? She sent me a shirt, and what is on this shirt? shit oh very cool thank you it's the avengers like we've got captain marvel here uh, this is a very kind of like it's a it's a I'll, I'll actually post a picture of this on twitter it's minimalist art but it's very cool i love minimalist art when it comes to superheroes um sometimes mondo does minimalist stuff but this is very minimalist and i love it it's got um uh characters with a black shadow out uh black they're in black shadow but behind them is a trail Showing you like what character it is as they're oh, flying. Oh, just like the end of Endgame, like that. They yes. had the silhouettes of the characters, and then they had all yes. the scenes behind them. Uh, the top one is Captain Marvel with a trail of red, and then we've got Iron Man with a trail of uh, looks like yellow. Hulk with a trail of green. Um, we've got Black Panther with a trail of purple. Uh, Thor with a trail of orange. Uh, Black Widow with a, Black Widow with a trail of black. And I think, who is that? Oh, Captain America, of course, with a trail of blue. This is awesome. I love minimalist art. This is, this is a dope ass shirt. Like, this is something you're not going to see everybody wearing all the time. This is fantastic. Thank you, June. I love this. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to be wearing this. I'll probably be wearing it to many future superhero movie goings that I go to. I'm, <laughs> enunciating and talking real slow. I got one. Here's another one from... This is the second gift. Thank you, June. That's fucking awesome. This one comes from Joe Nito. Joe Nito. Joe, I can't believe you're still listening to this fucking shit, but thank you, dude. You, <laughs> I'm blown away that people still listen to this fucking thing. It's like, Joe Nito's like one of those guys. It's like, I don't know. Is he still listening? Yeah, he's still fucking listening. It's crazy. Still listening. What did you send me, Joe? Oh, Joe sent me some comics. Thank you, Joe. He sent me Star Wars comics, Star Wars saga. He sent me Solo, a Star Wars story comic. He sent me Solo. Oh, so he sent me the whole Solo. Oh, this is, I wonder if this is uh, the complete adaptation of Solo, the Star Wars. Wow, holy, seven issues. What the fuck, dude? Hall of Fame, are you fucking kidding me? What, 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 what? He sent me... Dude, I gotta... Who signed this? Are you kidding? It's a, it's a, it's, it's the Lakers versus the Boston Celtics. And this looks like it's, um, 
This can't be Bill Russell. Who signed this? I got to find out who signed this. I got to know who. Hall of Fame. Did you? Dude, it's a fucking black and white photo. Somebody signed this. Somebody signed this. And it's like on this, in this game, it's fucking like Bill Russell at center, of course, and it Wilt Chamberlain. I can't, I can't tell who this signature is, but I can see Bill Russell and fucking Wilt Chamberlain. I gotta know who signed this. Dude, Joe Nito, I, you reach out to me, you tell me who fucking signed this. This is a fucking real signature on this fucking photo. And I'm, that's sick. It's a real fucking, I can't that's tell awesome. who fucking signed it. I mean, it's not Wilt. It's not Wilt the Stilt. Wilt the Stilt. He said he slept with over 20,000 women. Wilt Chamberlain claims he slept with over 20,000 women. Okay. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> do, you, do you believe him? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Kinda. I, I mean, I think it was 20,000, wasn't it? Isn't that, do you remember that? Do you guys yeah, remember him? Yeah, something like that. It was like 20,000 women. Remember, uh, he was in, he was in, uh, he was in Red Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Joe Nito, who the fuck signed this, dude? Dude, this is, cl- this is crazy, cause it's like, it's fucking, bo- it's, it's fucking Boston Celtics and Lakers game. And I'm seeing Bill, dude, this ain't Bill Russell. Dude, Will Chamberlain did not say. Who signed this, dude? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. You just it's dri- it's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. I'm gonna have to fucking. You gotta let me know, dude. I can't read that signature. You gotta let me know. You gotta let me know, dude. I want to. Th- hey, Neil, Dan, I want to thank you guys. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. That's okay. It was cool. <laughs> wow, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me again, man. Dude, I, Neil, you know it. You, anytime you ask to be on, I'm gonna let you on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's nice this time of year. We'll have yeah. a little more time to actually go see things. You're like that superhero that like came into town and saved the whole city, and I gave you, <laughs> and I gave you the key to the city. Oh, thank and, you. And so like you can like you can like call upon like you can call upon me whenever you want to and you can be on this show. It's like Dan, you're in the same position too. No, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's okay. Right. When do you come back to C2E2, Dan? Uh it won't be this year because yeah. uh yeah. we're having a baby in about three weeks. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be an interesting adventure for the rest of my life. Wow, man, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, January fifteenth, sixteenth, I think, which I is just happens to be Cat's birthday. Fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, that's Cat's birthday as well. So, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. King's birthday too. I'm a Jan- I'm a January baby myself, man. Capricorns. Was it same day as Mel Gibson? Is that right? I am. Me and Gel, yes, it's. Tr- I didn't mean it in a bad way. No, it, it it was at one time it was a cool fucking thing, dude. Like it at one time, Mel Gibson was like at one time was my favorite fucking actor, and it was like, oh my god, I should have the same birthday as my favorite actor. And then it was like, oh, my favorite actor is an anti-Semite. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Mine's always gonna be awesome because my birthday is St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Oh, nice. 
Nice. And Kurt Russell's birthday. Oh shit! Yeah. Now, Too bad I was. I, I na- say that because I know you don't like putting it out on the show, but I know you've done that before. Mm-hmm. People have figured it out. Yeah, it's fine. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't give a shit. Like, if it was it, too bad my birthday wasn't the very next day, because <laughs> the very next day is Gene Hackman's birthday. Oh, and, oh that's, yeah. Yeah, that's much better. That would be yeah. much better. But yeah, yeah, back in the day, it was like, oh, fucking, my fucking birthday is the same birthday as fucking Riggs. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Martin Riggs, lethal weapon, bitch. <laughs> And like now it's just like that fucking anti-Semite that fucking. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you, man. Cause mine's yeah. the same day as Sean Connery's. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hitler. No. <laughs> April 20th? Is that Hitler's birthday? Was Hitler, oh, was How Hitler, did you know that? Was Hitler born at 420, in... man? For, oh. all... <laughs> Hitler was born on 420? Yeah. No shit. <laughs> Ah, fuck, he should definitely smoke more weed. No shit. (laughs) Chill the fuck out, dude, seriously. Being a vegetarian uh, meth head will get you. Yeah. Yeah. All all that painting as well. (laughs) (laughs) Male artists. (laughs) Yeah, that was Sean Connery, and after hearing Eddie Izzard talk about his experience with Sean Connery on... uh, the set of the uh, Avengers, you know, the the English Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he wasn't, he's not a nice man. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, have so, you seen that interview that he did where he said it was okay to hit women? No. <laughs> what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sean Connery said... Women deserve a punch in the mouth. He said what? Now, hold on, back up. Sean Connery did an interview where he said that most women deserve a punch in the mouth. <laughs> and you wow. thought Mel Gibson was bad. <laughs> yeah, he's not a good guy. Wow. <laughs> like Scottish bodybuilder. Of course he's not a good guy. <laughs> Shit. Oh. <laughs> oh, all of our birthdays are ruined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. My, uh, I think I share the same birthday, though, not only with, uh, with Mel Gibson. I think Chris, no, um, is it, uh, I can't remember. I think it's Winnie from uh, Wonder Years. Oh. Is that Dana McKellar? Yeah. Danica I, McKellar? I think me and her, Danica McKellar have the same. Or is it Kristen Kreek? I can't remember. <laughs> Kristen Kreek. Very different out of eras. Yeah. They kind of look the same, but they totally different eras. Hold on. I'm not, this is going to drive me nuts. I think it's Dana. I think it's Dana. I think it's fucking Winnie, dude. I think me and fucking what was it? What was her last name? Winnie. Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> She's great on the West Wing. Ah, uh, Danica McKellar. What was her? What was her birthday? Danica. Yeah, not too many Danicas out there. She's the first Danica. That- January third, nineteen seventy five. Yep, me and her. It's your birthday then. Not. (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah, that's my fucking birthday. My birthday's my. That's a good one. J R R Tolkien shares your birthday. Fucking a. There you go. I was happy with Danica McKellar. Now you're. (laughs) 
<laughs> Tolkien, me and Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. Oh, Dan Harmon as well. Shut the fuck up, Dan. Uh, fucking Rick and Morty, Dan Harmon. Yep. Yeah, Jared Tolkien. Then 1892, January 3rd, 1892. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a, this episode's fucking dumb. It's gotten, it's gotten. <laughs> hey, next time, hey, I want to, honestly, I want to thank all of our listeners for, uh, 2019. Thanks for, uh, hanging in there and listening to this garbage. Um, we'll have more garbage in 2020. <laughs> 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 I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. We're going to keep doing this shit. I don't see myself going anywhere. Dan, are you going anywhere? Dude, you're going to be a father. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> That's big, man. That's big. Dude, I've dodged that bullet for 41 years of my life, man. <laughs> you're doing, I'm proud of you, though, man. You're going to be a good dad. You're going to be a really good dad. You're going to be an awesome yeah. human, so yeah. that, that bodes well for you. you. That's my favorite kind of person, a human. Yeah. <laughs> you and Kat are going to bring another awesome human into the world, and you're going to be able to share all the stuff that you love. What if the kid's, like, really fucking athletic and just, like, eventually just beats the shit out of you? Well, I've already said that she's not going to be able to leave the house until she becomes a UFC fighter, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that she's going to be a, a badass, just like all of my favorite women. Can't wait to meet Ronda Rousey West. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh, guys. Dear. But yeah, that's the reason I won't be a C2E2. Yeah. Oh, it's a good reason. That's, good reason. A, that's a well, really good reason. Yeah. I hope all you guys have a fantastic time. I know you do every single year. So, you know, to you guys in the army, have a fucking fantastic time and have a, have a nice cold beer or beverage of choice for me because, uh, I'll be thinking about you guys. You'll be missed, man. Like you're, you're, you're a highlight. I'm like, I me, mean, like people mean me. It's, it's a huge letdown for them when they, <laughs> when they, you know what I mean? Like when they do, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what people expect. You know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, Neil, I don't connect with a lot of people. I mean, you connected. I feel like yeah. me, me and you had a Quick connection. Way. Yeah. But I don't have a, I don't always have a connection with everyone. I'm just not that guy. I, and I think it, it, it's mostly me. I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be tough, man. It's a lot of pressure, you know. Do you feel like you have to kind of like live up to what their expectations are from them, them being listeners for so long? Yeah. So, you know, I think as long difficult. as we keep going back to that bar with the weird ass cartoons. Oh, on it. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that place. No, no, no door on the toilet in the gents yeah. either, so people have to shit right in front of you. Fucking hell! What a what a pub! Yeah, I think that's that's a fucking that's a staple, isn't it? You know, that's like that's that's tradition right there. What's that place called? Is it the Tap House or something? 
No. Remember? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I was very intoxicated every single time I've been there. So. I, yeah, honestly, like I, I only, I don't remember like even going to. The, I just remember being in there. Like, like all of us just around those tables in the back, yeah. just like yep. pointing at that stupid screen with all those weird cartoons on it. It's like, uh, what the fuck is that? And then. Oh, who was it? There was that, wasn't there that lady that like was chatting up some bloke that looked like an actor or something? Yes, there was the yes, lady, there was the, there was the, on whether she was going to go home with him or not. There was yeah, the, there, there was, was the guy that looked like Jake Gyllenhaal and then, yeah. yeah, he looked like Jake Gyllenhaal and this chick, like he was throwing game at her all night and they were laughing and all this shit and all of a sudden they left together and we were just like, we all start, <laughs> we, we all start clapping. <laughs> <laughs> fucking half the room when they left just got off of their feet and were like yeah <laughs> I mean they turned around and they were like what the fuck is going on <laughs> we are terrible people <laughs> we absolutely are yeah. alright guys we're gonna wrap this one up but thank you so much for being on it and the next time you hear a PCL. I think next week, uh, hopefully we're doing the, uh, the award show, the Tupperware's award right. show. Uh, awesome. but the next time you'll hear us, it'll be in, uh, 2020. That, that was my, that was my Barbara Walters there. That was terrible. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Hugh Downs. Did you, did you, did, did you ever watch Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters on 2020 when you were growing up, Neil? Or is that like, yeah. not a thing? I told, oh God. I, and then yeah. John Stossel. They had, they had, uh, <laughs> how do you remember these names? John Stossel! Yeah. I love, I do it. I, I used to love John Stossel and all his little, <laughs> anyway, uh, just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 304. What? I don't know. Dude, I've lost count. I've lost count. <laughs> 300, it's near 320. I think it's 315. I think it's 315. I think we're on 315. See ya! Love, love, love. Bye!
Jake and Brian, it's June. Just wanted to tell you how great I think you guys are and how happy I am to have found this weird, crazy, wonderful podcast. Because without Pop Culture Leftovers, I would have never met these really amazing people that's part of this awesome community. And that is what I'm truly thankful for this holiday season. Love you guys. 
Hey, it's Clayton here. Thanks, Brian and Jake, for doing what you do for Bob Culture Leftovers. Oh, hi, Brian and Jake. I didn't see you there. I'm just waiting for a PCL episode 310 to post. But now that I have you here, I'd like to say thank you for everything that you do and hope you guys have a nice holiday season. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. Hey, Brian and Jake. Benjamin Thomas here. Uh, this Thanksgiving, I just wanted to say thank you for this community that you've built and all the friends and family that I've made through the Leftover Army. So, again, thank you and happy Thanksgiving. Hey, it's Wayne. And I want to thank Brian and Jake and everybody else who's been on the show for making my days on the metal route way more bearable. Uh, back to watching X-Men. Guys, it's Chris. And it's Doc Kim. From my one black friend. And my one white friend. And we're just giving a shout out to uh, Brian and Jake over at PCL. Because without your, without your show, there wouldn't be our show. We basically just took your show, shortened it, dumbed it down, added a black guy. Boom. My one black friend, my one white friend. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Hey, Brian. Hey, Jake. This is Quentin. I wanted to thank you guys for a great show that has brought endless entertainment to me and always to others. Thank you for birthing the leftover army where a lot of friendships have been made. You guys are the best, even if you think you're not. Glad to be a part of the journey and have a wonderful day. Hey guys, it's Greg. Um, I just woke up. I'm uh, taking a shit. And um, you can see, like, we've got my bathroom decorated out for Christmas. But I wanted to thank you guys for all that you've done uh, and doing the show for all these years. I've met so many awesome people. And, uh, you know, got a great, I have a greater appreciation for pop culture and all the stuff that you guys, uh, watch. So thank you. Hey, Brian and Jake. This is Larry Mayday here. Just want to say thank you for all that you guys do. Putting the show out each and every week as many times as you guys can for watching all the movies, bringing stuff to our attention and bringing us together in the leftover army. You know, I really do appreciate it. You guys have helped me out in more ways than, uh, I'm going to mention right now. But what I will mention is, I am not thankful for the fact that you guys introduced me to what a lemon party is. So, yeah, I'm going to say no thank you to that, but thank you to everything else. Do appreciate it. Much love. Hey there, Cats. The old man here. just want to let everybody know that I'm extremely thankful for these two giant turkeys over there giving us great content every week. I really want to thank them for it. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. But that's not what's important. What's important is to tell you about my my new um, podcast venture that I'd like to spend the next 20 minutes talking about. Because it's really exciting. You're really going to love it. Hi, Brian and Jake. This is Stephanie Chapman. And I just wanted to let you both know that I could not let this holiday season pass by without letting you both know that I am immensely thankful for Pop Culture Leftovers, The Leftover Army, um, and all of the great content that you guys put out week after week. Um, thank you for allowing me to be a guest on the show. You guys have been nothing but warm, welcoming, and sweet in allowing me to talk about all the pop culture things I love. Um, in addition to providing reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it has been really just a whirlwind of a year for me. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to say that without, um, mentioning PCL. So thank you for everything that you do for me, for the leftover army. And just providing a platform to discuss and not feel judged for all of the things that we love. So I hope you guys are having a great holiday season and had a great Thanksgiving. Have full bellies. 
hope you fit some pretzels in there because pretzels are a balanced part of any meal. <laughs> and I can't wait till the next episode. Happy Thanksgiving. Mwah. Hi guys, it's Brooke. Um, I wanted to say thank you. I could say ridiculous things. Yeah, fuck you, Brian. Jake is a yes man or whatever, but I don't think any of that. I think you guys are funny and honest and uh, without you, I would not have met some of my best friends. I would not have gotten to go on some of the coolest places and done the coolest things that I've ever done. Um, you guys were always there for me with my divorce and my depression and my switching jobs and my art and everything. And you guys have been really good friends to me and I went way over. Um, but I really appreciate this silly podcast that you do and this wonderful community you've created. Thanks. Bye. Jake, uh, this is Kevin Shanks here. I just wanted to say on this Thanksgiving weekend, I appreciate PCL for, for everything you guys do. Uh, tremendous work that goes into the podcast, all the preparation that goes into the podcast. Week in, week out, you guys do not disappoint at all. So that is fucking awesome. Love you guys. I am so happy to have stumbled upon PCL um, around the Man of Steel episode, so way back when. But pretty much all I want to say is thank you very much for uh, uh, being around and having your podcast appreciate you guys so much peace out keep rocking on love you guys peace thanks for listening to pop culture leftovers congratulations i don't know how you did it i couldn't do it you people need a t-shirt saying i just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap anyway if you'd like to reach the pop culture leftovers cast you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com you can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. It's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's make the pain erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Uncool kids. What's to say? It's already been said. Leftover. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.
masculinity. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers.